Broadcasting across the internet, this is an Unshackled Livestream, brought to you by the Unshackled.net. Now, here's the Unshackled team. Hello everyone and welcome to the Unshackled Victorian State Election Night Livestream on this Saturday, the 26th of November 2022. We are live on the Unshackled YouTube, Odyssey, and Facebook. It is 6 p.m. here in Melbourne, where the polls have closed. Voting has stopped and the counting will begin. Results won't start to trickle in for a bit. So joining me to start the stream for some last-minute predictions and his summary of the Victorian election campaign from an outsider's perspective is Damien Ferry, Senior Editor of The Unshackled from Wollongong. Damien, it's uh, great to have you back on, on the airwaves. Thanks, Tim, and it's great to be here. Really in, enjoying this and in, just excited for tonight, and hopefully we get the right result. Yes, although us Victorians, we certainly have tried to restrain ourselves of daring to dream. Uh, I just saw one of the, the the comments here from in our chat from, from Castle Match. Already prepared myself for another term of Dan. And uh, of course, as always with our uh, streams, we are, we are also on Entropy, uh, which is you can send through questions and also uh, send through super chats. And we've also got uh, joining us uh, for uh, this evening as well. He's just popped into the, the, the studio. I, the excellent uh, Victorian energy expert, uh, Alan Moran. Alan, welcome. Hi, Tim. Pleased to be here. Uh, stay with myself and our senior editor, uh, Damien uh, Ferry. Uh, so I'll get you to speak first about, well, uh, Dan's, the cornerstone of Dan's re-election campaign, the SEC, State Ele Electricity Commission bringing back bringing back uh, the the state owned electricity from those greedy corporations, as he puts it. Yeah, it's quite bizarre, isn't it? So there's a, I'm watching or listening to ads on the radio whenever I'm in the car about how um, you know it was such a bad idea that all these people were out of work. Uh, there was no upside whatsoever to it when it was when the privatizations took place in the 1990s. Um, it's uh, it's quite odd because essentially they took place not really any out of any ideology on the part of the um, of the, the the Liberal government then the Kennett government, but it was basically um, because the state was broke largely because of measures like uh, the, the ownership of the uh, electricity system. Uh, the state was broke, um, needed to get money pretty quickly, uh, and. Uh, Stockdale, who was the treasurer at the time, had done a bit of work uh, on how you might privatise it. He'd been to UK and watched the privatisations there. And um, it went ahead and uh, it was a colossal success. It, you know, it raised, well, the, the ones that uh, Dan's targeting right now, which is the generators, they raised $11 billion, which would be something like 20, 20, 25 billion in today's money. Um, and uh, as a result of that, uh, the uh, 
the, the actual efficiency of these assets was was much improved and uh, it, because it was so successful it drove the price right down and and all all of the uh, there's a sort of buyer's remorse really because all the buyers uh, lost money uh, and uh, unsold uh, the they the stations to other people um and uh, it was it continued like that for hmm, 20 years almost in spite of the fact that uh, the uh, the, the government of the day uh, started implementing federal and, and state policies which um, uh, dis discouraged the uh, power stations, the coal ones in particular, uh, and, um, and and supported uh, renewables, uh, which was a competitive product, um, driving the price down at least uh, during some parts of the day and uh, resulting in these stations having to operate unprofitably and of course Eventually, one of them, which was Hazelwood, closed. And once that closed, the price, uh, the, the supply reduced quite considerably and the price shot up. The price in, uh, for a long time was, was like $25 to, to $40 per megawatt hour, uh, which was very low by world standards. It's now it then shot up with the closure of Hazelwood and it's now about $150 per megawatt hour. No sign of it going down at all now, and in fact, it will continue to go up. So, you know, the the, the basic uh, issue is that the, the uh, they privatized these stations. The stations became very, very efficient. Uh, they they use about one tenth of the labor. It's all very well saying, you know, that people lost jobs, but these were people who were just getting in each other's way, and and they were running to union laws, etc. Uh, so it was a, a a great success, massive success, and of course emulated very largely across the nation. Uh, you know, when when Dan Andrews is saying, "Oh well, you know, it's it's, it's ramped up the prices, privatizations, greedy greedy businesses have, have meant uh, the prices are very high right now, and the prices are high now." But it's not nothing to do with that. It's all to do with the uh, the, the government's implementing its own energy policy, which um, has has closed power stations. And indeed, when he says it's privatization is the problem, then that doesn't account for the fact that Queensland, which actually has higher prices for electricity than, than Australia at the present time, is almost all of its power stations are government owned. So it's just a, a total. I mean, he says that they've ripped off $22 billion from the, the, the number is just magic. There's no there's no possibility of that happened because all of the owners who bought it lost money on, on it and lost money on the on the process so to say it's costing 22 billion dollars or 23 billion dollars uh is just just plain a plain lie absolute lie i mean the, the man is is either insane or he's just a, a a blatant liar um so and then then he sort of say so sorry i think he's, he's both gonna, probably both yeah uh, then he's going to resurrect this uh the state electricity commission and he's going to pour a billion dollars into it. That, that's just an absurd number, uh, because to resurrect it and to re, to close down the coal power station, which he's going to do at the same time, uh, and build wind, essentially wind and solar, would cost at, at least thirty-five billion dollars. It's uh, those numbers have been crunched by various parties, including the owners of Luoyang B, uh, to say what they that what they would have to do. So you know, it. it we, we have a state government which is massively in debt already, um, $165 billion, as much as, you know, as New South Wales and Queensland and Tassie all together. 
just piling more and more debt on and uh, and, and and finding excuses to spend money which are just absurd it's uh, i mean it's a disaster if if, if in fact the, the, the policy goes forward um, not only a disaster in terms of the money that will be required but a disaster in terms of the outcome which would be a a, a very substandard electricity system uh, rather like the ones that that's being being run at the present time in continental Europe, Germany in particular, uh, with uh, a, a great deal of wind and uh, and a very high prices. So, you know, we, we've got that situation and uh, uh, see, there seems to be no end to it. Uh, Damien, so you have thankfully not been through what me and Alan have, have been through, especially these uh, past uh, uh, two and a half years in Victoria under Dan Andrews, uh, there's no other way to describe it, brutal uh, police state lockdowns. You were a bit more freer, at least in 2020, though uh, Gladys uh, put you through, even down in Wollongong, that extended three-month lockdown in 2021. Uh, Gladys is gone in New South Wales now. So you sort of had like already that fresh start with Dominic Perrottet. Like, how do you, as an outsider, like, do you, are you, like, I'm not sure about Alan, but sort of we live here, so we sort of know how left-wing it is. But from an outsider's perspective, are you perplexed? Well, I would be, um, I mean, all I can say is that looking from the outside in, um, I mean, you just mentioned how, left-leaning the state is and I would never be able to understand that fully because I'm not living in the state myself but I can only go by the results in the past and uh, how things are trending and I was actually quite surprised when Dan won so big last time around especially after um, all of the the uproar over the uh, indoctrination via the the safe schools program and everything which was quite huge and quite extreme at the time and um, there was also a few other like abortion laws and fair enough. I mean, things like that, that really did um, startle a lot of people. Um, and I mean, even when he did win in that massive landslide, and then I really thought about it and I thought, well, what exactly is going on there? I mean, it must be a lot more worse than I think it is. And obviously I haven't experienced it like you've mentioned. Um, it hasn't been as bad where I am. I still have been linked into... Um, a few months worth of lockdowns and uh, things like that where I couldn't travel, you know, five kilometres outside of the area um, and all sorts of other mask mandates and all of that sort of thing. But it's never been as bad as what you guys have had it, thank God for myself. But obviously, um, I mean, so I would never know how bad it is until I, I live in your state. It's just amazing how people in the area have um, have not rebelled, I mean, as much as they as, as they should have. I mean, there has been a lot of mass protest. There was definitely um, an element, uh, a, a decent amount of, um, of people that came out in, um, in mass protests against Dan Andrews at the, um, at the time of the lockdown. So there is people out there that really do hate him, but is it enough people? That's the, that's the, you know, the catch 22. I mean, we're getting told by the mass media that it's a, a fringe element. So, I mean, is it really a fringe element? Um, I mean, it, it seemed like that the, the protests were quite large, but obviously it might not be um, exactly as, as large as it needs to be. So, I mean, it really will tell a lot of stories tonight, just um, how people react to 
how um, they went through these lockdowns. Of course, businesses done it tough. Um, many got closed down. And obviously, like was mentioned before, in regards to the mines being shut down, uh, workers really being betrayed there. Um, we had the incident with the um, with Setco, of course, SFMEU. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that would be traditional Labor voters that now have the chance tonight or today to have cast their vote and said, yep, I can't vote for the Labor Party anymore because they no longer represent me. Um, they no longer um, are working in my best interest. So I have to, you know, just have a change. And I know that the Liberal Party down there isn't really ideal, but at the same time, I mean, judging on how bad Dan Andrews has been, people really need to start thinking, well, how, how much more can we take? Can we at least not send a message out there to say, yep, we definitely reject what has happened and taken place over the last couple of years. And um, even if it's biting the nails and, and sending a weak Liberal Party into power, it might be just the way of at least sending the message out there that governments can no longer act the way that they have been and that um, they have to start acting in the people's interests once again. Uh, you remember, Alan, the, the the Dan slide of of twenty eighteen, and it seemed to be the the lesson that because Matthew Guy was the opposition leader then, the lesson that he took out was that uh, the tough on crime campaign against the uh, African gangs was a failure, and also being against safe schools was a failure. So. He's focusing on well, rebuilding uh, Victoria and and being the the nice guy. What have you made of? Because he was out of the leadership for three years. Michael O'Brien was. What do you do? You make of Matt Guy two Well, I think it's pretty much the same as Matt Matt Guy one point uh, I've got to say that uh, Daniel Andrews is is a really fine politician. He's a great campaigner. I mean, the one debate, he made mincemeat out of uh, Matt Guy, who was presumably a seasoned politician himself. Um, and uh, he he comes across to all of people who, other than those who are watching him closely, most of the people, I guess, on this, uh, on this program uh, and listening in, uh, feel that way that he that he he's a tyrant and that he's, he's dreadful and he's a bully and and his policies are all uh, mistaken. Nonetheless, he comes by as as very clear and full of leadership and how he's proud of Victorians and and all this sort of stuff. And uh, Matthew Guy hasn't laid a finger on him at all and and difficult to see how he would. Uh, you know, and I'm somewhat pessimistic, and I hope I'm wrong in this, but I'm pessimistic that that people have seen the, the lockdowns and and said, well, that was a, that was a, a absolute tyranny. It was a mistake. Uh, it cost massive li lives. It didn't even didn't even save lives, uh, and it, it's denied us our freedom for God knows how long, the longest longest period in the world. Uh, and uh, they'll pin it, punish him, but. I don't, I'm not even sure that they will. Uh, I think that most people, uh, an awful lot of people, uh, think it was the right policy. And, and that says an awful lot about, you know, the, the abilities of people to make kind of judgments like this uh, and, and makes me somewhat uh, pessimistic in terms of the body politic, uh, not, not just in Australia, but overseas as well. Uh, there seems to be 
an appetite for having the, the, the government's exercise, quote, leadership, unquote, which is basically, of course, uh, tyranny. Uh, and there seems to be a very strong appetite for spending. You know, they, 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 obviously uh, the Liberals are reading the same sorts of political research as Dan Andrews is, and, and people don't seem to be care, care at all about the fact that there's a massive uh, deficit and that we're, we're spending money willy-nilly on, on almost anything as a whim. Uh, and, uh, and, and certainly Matthew Guy seems to be able to match him, at least match Dan in terms of his spending proposal, so that there seems to be uh, oblivion on the part of the electorate at the present time to government spending. Now, this is obviously going to catch up with it. At some stage, you can't just spend money with and expect it to be to be recouped uh, without any pain. Uh, so there will be uh, a, a comeuppance. Uh, whether that will make people think twice about you know the but the. The, the, their willingness to support additional spending. Well, I hope it does, but uh, certainly uh, Dan Andrews has out outperformed, outmuscled, uh, and uh, and out out politicized uh, Matthew Guy, uh, who really has offered us nothing. Well, his main advantage is well, uh, well, he's the the card that he's playing is I'm not. Dan Andrews, and they, they've clearly gone with the the anti Dan Andrews campaign. The the put uh, put Labor last. That's been probably a more prominent slogan than actually anything that the Liberals are going to do. I you uh, wrote a chapter in a book, uh, Alan, many years ago, uh, analysing the the Greens policies, it could be liberal preferences tonight that could uh, deliver a Labour-Greens minority or coalition government. And I am of the view that, like, that's my prediction, but it would, there, there's all this debate, do things need to get even worse for people to to wake up more? And we remember what the Gillard Greens, uh, uh, Gillard Labor government Greens was like 2010 to 13, and Tony Abbott won in a landslide. What's your perspective on this? Put put Labor last, and what do you make of? Does Victoria need to go through another four bad years, or it can't afford it? Well, it certainly can't afford it. But but I, I think you know we've had a, a Labor Green alliance all the way through Dan Andrews. Is you know, basically that's what we've had because Labour has been trying to hang on to its inner city seats, which are under threat from the, the Greens. And basically they've been following Greens policies in terms of you know, the, the uh, water policies, the energy policies, national parks policies. Uh, they're just basically the Greens policies because they they're trying to make sure that people continue voting Labour and not, not Greens. So, you know, a Labour-Greens alliance would be just a sort of a de jure situation from the de facto situation we have, we have at the present time. And, um, you know, the, the, the Greens policies are anathema to, to anybody who believes in, you know, prosperity and, and efficiency in government and, and all the sorts of uh, things of, of, of freedom of businesses and freedom of individuals. I think that the Greens are the modern, modern day totalitarians in so many ways. Uh, so it would it it, it 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 would be a disaster, but it's the same disaster we've been living 
for the past uh, five or six years uh, because the the uh, the 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 the, 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 the uh, policies essentially and they've also been run the energy policies are very consciously following the greens in terms of the, uh, the renewable thing basically to actually prevent those inner city seats falling and so far they've been successful in that narrow political sense but grossly unsuccessful in terms of uh, the efficient government we all hope we're going to get and the low cost government we're going to get and we don't seem to be getting and we won't get even if in the remote chance that the liberals were to win uh, we won't get uh, a lean and hungry government there. We'll just get pretty much the same sort of government that uh, we have at the present time. I'm trying to see if some results coming in. The It has opened up the results tab on the the VEC website, though it's very hard to understand. It might be best to go with uh, the, the ABC's election tabs, which I'll share on the screen. I don't mind using the, the ABC's election results a, a results tab on election nights because we all pay for the the ABC, and so we'll, we'll most well get some decent uh, taxpayers' money worth from it. Uh, it's so there's obviously their focus so far will be at the start will be on the the 88 lower house electoral districts there there won't be it won't be decided tonight the seat of of Narakan because of the the death of the the, the nationals candidate Sean Gilchrist i later on there will will get some decent results for the 40 member upper house the legislative council which is there's eight regions like five members each proportional representation though given that uh, that uh, most most uh, voters when it comes to upper house vote above the line and victoria still uses group voting tickets where if you vote above the line the party can decide your preferent preferences uh, it's going to be quite unpredictable uh, the the upper house results uh i'm sure you've all been following uh, the, uh, the 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 fact that the preference whisperer glenn jury the leaked video where he he talked about that his main strategy working with and for minor parties was to get a cross bench that dan andrews can work with um uh, where do you it's do you have any predictions about the the upper house tonight there are right away of of freedom parties uh contesting if you vote below the line then you control your your own preferences well uh no i i i, I like you it's okay it's, it's it's a sort of looks, looks chaotic and one never knows to what degree people are considering the the, the parties i mean there's a, a, a a bewildering array of them uh and some of them aren't what they seem to be i think there's one uh the the, the preference whispers but put down last or something like that which is the the, the votes then go to somebody who will uh, who will exactly. ensure he's not party there's one yeah uh so i think uh you know it's it's just not very clear uh a, a whether people will go below the line in the for the upper house uh, and if they do, will they, will they understand what they're voting for? Because it is bewildering in terms of the numbers of candidates and not many people uh, feel feel strongly enough 
to very carefully vet the 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 the, the candidates in in making their vote. So uh, it's it will be very interesting to see how how it does pan out. Um, uh, I think the, the, it's almost irrelevant though the the upper house. I think the the lower house is is really what uh, what's going to condition everything because even though you need the upper house for legislation, usually governments can get things through through by by regulation uh, most of the time uh, without going to the upper house. So uh, it's going to be the lower house that's the that's the key. Well, that's what uh, we saw throughout the the pandemic. Probably a knot of Victorians were aware. I, that how their lives could be just changed with the, the stroke of a minister's or premier's pen. And once legislation's in place, there's there's not really a, a way for uh, the parliament to uh, disallow regulations. Mm. That's right. Uh, Damien, in New South Wales, uh, the uh, the Parliament abolished group voting tickets after 1999 because of uh, Glenn Drury's preference harvesting where he had, was it called, the tablecloth ballot, though the quota is much lower in New South Wales. It's around 4%, where it's 16.67 in, in uh, Victoria, but because of the group voting ticket, parties can still get elected with or less than than one percent. Uh, I'll go through the uh, the actual pro freedom minor parties in uh, a second. But if what if what if what if you made of uh, Victoria being being stuck in the past in this regard? Well, it seems to me that um, being stuck in the past that it could definitely have some negative side effects there. Um, on the results and I mean what Glendrury has shown is um, just how much power in a position that he's in and um, I mean does someone um, like that one man deserve so much power and is it really um, democratic for him to be in a position where he can um, basically shuffle votes around and make sure that um, it makes it more and more harder for people to really make some positive change and I mean in the past, some people in minor parties actually did um, look favourably towards him, but it seems that like he's done a, a big 180 reverse here and he's really um, made sure that it's it's even harder to, to select um, the, the pro-freedom parties in in uh, Victoria here, which is really what, um, what we needed to perform well. And, I mean, it will only come to a stage where later tonight we really see what effect he has had and how the minor parties do end up performing but um un unfortunately it, it may end up being that that power was just used in such a, a strategic way that we might not end up seeing um enough votes funnel to the freedom parties to get enough people over the line and get them elected i uh, there is a we've got our first uh substantial uh, result, but it's only 0.1% counted. So this is the the seat of Maljura, which is held by independent Ali Kappa, who had a brief uh, coalition with uh, Fiona Patton's Reason Party. Uh, so it's 0.1%, uh, but uh, the national candidate, Jane 
Benham is ahead at the moment. Uh, this is, I think, going to be curious what happens to these rural independents who I'm not sure that they were pretty powerless uh, to stand up for their uh, regions during Dan Andrews' lockdowns. Because, um, yeah, I, they, 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 they are pretty left-leaning, left these, these sorts of, of rural independence now, despite the fact that they just call themselves country independence. They, they're certainly not aligning themselves with the Teals. Mm. I know that there's another uh, independent in Shepparton as well. I wouldn't be surprised if both these seats go back to the National Party. Well, very much uh, might be a, an opportunity for people to cast their vote out and get rid of these. I mean, there's nothing worse than a fake independent and one, especially in a country area that basically doesn't actually stand for country values and is more like an inner city type of green running in a country area. I mean, how on earth does people in that a particular electorate feel represented by such an independent? I mean, they're just... Um, not independent at all, really. I mean, they're really just um, um, listening to the, their masters over in the capital city and not really delivering uh, for the people that that are in those electorates um, in, in the regions. And I mean, so hopefully um, those people do end up losing those seats because, um, I mean, really, at least with parties like the Greens, you know where they stand, you know who they are. But with a lot of these independents, especially with the Teals, like you mentioned, a lot of people don't know any better and they think, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm not really into the Liberal or Labor Party. I'm usually a little bit more leaning right. So I'll vote for an independent. And what they end up getting is basically a green. So, I mean, the worst thing they can do is have these fake independents being elected um, because it's just so dishonest and just not representing what people think they are. Yeah, I think I this is one of the real diff different you know, the difficulties we've got. It's a bewildering array of, uh, of choices that people have. And, uh, you know, people will say, oh, well, I wouldn't mind voting for, you know, a bit more protection of the environment or a bit more of this or that. And this, this independent here, it seems a bit zany, but you know that's great. I'll I'll vote for them rather than the major parties. There's a lot of boredom about the major parties, and rightly so because they're they are you know, very much uh, pretty much the same sort of policies that they've got. Uh, it's just a sort of a uh, they they feel that there's a bag of money to be sent out, and that bag is almost unlimited to be spent and. You know, one wants to spend more on health, another one wants to spend more on railways, and uh, basically they're just uh, examining what people's preferences are. Uh, there's, there's actually not really no leadership in in the set, in sense of, of statesmanship. It's basically they're reading the political research and finding what people want to spend, and then offering it to them. Um, and you know, it's a sort of a, a the dominance of politics over business and over. Uh, people, personal preferences, etc., which we're seeing more and more of, and uh, which is basically uh, having this harmful effect on the economy, which surely is going to have a, a a real catastrophic effect at some stage. We can't just keep on spending uh, the way we are doing this. One hears, you know, politicians, realistic politicians, say, "Well, there is a a, 
a propensity, a, a real uh, hunger uh, for people to actually have more things given to them by the government, uh, and uh, I'm going to give it them, which you know it's just just not possible to do. There's there's a sort of a, we we've put governments and politics in this elevated role, so it's just really a question of divvying up the national product between those who are, are going to vote for me or those who are more righteous without any concept of how the product is, is, is built in the first place. And, you know, we, 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 we essentially we've got the, the de budget deficits, which is really coming from what was called modern monetary theory, which, which basically said governments can spend what they want. Uh, it won't make any difference. They'll just create the money and uh, things will be hunky-dory, which is it's never been like that, never can be like that, and never will be that. But but that's what essentially politicians are promising people, and that's what people think that they can have. Uh, we might go to a, a rural seat, which is, well, it's going to be a crucial uh, seat. It's currently held by one of your old IPA colleagues, uh, Alan uh, Louise Staley, who mm -hmm. has got a very unfavorable uh, redistribution uh, rip on. Uh, it is now held uh, by Labor with 2.7%. It's early days. Um, I, wouldn't rely too much on the the first party preference, but both Liberal and Labor have lost primary and Shooters, Farmers and Fishers and the, the resurrected Family First Party of Victoria, Shooters, Farmers, Farmers and Fishers Party on 11%, Family First on 8%. It's only one polling centre, uh, but that is going to be a, a seat to watch. Yeah. Louise, Louise, Louise uh, 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 played very well. She worked that seat very well because it it didn't go. It, it had very little swing last time uh, to Labour. In fact, it may have, may have swung to to the, the coalition. Uh, and actually, even those numbers, she'd be quite pleased because it surely those preferences from Family First and others that will go to her. But as you say, it's really early days so far. What what percent was that of the of the vote? Uh, it was. A 0.8% counted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very hard because the rural rural small booths come in first, and so it's yeah. very hard to 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 make sense of it. If you get a massive vote dump in a suburban seat, then you've got a much you, you've got a much more better indication of where the results likely to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, shall we uh, go through the the freedom uh, parties? So uh, this is the uh, the guide, freedom parties guide that I wrote. So the, the well, the Freedom Party of Victoria, named Freedom Party of Victoria. So that uh, was founded by uh, anti-lockdown activists and host of the the MCJ report, Morgan uh, C. Jonas. So at the federal election, he was going to run with the United Australia Party, but decided to run on an independent Senate ticket uh, with his then fiance, uh, Monica Schmidt, uh, who heads Reignite Democracy Australia. Uh, so Morgan is running for the southeast metro region and the party's deputy leader is uh, former Queensland State MP Hayden McGlinton. He's running against Dan in Mulgrave. And, well, they're 
their, their manifesto is pretty simple, remove all pandemic legislation mandates and have a state royal commission into the Andrews government COVID lockdowns. I might just play uh, Morgan uh, Jonas's uh, Freedom Party pitch and then we'll, we'll share our, our remarks. What we see is a compromised education system whereby mandated government programs have undermined the innocence of our children. We see a government-imposed energy crisis that is sending our fellow Victorians into poverty by the day. We see an ever-expanding government and additional layers of bureaucracy and government officials and programs that are seeking to be involved in almost every aspect of our lives. We see rampant corruption, whereby the Premier of Victoria is able to have an IBAC hearing behind closed doors and there's no cameras, and the public have no idea what's going on. We see increased drug abuse and more and more of our fellow Victorians slipping down the road of drug addiction and self-destruction. We see a broken healthcare system whereby Victorians are waiting up to 12 months just for surgeries. We also see everywhere around us the decimation left from seven lockdowns. We see billions upon billions of dollars of wasteful spending adding to our debt. And of course, when we look at the state debt, we're looking at an excessive figure that will constrain the quality of life for future generations to come. We need to know that when the final bell rings in our lives, right, and that, that moment will come for every single one of us, we need to know that we did every single thing that we could for our country and our children. Authorised by A. Philippopoulos, 8220 Collins Street, Melbourne, Victoria. That's a pretty powerful election ad, and there was a lot of emphasis there on the the health crisis and also uh, how uh, the children and youth have suffered uh, these past two and a half hour, two and a half years. Well, they've suffered under Premier Dan Andrews pretty much his entire reign. Yeah, he sort of ticks all the boxes. I think there. Um... I don't know how much traction he's got. Um, you know, I'd, I, I, I'd never heard of the Freedom Party before the election campaign got started. Uh, but certainly the sorts of um, policies he has implied and in fact stated are, uh, are great policies, really the same as, as the ones that uh, the Liberal, Liberal Democrats, I'm sure, and, uh, and, and for the most part, one nation are putting forward. I'll go back to my uh, article. So, oh, uh, One Nation, I mean, uh, well, it's it's now just called One Nation. Uh, the Pauline Hanson's One Nation has been, been dropped, but it pretty still much is Pauline Hanson's 
One Nation. Uh, both Pauline and Malcolm Roberts in the, the Senate have been excellent opposing the, the COVID tyranny. And it was uh, Pauline's, uh, Pauline proposed a private member's bill to, to ban vaccine passports, which uh, LNP Senators uh, Matt Canavan, Alex Antic, Jared Rennick, Conchetta Ferravanti-Wells and Sam McMahon crossed the floor. Uh, so Warren Pickering, who was their lead Senate candidate at the federal election, is their, their state leader. Uh, One Nation didn't run in 2018. I, it'll be interesting to see uh, if they get any traction here because uh, they've sort of been superseded by uh, the other uh, minor freedom parties that we'll mention. It will be interesting to see how they perform in Victoria, which um, you would think that generally it wouldn't be a state favourable to One Nation, but um, given the times and what we've experienced, you just never know uh, how many more uh, people uh, are bound to give them their vote, um, as long as, and as, as well as the other freedom parties over there. Just um, there will be um, a lot of people, even people that I know that were definitely more left-leaning that have come um, during this experience through COVID um, towards the right, um, just based on their experience with it all. And they've just totally done a 180 in their political ideology, just based on the whole experience of uh, the lockdowns, mandates and everything like that. So there definitely is a, um, a sizable group out there that are willing to give these uh, minor parties a go, whereas um, back in the past, pre-COVID, they would never have given them a glance at all. Yeah, I think there's a in interesting. We we take the present uh, party party divisions pretty well for granted because they've been there well since 1945 or so. Um, it it would be interesting to see a different constellation of parties uh, where because the the sort of things that the the freedom parties are saying uh, are pretty well what most of people on on this. Uh, uh, Listening, listening in now, believing in fact what liberals used to believe in, uh, but apparently, well, apparently don't now. But there are, of course, people like Antic and Canavan and others in the party uh, who are really excellent. Uh, but basically, they're, 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 they've got a whole, they've got a, a, a very left wing part of the party, both federally and the state, especially in New South Wales state. Um, but also the, uh, the bulk of the members basically are just political actors and, and not, really not really vitally interested anyway in the kind of reforms that, that galvanised the Liberal Party in the 1980s and, and, uh, and the 1990s, uh, uh, when, when Tony Abbott, particularly when Tony Abbott was, was leader. Uh, so whether we might see if, and we would, I think we would only see this in the event of uh, some some major downturn in the in the economy. Whether we might see a, a realignment of forces, where what the the Freedom Party is now joined by some in the Liberal Party and maybe some in the National Party uh, to to form a new party, which um, could have mass, dare I say, Trumpian type appeal. 
Oh, we're probably more likely to see that, I think, in the, the UK uh, first with pretty much the, the globalist takeover of the Conservative Party there. They got their their man in Rishi Sunak after, well, Liz Truss, she showed that she wasn't Margaret Thatcher. She was for turning and that was the end of her prime ministership. It still feels to me that in the, the Liberals and national parties uh, that it's still the uh, very uh, you know, labour light approach is what they're what they're still fixated on, uh, even under Dutton. Yeah, it's quite so. I think, uh, and and maybe maybe we'll see something in the UK. Although the the great great white hope, who of course is black, Kemi Badenoch uh, is now in the government, and although she was terrific in terms of the uh, of the the campaigning, uh, now she's in government. She's kind of making statements and and speeches which are just conventional political speeches and not not really the leadership uh, type speeches i mean she's in favor of free trade but who who, who isn't uh, other than that she's she's not sort of taking that gauntlet and 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 and, and carrying on with it uh, in a way that might make her a future leader so it's it's, it's possible she was just a flash in the pan during the campaign where she was easily the best candidate um and she might not be able to push through in which case there's nobody in the UK. And it's very difficult to see anybody in Australia. There's certainly Canavan and Antic are terrific, but you know, they're they're in they're in the wrong house and it's difficult to know how they would how they would uh, perform in the lower house when they've got when they may feel they've got to compromise a lot more than they, they do at the present time. We'll keep going through uh, the, the Freedom Party list. Uh, so the next one is the United Australia Party, which was the, the big winner uh, in the federal election here in Victoria, uh, with Ralph Babbitt uh, elected at the expense of, well, he's now the uh, Liberal state president, uh, Greg uh, Marabella. And, I mean, he didn't really make much of a wave in the, the Senate, uh, obviously husband of former federal Liberal MP Sophie Mirabella, but based on what he was saying about uh, how the Liberal Party needs to, to change, uh, he certainly it certainly doesn't seem like he's the, the culture warrior that uh, his wife Sophie was. So he, uh, he was hardly a loss, and I think Ralph Babette has uh, been a, a breath of, of fresh air in the Senate. Uh, so running for the UAP at... The, the state election is former uh, state Liberal MP for Frankston, Jeff Shaw, from 2010 to 2014, and also running is Ralph Babette's brother, uh, Matt. Uh, now, the the party did not release any state election policies, uh, but they, they did uh, resurrect uh, their awesome anthem uh, from the polling booth, That's My Kind of Party, with a mashup which I'll play now.
Easily the best Australian political jingle of, of all time. The, the polling booths were robbed at the, the Arias uh, earlier this week. Yeah, and it's uh, great to see Craig Kelly, so prominent and uh, outstanding politician. Um, not quite sure, though, where, where, where the party is going, uh, not having released uh, a galaxy of policies is probably a bit of a weakness. Uh, not that I think it makes much difference to the average voter, but it would do, I think, to those of us who are listening in right now. I mean, they they probably believe that their their branding from the federal election, their freedom forever a slogan, uh, speaks for itself. And when you when you see, well, they. It was hard to miss uh, the the UAP message at the federal election with uh, Craig Kelly nearly on every ad break. If you watched uh, TV or watched a YouTube video, and uh, obviously they they have that uh, asset in Victoria now in in Ralph Babette as a, a senator, and it seems with Clive Palmer's UAP 3.0, so far the, the band is still together. I mean, Craig Kelly, he's the national director now. Uh, uh, Ralph Babette, he's 100% loyal to the, the party. Um, I'd say the same uh, with, a, well, since 2019, uh, Pauline Hanson's One Nations had no issues with... Uh, the, the falling out of its elected MPs, that sort of instability for those two parties seems to have ended. Mm. I think they, they, I mean, they won't be hard pressed to actually trust Clive Palmer, given his past record of, you know, basically bowing to Al Gore and all that sort of stuff. Yes, we, um, we, we all remember that. that. It's a different matter with Craig Kelly, who's a man of extreme integrity and a very fine politician. That so, you know, he's being bankrolled by Palmer and great Palmer seems to be saying the right sorts of things now, but can we, uh, can we really trust him in the future? I mean, what, what's your opinion of, of Ralph Babette's uh, performance in the, the Senate? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know enough about about what his, his what you know his, his views are and things. I've not been following him really in the Senate. You tell us, Tim. What's uh, what's how you how do you see him? Well, in terms of being a pro Australia, pro freedom warrior, he's certainly delivering on on that regard. Uh, his Twitter is very lit and and base, so I'm certainly 
impressed with him. I mean, he's he's made a, a better first impression as a UAP senator than Jackie Lambie and Glenn Lazarus uh, did, which I know is a, a low bar, but he certainly is he's put them to to shame. Uh, so we'll 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 keep going. So the the Democratic Labor Party, which uh, so this is my interview with. Uh, it's a state leader now, uh, former Liberal MLC Bernie Finn, who was was appallingly uh, shafted by uh, Matthew Guy after he'd given 40 years of loyal service to the, the, the Liberal Party. He did run for the DLP at his first election in 1980 as their candidate for Kerangamite, so it's back to the future for him. So the DLP is a pro-worker, pro-family, pro-life party. So running is uh, shafted uh, right Labor power broker, uh, Adam Somriak. Uh, so the uh, the Democratic Labor Party, it is legally in Victoria, the official Labor Party, uh, as judged by the Victorian Supreme Court in 1960, uh, when there was a, a after the there was the the DLP was formed uh, because of the anti-communist split of of 1955, and it's it's had a few successes in Victoria uh, uh, since uh, it uh, disappeared from the the, the federal sphere in 1974 uh, with Peter Kavanagh. Uh, MLC uh, 2006 to 2010, Rachel Carling Jenkins from 2014 to 2017, and also John Madigan uh, from 2013 to 2016. Well, the DLP actually um, are a type of party that can really appeal to a lot of Victorians and Australians at large because they still have the um, the kind of economic policies that do um, tend to favour workers and um, that do appeal to the left, but at the same time have strong social conservative positions. So, I mean, really, they are a, a party for everyone. Um, the only thing that it seems to be is that um, although they have had success um, in modern time, that it just hasn't translated to um, big numbers and people um, at least... On, on the left-hand side of things are still voting um, for the ALP at mass rather than considering the DLP. And I mean, there are a lot of people that if you were to go to an ALP voter and, and actually provide DLP policy to them, I think most people, apart from your um, university kind of Marxist type of people um, would be very favorable, especially the elder voters, the, the older sort of voter, um, the old Labor, the old hard left uh, Labor type voter would be really favourable to DLP positions, but um, it just unfortunately doesn't translate to votes and um, just seems to be that people are stuck in their old ways and just don't really want to try something um, new. And I mean, despite the, the ALP no longer representing them, they still choose to, to vote the same way because their father and their grandfather and so forth voted that particular way and they just don't want to let go. I second that, Damien. I think you're dead right. So basically, um, you know, the, the, the Labour Party has left these people um, and become sort of a woke lefty university type student uh, organisation. Um, and you would have thought that um, the, 
you know, the, the heart and soul of the Labour Party, the tradies and the, the, the factory workers, etc., would basically be um, DLP. Uh, but unfortunately, for some reason or other, they, st they stick with the Labour Party, which is no nothing like representative of them. And uh, essentially, it's just um, uh, politicians who, who, almost to a man and a woman, have had no other job but being political operatives. Uh, and and are, are now stuffed full of the uh, all the woke notions um, that, that uh, the U.S. Democrats have got as well. Um, and for the most part, you would think, and certainly if you spoke to the the, the previous rump in the um, in the Labour Party, you you that they wouldn't they would have the conservative sort of social views which the DLP has, as well as um, some of the more you know pro worker group views which the Labour Party claims to have but really 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 doesn't have I well, I'd like to hear your opinion on the, the the treatment of Bernie Finn a liberal warrior he'd been in the the, the party for 40 years was the member for Tuller Marine in this in the Jeff Kennett years and then was the well he still is the uh the MLC for the Western metro region and he was basically kicked out bernie finn for just re restating his his pro-life views and well that spooked uh triggered matthew guy and he also got triggered in the last week of the the, the campaign with that 60 minutes hit piece on uh renee heath's uh father brian heath's city builders church uh so uh, it, he was a a huge uh huge huge loss in terms of like you need uh the, those heavy hitters uh like bernie finn and also a another one who uh matthew guy uh cut loose shafted was tim smith as well yeah well both of them i mean tim smith had an unfortunate issue with the a motor car accident when he was drunk but he's uh, yes you know, he's, a, he's a man of of uh, you know considerable political nous and um in fact since he's since he's been shafted from the party he's actually written and appeared on on media uh, saying very sensible things and uh, of course bernie finn is a salt of the earth type type character i mean is uh, they the political parties um, don't seem to be able to cope with kind of christian uh, views at the present time and they they eject them all labor party even more so and yet they they seem to be espouse say islamic views which are often in these these social issues very similar to the to the christian views uh without any questioning um you know i don't know how long that's going to continue as it is but certainly at the present time um both major political parties seem to want to run away from christianity uh, and from the sorts of things, uh, anti-abortion and, 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 and other aspects which were, were mainstream not very long ago and still have quite a lot of, of, of following amongst the conservative people. Uh, you know, basically, it's a, they're, they're both shot, shot to the woke uh, and, and, and uh, dispense with those who uh, remind them that they once had conservative principles as well, unless you're actually Islamic and which case they'll, they'll court them and, and neglect the conservative aspects of, of most Islamic people. 
and uh, Adam Somurak, he was also uh, the uh, the victim of a, a 60 Minutes uh, sting uh, by the same reporter who uh, did the hit piece on uh, Renee Heath's church, uh, Nick McKenzie. Uh, so uh, Adam Somurak, he he's admitted his role in branch stacking and says that the reason that he did it is that Dan Andrews broke the the branch uh, stacking uh, truce. Uh, he is seeking re-election because he knows Dan Andrews better than than anybody. He said, "What's what he use? He knows knows what he's thinking or what he's going to say before he." He says it, and so he says if Dan's returned, that uh, he is the one to hold him to account. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. I mean, the branch stacking as a crime uh, is quite a novel idea for the ALP, probably for the Liberals as well. I mean, essentially, they all involved uh, themselves in branch stacking, and uh, there's a fine line between what is legitimate recruitment of people and uh, what is uh, illegitimate, and I think it's that that line is crossed quite often in both parties. And Samarek uh, made a very good fist of it, uh, but uh, he he was targeted and uh, and therefore lost uh, lost a lot of credibility. Hopefully, he'll be he, he will re restore himself. Uh, we'll, we'll keep going through this list. It's just ticked over uh, 7 p.m. Melbourne time. We are getting some uh, results trickling in, though it is still too early to make a, you know, see if there's a clear trend. Uh, so this is the, the, the primary vote here. It's heavily rurally focused. I don't know how ABC and all the data that Anthony Green are uh, puts in, uh, so it says so far that there's a 6% swing to the LNP with Labor ahead 51.46 and to the coalition's 48.4%. It says that Labor's lost three seats, the Liberals gained two, the Greens gained two and others lost one. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll come back uh, to some more results shortly. Uh, so back to the the pro freedom parties, the uh, the resurrection uh, or reformation, uh, to use uh, both uh, some Christian terms. Uh, the the family first party is uh, running in this election. I spoke to their state leader, uh, Lee uh, Jones, and uh, Lyle Shelton has been down here in uh, Victoria helping uh, Family First run their campaign. Um, while the the DLP has a, it's a socially conservative party, is largely uh, its membership is largely Catholic. Uh, Family First, its uh, membership is largely uh, Pentecostal, which seems to be the 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 branch of Christianity or sect of Christianity, which uh, has, it gets the, the the most media focus. I mean, there was a lot of focus on Scott Morrison's uh, Pentecostalism when he was uh, Prime Minister. Yeah, there definitely was. And I mean, um, these, um, parties have actually family first i've actually noticed some results come in for them and they've performed really well i mean they're actually getting 
um, really high single digits and even um, into the double digits in a lot of these seats. And um, for a, a party that have just come um, back and returned and don't get obviously any media attention, they've actually done um, a, a fairly good job for, for a first time around um, back in it. And um, obviously you've got the other parties as well. And the problem is, and we've said this many times, is there's so many minor right-wing parties splitting the vote up that it really makes it hard for any of them to gain such traction and such a big um, a big percentage to actually make an impact. I know they always end up funneling the votes through preferences, but it's still, I mean, to combat um, a party like the Greens, which is the only sort of um, main uh, party of the left, um, I mean, obviously you, you have others like the um, Reason and obviously Animal Justice and so forth, but I mean, there isn't really that many um, big names on the left that are quite as large as the Greens, whereas on the right, you've got, you know, a half a dozen of so many minor parties that are all combating and splitting up the vote, which definitely makes it harder for them to, um, to get traction and, and perform well. We've just had join us uh, Richard Wollstonecroft, host from the report from Tiger Mountain uh, here on the Unshackled, and also a, a organiser of the the Melbourne Underground Film Festival, uh, which is back in person uh, this year. And uh, vaxxed and unvaxxed can uh, attend. Oh, so it's open to everybody, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, yeah, uh, next week. Next Saturday night is the big night, so uh, come along, everybody, to the Melbourne Underground Film Festival, and um, hopefully uh, we'll be uh, Daniel Andrews' list, as we'll find out this evening, you know, whether this is true. He was going to come and open the festival. I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come along and say, look, freedom and inequality is, is, is my middle name, and, you know, when it comes to treating the unvaccinated and people... You know, on the right, you know, I, I'm there for every Victorian, is what he would say. Of course, I just, I'm just truncating his, his speech from next Saturday night. But um, you know, he might not be able to give it now. You know, he might not even win his seat. You know, we, we're living in hope. We live in hope. You know. I will have a look if we've got anything from Mulgrave yet. Oh, Mulgrave. Uh, which, of course, uh, the main chat. No, we've got nothing uh, from nothing. Mulgrave. Well, see. So. Uh, They've got to rig that. If they want Daniel Andrews back, you can see Klaus Schwab is like, what's we're, going we're, on? We're, we're not going to have any, uh, any uh, what is that, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy theories that could get us kicked off uh, yes. YouTube here. But, um, yes, uh, of course, uh, independent uh, Ian Cook, uh, whose business was shut down by uh, Dan's yeah. chief officer, Brett Sutton, uh, because his business, I Cook Foods, a slug was mysteriously found by a greater uh, city of Greater Dandenong uh, health inspector, and they were falsely accused of, of killing a, a woman with one of their sandwiches. Uh, so he, uh, he has what, uh, run a very strong grassroots campaign, uh, and he said Dan is certainly in trouble. Uh, he didn't. Uh, did, didn't he didn't even vote in his electorate uh dan andrews uh, he really? went to uh yeah he went to lo what looked like some sort of private secret polling booth where he voted with his wife and two adult children 
uh, Pierce Taylor says, send more scrutineers to Mulgrave. One of our uh, guests coming on later tonight, Patterson, who of course is uh, facing a prosecution by uh, Victoria police uh, accused of uh, assaulting them during an anti-lockdown protest when he was defending one of his friends. He's scrutineering for uh, Ian Cook, uh, so he'll be on later. I mean, kind of screwed. Uh, it's kind of inscrutable. So well, uh, it'll be much anticipated, the result. Turn off your mobile. Turn off your mobile. I, I don't know whose mobile uh, that I is. I party's Mr. Alan Moran. <laughs> He's now on silent. Good. That's the ticket. Uh, so uh, Ian Cook, his uh, main uh, campaign manager, uh, has been uh, the, the lady behind the Voice for Victoria uh, informative Twitter account, uh, Emily Coltrane. Uh, so she's uh, been doing the, the, the polling for him. Uh, so uh, she is certainly a very savvy uh, political uh, political campaigner and operative. We might just go th get through the, the rest of uh, this uh, this freedom uh, freedom party guide. So the the Liberal Democrats, the classic Liberal and uh, a libertarian party, which has two MLCs up for re-election, uh, Tim Quilty and David uh, Limbrick. So they, their platform, they want to enshrine a Bill of Rights in Victoria, have safeguards for in place for emergency powers and real teams for the state's integrity agencies, as well as wanting to end any state laws, cut green tape to increase energy production and cut government waste to reduce the debt and deficit. Of course, a, like a, a Bill of Rights and having all these these safeguards, it's nice in in theory, um, but in like a Bill of Rights will never happen. A real Bill of Rights will never happen for Victoria or Australia. No, I don't think or it will. Not, not, Victorians don't seem to believe in rights that much. So I think the, well, the, the tragedy is a Bill of Rights will become basically the opposite of Bill of Rights. Basically, it'll, it'll, bill, Bills of Rights were, you know, liberty and freedom from government, etc. But they, they've got distorted to becoming a Bill of Rights for people to plunder the taxpayer or anybody else to ensure that, that they have the same or something, a similar standard of living, etc. Well, the uh, so rights... I, um, rights of perverts to teach their perversion to school children and things like that. And that's the kind of rights Daniel Andrews is interested in, sadly. But anyway. The the, the Liberal Democrats, because they they are a, a libertarian party, they're not they're, they're not real culture warriors. I mean they voted for uh Dan Andrews a uh sex self ID laws where you can change your gender uh, every six months, uh, sorry, every 12 months to whatever you, you want, though they did vote against Dan Andrews' uh, conversion therapy laws, which would criminalise private conversations in the home between friends and, and family members. Uh, and they also are 
the Liberal Democrats platform pro-abortion, pro-euthanasia? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, crazy. Crazy, you know. I mean, everyone has the right to discuss their lifestyle, you know, and if people want to doubt their lifestyle, they have every right to, you know what I mean? Uh, um, you know, the new Soft Cell album, I mean, Mark Armand didn't get more gay than Mark Armand, and he, he does a track with the um, Pet Shop Boys, and the song is sort of, you know, like, have we chosen the right lifestyle? It's called Purple Zone, and uh, I think it's, you know, I mean, I, if, if artists say that can doubt their own um, life choices, you know, because it is a certain kind of life choice, and, um, you know, obviously... Um, you know, um, not always healthy. Um, so, you know, I mean... Uh, uh, make sure you don't break the law, uh, Richard. Yeah, we might no, have, what is that? No, no. I mean, but, you know, I mean, always, so is that illegal? I even say highlight the absurdity of it all. Let's get back to the election. Any election stories? Did we all vote today? I actually voted yesterday. Oh, well, Damien's in New South Wales, so he... Oh, uh, I hope he voted. Right we, need, we need all the votes again. We need New South Wales votes to get rid of Andrews yeah. and, and, you know, from wherever. We'll take some from Florida. We'll take some from you know, the 2020 election if we get it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when did you vote, Alan? I voted on, on Thursday. I'm in the, I did also the on Thursday. Cranbourne election I also now. I voted so. Thursday, yeah. 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 So oh, well done. Incumbent- Labor Pauline Richards. I totally ignored her at the polling booth. She she did the tried to hi I'm Pauline Richards, the Labor candidate, and just you know walked the other way. Uh, so I voted for this uh, local uh, uh, Indian uh, well uh, Indian ethnic independent uh, Ravi uh, Ragapathy uh, because well he preferenced the the liberal a uh, Jagdeep. Uh, Sing second, uh, so because you by the party that you put your number one vote, they, they get the electoral funding. I can't, I can't off the top of my head how many it's something, uh, how many dollars it is, but I don't want to give my uh, give the major parties electoral funding. So I thought I'd give it to give it to a, an independent who nice, nice, nice incentive. Well, I voted Liberal because I thought, you know, um, you, you know, I mean, essentially, in the House anyway, you have to to get rid of Daniel Andrews. You got to have some kind of victory with Matthew Guy, even if it's a, you know, Nationals, you know, um, Liberal, and maybe some other couple other freedom parties or whatever. But um, you know, the the big the big worry tonight is that we get a, a, a kind of minority Andrews government with the Greens to give him the uh, the votes. You know, that would be that would be even worse than. Um, uh, we were discussing that before. Like, uh, what is it? Is does Victoria like? Is it? It does Victoria need to get worse for it to eventually get better, or is uh, Victoria Victoria to to use a pun on the road to uh, California? On the road to Damascus. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean. Look, where I voted locally, um, you know, I, I voted Liberal in the House and then I voted One Nation in the Senate. Um, and that's actually my my main choice of voting for 20 years now, really. I mean, not that it makes any difference. I'm in, a, I'm in an area that's a Labor area anyway, sadly. So they often uh, get up um, no matter what I vote for. So, you know, I mean, I wish I could vote more than once. I don't know. What's the problem? You know what I mean? 
But there's no ID when you go and you just say your name and uh, then they give you a bit of paper, which obviously could be easily rubbed out in some other uh, other vote. You know, it's very lo-fi. I mean, you know, the integrity of our elections, um, I think there is some mild rigging going on, but I don't think it's too serious. You know, I think there's just, you know, some um, what you would call rorting and little things, you know what I mean, that give the, give the advantage to Andrews. But, you know, I do think there is a popular, um, you know, uprising against him. And we just hope that it's enough, you know, um, to uh, cause some kind of upset. I think the best thing we can hope for is that, you know, maybe he loses his seat of Mulgrave and that we might get Labor, but not Daniel Andrews. I mean, which which would be, you know, fine by me, to be perfectly honest. I, if Labor had said, we're going to vote, you know, we'll have Labor, but you don't get Daniel Andrews, I would have voted Labor like that, just to get rid of him. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all and about I'm getting sure there's, there's many uh, inside of Labor who would like to see uh, yeah. Daniel Andrews uh, go. In Peter Credlin's uh, Sky News documentary, The Cult of, of Dan Andrews, uh, former uh, federal uh, Labor MP for Melbourne Ports, Michael Danby, was, uh, well, he, he went, was open on the record about how uh atrociously uh dan andrews had treated victorians yes and the final a pro-freedom minor party is the the angry victorians party which it's the victorian branch of the australian values party which uh was founded by retired special forces major heston russell he's based in yeah. queensland so the state leader is uh former uh well army veteran and former police officer chris burson and seeking re-election with the party is uh, catherine cumming mlc who of course uh, was investigated by victoria police for using a a military uh war assassination analogy that she wanted dan andrews turned into red pink mist uh, what did you all make of the the comments i mean in my opinion i mean there's uh, there's uh, violent analogies in uh, uh politics that have been around for years what's the one in australian oh, politics of voting I mean, with, with, with uh, baseball bats uh yeah. political assassination I mean, knifing a leader exactly i mean um you know catherine cummings has been great i mean uh you know i've got to meet her personally through you know, a couple of uh, freedom movement events and also I've been at a couple of parties. She's a lot of fun. She has an irreverent sense of humour. Um, I can't believe she's in Parliament. You know what I mean? She's such a great person. Um, you know, and, um, you know, uh, I really hope she gets up tonight, you know, um, and uh, I, I think her comments are, you know, she's somebody who's had a, a cheeky mouth, to say that, cheeky mouth, and, um, you know, she's just being, um, you know, having some fun, you know, being colourful. And I mean, Australian politicians used to better say things like that. Even Labor ones, like Bob Hawke, you know, for God's sake, you know, which is the last Labor politician who I really like. Yeah. Uh, Alan, what did you make of Catherine Well, I Cummings? think anybody who's criticising that sort of thing is being over-precious and basically tr trying to make a, a vilification point. Uh, you know, as Richard said, language like that was very frequent uh, only, only recently and even worse, I mean, you know, uh, basically we, people would, would be calling to hang some prime minister or whatever or, uh, as part of a, a program 
Yeah. And we don't want to hang Daniel Andrews. We just want to get yeah. rid of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. We want to vote him out. We don't need to hang him. So, yeah. So I don't think there's anything. You know, I think it's great. Use use colourful language like that by all means. And and he wasn't even all that colourful. But uh, yeah, it's, it, people are just being precious and seeking a reason to vilify someone and yeah. uh, pretend that they're they're basically calling for the uh, hang drawing and quartering of uh, somebody because they call them. The, well, quite mild criticisms. Uh, it's just, just absurd. Yeah, well, Catherine's got an interesting background. She was with the Darren Hinch party originally, and then she went independent soon after getting elected. And, um, you know, she just seems like a real breath of fresh air. Um, you know, she's irreverent, uh, but she does seem to really have her heart in the right place. You know, like, you know, she seems to vote. Uh, you know, she's kind of like, you know, like Jackie Lambie. If Jackie Lambie was a really good person and really made good decisions, <laughs> like she's our version of but she's not, no, sadly. I mean, Jackie Lambie, I think when Jackie Lambie started out, she seemed like she could be somebody who could be, you know, friendly to the right, the alt-right, whatever you want to call it, the new right, um, you know, but, like, I don't know. They, they got to her. They always get to them, you know. But obviously they probably tried to get to Catherine. She said, no, I'm going to just keep, you know, I'm going to be me. And, um, you know, that's rare in the um, in the world of politics um, because obviously there's a lot of uh, incentives, um, you know, backdoor bribes and things they can give you, you know, grants, you know, Daniel Andrews has built a freeway, you know, to your house or something. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but, I mean, he's been building. I mean, Daniel Andrews the last four years, I mean, apart from all the COVID bullshit, he's been building like a Roman emperor. I mean, I think Hadrian's extremely jealous of him. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's like, it's just everywhere you go in Melbourne, there's this infrastructure. I mean, who the hell's behind it? I heard the technology from the Chinese Communist Party is being used, you know. Um, China's kind of infrastructure building machinery is uh, here. I wonder if this was somehow connected to Belton Road, and I wonder if you know, maybe because Belton Road got got you know the kibosh, you know, have have now Victorians got to foot the bill for all this you know craziness. I mean, some of it is actually good. I mean, I'll have to admit, some of the infrastructure that um, Daniel Andrews has built, I think you know maybe was necessary. I mean, you know, near a friend's house, uh, they built a new station, a Preston station. They lifted it like up into the air. It's extraordinary. It's like you know, you know incredible, and the station looks great. You know. Well, yeah, Dan Andrews, like you can see that his government is building things by all the, the roadworks around, but it's it's not cheap. And of course, a prid, quid pro quos with the, the union, union mates have been his modus operandi as premier. And that's why the, the CFMEU, even though they think he's a prick uh they're still going to 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 vote for him because he'll give uh give them jobs to make the suburban rail loop yeah well look you know i mean obviously i think daniel andrews has destroyed small business obviously he did that during COVID um, a lot and that you know the climate change agenda will continue to you know um you know destroy small business destroy local agriculture but he's going to keep these giant infrastructure projects going um and I think maybe that's how he sees it. Like, I'm destroying something, but I'm creating something uh, over here, um, which is sort of, in, in its strange way, kind of bold. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously not the same people. All these union mates are buying houses, um, you know, in Turek and uh, South Yarra from the money they're making on all this infrastructure. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. These, these infrastructure things, they're monstrous to even consider. <laughs> these tunnels he's building, these tunnels, you could, you, could, you could hide the population of Melbourne in them and you'd survive. 60 years of nuclear winter, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's been very strategic in his, in his spending uh, 
basically cultivating AMBOs as well as the CFMEU. Um, but basically, he's, he's a strong believer in government building things and governments owning things and very much against private, the private sector. Uh, so he's an old school socialist, you know, um, old school socialist. And yeah, exactly. uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, I, I really hate Daniel Andrews, but like, I, I mean, you know, I think when you hate somebody, it's kind of interesting to watch them. I, I liked his page so I could watch all these posts. And, I mean, I troll him sometimes, but, you know, it's interesting. The guy does have a, has an interesting kind of style and um, I find him vaguely amusing too because it's hard to believe that this guy so terror, sort of so terrorised. Obviously, the main problem I have with him was that his reaction for COVID, which I thought was just way over the top, you know what I mean? Like, way over the top. I uh, going in, uh, going to the or uh, Dan's uh, we we talk about uh, his bringing back the the SEC. That's his his main uh, pitch, and is the suburban rail loop he promised at the the last state election. Which I know there's been engineers who've been looking around, but hasn't started yet. But uh, what is that? The uh, the first one is uh, is Cheltenham to to Box Hill, uh, but the as people have pointed out uh, that the public transport uh, patronage has reduced during the pandemic. I think because a lot of people didn't want to wear masks on on public transport. So the feasibility of it, if it if there has been a proper feasibility study, doesn't look like there has been, has radically changed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he has built roads as well, but he, he's very much in favour of public transport, very much in favour of socialistic type answers, uh, not really in favour of people using their own cars. Um, but the, one of the aspects of COVID is, is that you've seen a a depopulation of the workforce within the city and much more dispersed work, workforce uh, taking place. People, not only people working from home, but far, far more dispersed, which means uh, it makes it far less economic for uh, people to to actually uh, uh, to travel by public transport. It, it, may, it means uh, road transport is, is much more uh, accommodating when you have these dispersed origins and destination places. So, nonetheless, he wants to build more and more urban transit, um, which just doesn't make sense, as, as you say, Tim, that the, the demand for it is falling. Uh, but it means a lot of jobs for people who he thinks, and rightly so, will support him. Um, but but really, you can never, you, you never see the, the cost benefit um, of these things, and, and certainly they don't make sense. It makes a lot of sense to build more roads generally for cars, uh, but not usually for rail. Not, certainly not um, uh, the, the well, kind of sense, from somewhere to nowhere, which is what we're building now with the suburban links. I drove out to a gig in Castle Main last night, and um, you know, like the road, I came back via, via Dalesford, the road to Dalesford from the freeway. It was full of potholes. I mean, I was doing about 80 or 90 along the uh, road. It was 100 kilometer, you know, uh, what's it called, limit. And uh, these potholes sort of came out of nowhere. You know, if you're doing 80 or 90, 
in the middle of the night and suddenly hit this giant pothole. I thought that's very unusual. You know, I mean, because obviously Dalesford is a pretty, uh, you know, wealthy area. I thought they would have fixed the friggin' road. And I mean, you know, I mean, maybe I've heard that other infrastructure in the country is beginning to collapse. Um, you know, I mean, what upsets me more about Daniel Andrews is his allegiance to globalism rather than his allegiance to, I guess, what will, what will be called the old school kind of labor, you know, socialist leaning. Uh, I can w definitely live with the old school um, labor socialist leaning rather than the this kind of globalist city, you know, woke politics, um, you know, which of course he, he seems to love. He seems to be some kind of perfect nightmare of those two ideas, you know. And I mean, again, you gotta you got to admire uh, him for being able to somehow pull that off because it's a tricky um, mix because in a sense uh, they're at the opposite because uh, essentially the globalists are a group of billionaires, um, you know, wealthy billionaires who wish to control the planet. Um, you know, I guess they would be called the let or the 1% or the 0.1% in, in left-wing parlance. So he's working with them at the same time as he's working with the uh, uh, unions and trying to keep everybody happy. It must be a very interesting uh, juggling move. I have been watching uh, on the the ABC uh, the well the former Labor campaign director Kos uh, Samaras. He's been uh, on uh, panels uh, with another one of your former IPA colleagues, uh, Tony uh, Barry, and he uh, Kos has said that basically the millennial vote is still overwhelmingly left, and I'm a millennial. Uh, Damien, you classified as a millennial or Gen Gen Y? Yeah, I definitely would be Gen Y. I'm born in '87, so yeah, definitely in, in the, right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm '89, and yeah, yeah, you're just sort of uh, ashamed of uh, our generation, given that uh, supposedly Gen X. We're the unknown element. The left are relying on our generation to, to get them home. Millennials are a real disappointment. I actually thought at one stage that um, our generation was um, doing a lot of the resistance against the um, the more um, the older, the baby boomers and, and Gen X that were starting to become a little bit more progressive through the, the 1960s, 70s changes and so forth and that our, our sort of um, era, we're starting to provide a little bit of a fight back. Um, and obviously Gen Z, I mean, forget it. They don't even know what, they, what, what gender they are, what particular time of the day. But I thought that there was a particular, um, at least um, enough of us that was, and I mean, sure, there is Gen Ys and millennials that, that are definitely woke and, and um, you know, uni, uni grads and all that. But I mean, I did think that there was enough of us also that was providing that other side and that there was a strong element um, that you're getting within, especially the alt-right movements and stuff, um, even um, amongst yeah. libertarians. There's a lot of Gen Y people involved in that. I think they're rebels in every uh, generation. Yeah. Uh, we've just passed 7.30 uh, p.m. Uh -huh. Melbourne time, so let's get a an update. And I've got so elbow the, Yeah, the, the current what uh, we got? primary vote uh, with 4.2% counted, Labor 32.6, Liberals 28.8, Greens 11.4, National 11.2, others 16.6%. There is a swing against Labor 
I, mm -hmm. the, they've calculated the two party preferred. It's still Labor 55.6, Coalition 44.4, but it's still a 2% swing for the LNP because of the 2018 Dan slide. Let's have a look at uh, some of the results coming in. So in Albert Park, the Greens are slightly ahead in that uh, crucial uh, Greens versus Labor. Uh, Isn't that Ashwood, Yeah. Uh, Matt uh, Fregon, a, a, the incumbent, is uh, being challenged by Liberal candidate Ooh. Asa Ashajudo, also another ah, uh, nice. IPA uh, person. Uh, Bass, where Bass. Uh, apparently Bass. There, there's oh. a, there has been a bad result. Labor is really ahead there. Get the, get the vote uh, riggers down there. Get the vote riggers down there. We've got to fix that. We've got to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> Call Joe Biden. Uh, Bruns, uh, no, the, like, uh, the Greens have got a huge swing there. The the Victorian socialists are uh, polling, polling well. What, what suburb the, is that with the Greens? 70% of the vote. Uh, that is Brunswick. Uh, so incumbent oh, Green is is uh tim reed a and uh, so far the greens are ahead in in footscray uh which uh, uh they are on 28 percent. this is with uh what is that uh only three uh centers uh reporting uh mm -hmm. victorian socialist 15.3 percent apparently the victorian socialists as they're called have been the most aggressive potty mouthed uh volunteers of the them all um uh, the the seat of Hastings where uh retiring uh Neil Neil, Neil Burgess uh so uh, the liberal oh, candidate Ronnie Hutton and running for labor is uh, Paul Mercurio uh my home my where my hometown where I grew up is is Hastings so a I like I managed to get my hands on one of uh, Paul Paul Mercurio's uh, and he's got the the what is that corrupted rainbow flag on his election material. Can you see it there? Which has got oh, the, the transgender one nice. and the the Did he thank black the and Did he thank the He says he's running for, for Labor. He's already on the Mornington Peninsula Council because Labor supports the arts. And so he wants you know, the next I mean, generation of ballroom dancers to be funded by... It's not like when the Liberals get in, they cancel um, arts funding. And what's incredible is when the Liberals no. get in, they just continue to fund the arts and the ABC, just like Labor did. I mean, maybe it's slightly less, if you're lucky. But, uh, I mean, you know, basically the, the, the people who hate the Liberal Party continue to get their money even when the Liberals win. I mean, it's kind of like a, a feedback loop that's going to end badly for the Liberals, you know. It's amazing yeah, that, that that's you actually see um, Victorian socialists beating the Liberals in a few seats. I mean, that is that is crazy. I know, I know. I mean, you know, they should just have the, they should have the Chinese Communist Party, you know, run, run <laughs> candidates. You know, I mean, why not? You know, apparently there's the Chinese Communist Party police here who keep an eye on certain citizens. Apparently they're operating in Victoria. Why don't we just have, you know, open, you know, Chinese Communist Party candidates, you know, get it over and done with. And i got a feeling all the people who live in the inner city uh, yeah. 
would would vote for them. Surprisingly, there was apparently there was apparently a lot of people that um, did live in Victoria that did cross the border due to all the um, measures that were taken uh, by Andrews. So that possibly could have um, lost um, a lot of um, right-leaning votes in the election um, because so many people did leave the state. Well, David Thrussell's prediction, I think, I was with David Thrussell from, um, you know, the No Goat Show and from uh, All Out of Bubblegum on Cafe Lockdown. He said that he thought Andrews will win, but at a, at a, you know, at a reduced majority and that the Greens will be necessary to uh, for him to maintain power, which is, of course, even worse than Daniel Andrews. Um, so that was his doom and gloom prediction. I'm hoping Daniel's Andrews. How are we doing in Melbourne? Yeah, I know. I mean, sadly, David is often right. You know what I mean? This is the worst thing about him. Um, you know, with his doom and gloom, um, you know, analysis and everything is a conspiracy, everything is rigged, all this stuff, you know, and uh, he always talks about this on the no-go show and on his, on his, uh, you know, all out of bubblegum. He's often right, you dirty bastard. You know what I mean? And he writes for that magazine. I can't remember it. It's like a conspiracy and magazine. And he's a lefty. He's not a far-right neo-fascist Nazi. Who, David? Yeah, I mean, both Michael Gray Griffiths from Cafe Lockdown and David Thrussell, their background is in, is, uh, is is leftists, even though they're sort of somewhere different now. Um, I think they're both very disappointed the way the left has, you know, changed over the years. I mean, it used to be about the working man trying to, you know, like, and also alleviate economic inequity, uh, whereas it's now all about, um, you know, woke politics and uh, progressive stuff, climate change, which hurts the working class. That agenda, you know what I mean, because it makes energy prices go for the roof, um, you know, and you know all, all that kind of identity politics, which was never a part of um, the old left, you know. And uh, a lot of these people now have, have joined um, essentially the new right. Even someone like Julian Assange came from that kind of background, and yet he helped Trump in his own way. I mean, obviously he leaked on Hillary Clinton, and he must have known that would have helped Trump. So his, his metric must have been Trump is better than Hillary Clinton, and of course he was correct, you know. Um, you know, because Trump was trying to end wars and things like that. I mean, that was the other thing about the old left that I used to like. They were very anti-war. It didn't matter whether a right-winger started or a left-winger. They were like, no, no, no. But all the left-wingers today are cheering on Ukraine. They're having, you know, it's ridiculous. And this war is doing nothing but just destroy Ukraine. Um, both the Ukrainians and the Russian people want this war to end. And it's only the globalists in, in uh, you know, Zelensky, these Zionists, um, who want this war to go? Yeah, you know, continue. Uh, you know, call, it, call it with those comments, Richard. <laughs> where you know, where, where... we need a goat. We need a goat for the no goat show. You know, we're going to have the goat. <laughs> well, I will make the point that uh, uh, during the the past year, um, uh, Dan Andrews, uh, like we've been uh, standing up for the the Jewish community who Dan Andrews has persecuted. I mean, it was appalling. Yeah, I uh, those that. I the Jewish community was great. What's it called? The, uh, the fundamentalist ones, the Hasidic. They were kind of rebelling. You know, obviously they take their religion pretty seriously and they wanted to continue to practice their religion. I think it was um, scandalous that people didn't have the option to practice their religion during COVID. And I think, you know, that upset um, Jewish people, that upset Christians, and that upset Muslims. And you, know, you can all come together under that under that rubric of government should stay the hell out of people's religions, you know. But a socialist doesn't want to do that. He wants to interfere because there is no God, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we can just fuck with everybody. 
Yeah, but I think not enough people oppose this. Sorry? Call it with the swearing as well. No swearing as well. God, this isn't the cafe. This isn't cafe lock. No, I said like I I said, you know, I you know, tone it tone it down. Okay, well, I'll I'll wash my mouth out with soap. No, no, no f bombs. Just I only said one anyway, so I do apologize. Anyway, I have to leave the, the panel shortly, but I think uh, you're oh, in pretty good hands. And, and what we're actually seeing is what most people anticipated, that is um, Dan rolling to a victory, which is um, totally unwarranted, but nonetheless, he's going to be there. And it's pretty much along the lines we've seen. It looks like the Greens are going to get seats. I'm not sure I agree with Richard that that's a bad thing because it might, if the, the greatest thing would be if... Um, the Liberals and the uh, and the Labour Party fought it out for the, the suburbs and left those inner city city suburbs to the Greens, uh, and then you might find a bit more a bit a bit more sensible policies coming out of the Labour. But uh, mm. so far, it looks like we're going to get a rerun of the Parliament, which we had a little bit more green, a little bit more blue, a little bit less red, uh, but pretty much uh, business as usual as Dan takes us down the the gurgler. Uh, with his great uh, funding programs and uh, uh, abolishing yeah. anything oh, other than Wimbledon. I'm moving to Canada. That's it. I'm joining the anti-Trumpers and moving to Canada, wherever they well, go. Uh, Alan, are you planning to stay in Victoria over the next four years? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think so. I think it's still quite you, a good place. But it, <laughs> what do you but just uh, well, one last uh, one last question before you go. There's a lot of paranoia. Uh, will, uh, if Dan Andrews is still the, the Premier, he's still got to win Mulgrave, uh, it, will COVID come back or like in terms of will he reintroduce COVID measures or it's done and dusted now? I'm pretty sure it's done and dusted. Dan Andrews basically didn't care about COVID. What, what he was doing is reading the political... Uh, tea leaves and people wanted to be locked down. Uh, the, the, there was a hysteria generally, and Dan was happy to lock them down. As soon as the tea leaves are, are running the other way, he'll say, "No, no, we're not going to lock them down." I, I think it's very difficult to to see a, another lockdown now because it's people got, are over that; they're over it totally. And Dan's yeah. uh, Dan reads reads uh, what the the political will, and he gives it to people what they want. And that's the unfortunate situation we have. Uh, in democracy at the moment if you that the, the the people who miss uh lockdown and love masks they're probably going to be voting teal this election because they are the ultimate paternalists uh, with uh, i call her moaning monique ryan karen from kuyong put your masks mm-hmm. on i mean that's what you'll get if you if you want you know people to lobby for public health restrictions then <laughs> vote for the teals right the teals uh, 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 certainly got a lot more in them in terms of the momentum at the present time, and that's another sad part about politics. Teals and the they Greens. They are doing well so far. I mean, the, the idea uh, that the Australian government... And uh, in Hawthorne and what's the other one? Q. Uh, go f- Go further here. There. Oh, no, wait. Uh, Jess Wilson is back ahead now, uh, so... But Hawthorne is is uh, John Prosciutto having another crack there. It's held by the Labour uh, 
70 uh, something MP, uh, John Kennedy. I mean, how's the AFL winning Ivanhoe? That's a very wealthy suburb. Unbelievable. Anyway. Okay. Well, I'll say my goodbyes. Carry Bye. on. Thank you uh, for joining us for your on, insight. On the show. And okay. uh, I'm Thanks sure that we can read your uh, post mortem. You write for the Spectator and on your own website, Regulation Economics, as well. Good. Thanks, Tim, Damien, Richard, and everyone listening. Thank Sad, Sad day, but it's an unexpected day. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. We'll take our medicine. Take our medicine. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. 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 All right. Um, shall we? What is that? Day? Let's 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 play that clip of a uh, Dan Andrews getting uh, heckled at the the synagogue, and then coupled with what he put the Jewish community through uh, in 2021. <laughs> can't stop laughing with that video no it's a great one isn't it? and uh, uh i know that it's it's totally bizarre that there's so many uh jewish voters voting for the the labor party and the 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 teals oh, really? as well but right. one really, of the, the 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 most uh anti-dan uh jewish activist has been uh, mokohem uh, Weichheimer. And it looks like so far that in, in Caulfield, uh, which is, I think has the highest concentration of, of Jews in Victoria, uh, it's, uh, still, uh, too close to call, uh, early on. That's held by liberal deputy, uh, David Caulfield, Southwick. Yes. That's their territory. There it is. Uh, it's got a teal, uh, independent there, uh, nominee Kaltman, who isn't going to win, only got 8%, uh, so it's going to be between Liberal and Labor. Hmm. It's looking strong Liberal. They've, 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 they've chosen well, based. I'd like to say the seat of Caulfield is very based. If only we had that all across the state, you know, we'd, we would have won. Uh, now, uh, remember, we are on Entropy, uh, where you can send through a super chat uh, to support uh, this stream and other unshackled 
Productions. Uh, so we've got other panelists coming up uh, tonight. Uh, so uh, there's and there's a whole lot of uh, results to to come in as well. Uh, there's a super chat here. Uh, here's Taylor for five Australian dollars. It's a question for Richard. Uh, do you think Assange would have withheld a data leak on Trump if he had it? I don't think Assange's Clinton leaks were politically motivated, just honest journalism. Thank you, uh, Piers, for the super chat and the five dollars. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, you know, I, I think uh, that. Um, you know, Assange tends to dump what he receives um, and that he probably got a lot, of, you know, obviously, you know, it was a bit of a leaky ship at the Hillary Clinton campaign. You know, there was that guy, you know, it was Frank Rich, who apparently leaked uh, this stuff to uh, WikiLeaks. Um, Assange all but said that. And then, of course, he died mysteriously, which is, again, one of the many people that have died mysteriously around the Clinton campaign. And, um, you know, there's a whole lot of them. It's not just one or two people, as we all know. And um, so, yeah, um, you know, yeah, sure. Um, uh, maybe the, the Trump campaign ran a tighter ship. Um, I don't think Trump uses email or something. Um, he reads them, but he doesn't use them. So that might change the kind of, you know, communications that could be leaked. Uh, and, you know, if it's only his advisors, it doesn't technically come from him. So maybe that's an interesting Trump strategy. But, yeah, he, he may well have. Um, but surely um, Assange would have known leaking those documents a couple of weeks before the election was going to have a political effect and that he was happy to do that. But, you know, I mean, as you say, maybe he, he I mean, look, I'm a huge fan of Julian Assange. You know, I don't necessarily think he, he was being biased because, you know, he leaked all over George W. Bush, but he, he seems, he does seem to leak on globalists more than, you know, what you call anti-globalists. Here we go. Logan. Hello. Hello. Logan uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, so Thank you. You, uh, Logan, is a proud uh, Australian and also a young dad as well. Uh, but he, you were fortunate during lockdown. You were still able to work. Yeah, well, I was doing. Um, so during lockdown, I was doing more warehousing and that kind of stuff. Um, and then a few lockdowns later, I was in traffic. So um, I think it was the last lockdown I was in traffic and that was, that, that's fine. I'm still in traffic now, but I'm switching over to working in the store really soon. Hopefully, so yeah. Still, I think it's, it's, it's still too early to call conclusively. Uh, Alan Moran, he was pretty sort of, uh, he believes that uh, Dan is, well, the Labor Party is going to be returned. Uh, Piers Taylor is providing updates in the, in the, in the chat. Uh, this is the, the, so far with 8.5% uh, counted, the, the Labor primary vote is, is down. Uh, so is the 8.4%. So is the Liberal vote 2.3%, but national vote is 3.7. So probably the rural uh, results there. So the Greens have gained two, Labor lost two, Liberal lost one, Nationals one, uh, gained one. Uh, we haven't got anything, I don't think, for the Legislative Council uh, yet. Well, um, I, I don't think that Anthony Green is going to start calculating until, what is that, uh, there's 5% uh, uh, of 
uh, of the of the vote is counted. It's still very early in the evening, isn't it, Jim? Very early in the evening. Um, obviously, there's still going to be some upset in a few places, but you know, fairly does look like uh, you know, dear dictator Dan will be returned. You know, and he'll this is his will this be his third or fourth uh, you know regime? Third, third, and if he if he makes it to uh, what is that uh, Easter East, Easter next year? He'll get a bronze statue of himself uh, outside. Well, well that's actually quite fitting. That's quite fitting. Yes, and, it should be in the yeah, Chairman Mao's style. Yeah, and, you know, not that not that I'm you know going to be inciting anything, but I'm sure that that statue will be vandalised repeatedly. Never, never. <laughs> Everyone loves Dan, don't you know? <laughs> Kesho says, uh, uh, some say Anthony Green only reaches as high as Tim's knees. Oh, no, I've never met him in person. Is he short? Senator Slayer asked, who's that hippie that just joined the, uh, the, the stream? There's a, there's a, you, you, sh you showed there the United Australia Party shirt. So is that who you voted for? I thought you, voted, you were going to vote for the... The, well, the Jack actually, Daniels party. You're voting for the Jack Daniels party. Uh, look, uh, that, that'd be great. Um, no, actually, I voted for the Freedom Party. Uh, oh, sorry, Mother yeah, Nature. I can hear quite much there. So, can you hear me now? Yeah, we can. There's just a lot of interference there. Yeah, super fucking rain decided to come down now. Um, so, I voted for. Let me take you inside with me, eh? Go on with your conversation. I'll just, I'll just uh, remove you for a moment while you get that sorted out. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to get going soon too, mate. So I'll leave you, uh, you know, in the capable hands of the other three guests, uh, Damien and our new friend Logan. So um, I think, yeah, look, it's not, not looking too good, but it is early days. There still could be an upset in, in Daniel Andrews' own electorate. You know, we could hope for a miracle there. And that's the best we can do, isn't it? You know, because... Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in my local election, a lot of people are still voting Labor, you know, which is terrible. And um, a lot of young people were just, they just had the Greens. They just grabbed the Greens, you know, because obviously they've been convinced by, uh, you know, a puppet like uh, Greta Thunberg that, I mean, the idea that, you know, the Victorian government can do anything that can affect global temperature is, is patently ridiculous. And the same with the Australian government. There's nothing we could do, if even if this crisis was real, which it isn't. Or it's, it's I believe it's... It's lightly real, like it's a problem in 200 years, climate change. But they're hysterizing it so that it's a problem in, I say it's a problem in 20 years and we've got to, you know, change everything about the way we live and build all these renewables, blah, 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 all this kind of rubbish. Anyway, eat the bugs. And eat the bugs, of course. I, I mean, you know, Klaus Rock will be very disappointed if we don't eat the bugs. <laughs> so I'll be keeping an eye on it all evening, but uh, I've got a few things to do tonight. So talking to you, gentlemen, have a great night. And thank you, Tim, for the invite to come on the show. And uh, all the Unshackled Watchers, come along next week to the Melbourne Underground Film Festival, Freedom Festival, lots of freedom documentaries, conspiracy stuff, all kinds of interesting things, including the normal selection of shorts and features that we play that support Aussie cinema, mate, because we're a nationalist film festival. There it is, ladies and germs. See ya. 
See you, Richard. Thank you. And uh, while we're just waiting for, for Logan there, we might uh, play another uh, montage. Uh, let's uh, relive uh, the, uh, the, the, the time uh, when, uh, well, uh, Dan Stairfall, which uh, was, uh, there was lots of rumours about what really happened and uh, all of us here were glad that he suffered extreme pain um and i think a lot uh were upset that he didn't die or uh <laughs> come back as as premier uh, so i've put this this compilation uh from some of our our funniest a uh, victorian satirists uh, so i'll play that and uh logan will rejoin us As I'm coming back to work, uh, I thought it was appropriate to update you on where things are at, but also to tell you a bit more about my story, our story, of these last few months. We've been down the beach uh, having a family weekend. It was a bit of a, a bit of a chance to have some time together and to make up for the fact that summer had been really busy and a holiday that had been planned hadn't happened. And I'm making my way to the car to head off to work, and uh, it had been raining. I'm not sure it was raining at the time, but it had been raining. As I put my foot onto the first step, I knew I was in trouble. I didn't really connect with the step, it just slid straight off. I became airborne almost, so I'm uh, horizontal with the step, and then all I could hear was just this almighty crunch. And that's when I knew. I knew that and when I heard the crunch, I thought, that's, this is serious, we're in trouble here. Can any of you tell me what the point of this story is? Oh, I genuinely don't know. I genuinely don't know what the point of this story is. Can any of you explain it to me? Seems to be a yes. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know. What you're going to interview the stairs next? Like, people can go as low as they want. I'm not coming there with them. And I'm making my way to the car to head off to work. And uh, it had been raining. And I'm making my way to the car to head off to work. And uh, it had been raining. I'm not sure it was raining at the time, but it had been raining. As I put my foot onto the first step, I knew I was in trouble. I didn't really connect with the step, it just slid straight off. I became airborne almost, so I'm uh, horizontal with the step, and then all I could hear was just this almighty crunch. And that's when I knew. I knew that, and when I heard the crunch, I thought, that's, this is serious, we're in trouble here. Kath must have heard me sort of groaning in pain. I couldn't yell out. She comes and finds me a few moments later. It felt like an eternity because I couldn't breathe. I could only there's no shallow breaths in and out. Everyone right to go? <laughs> That's just not fair. <laughs> Who, whose was the the best uh mashup satire there was it danger dan andrews who, he's he's the crudest one and or was it ruckshans who he 
created like an actual a a graphical reenactment of Dan falling down. What we learned were only two steps uh, outside. That's what nearly killed him. Or was it uh, the I don't know who made the one where uh, Dan Andrews' head was uh, photoshopped on Peter Griffin falling down the stairs? You'll you might have noticed that in the the Family Guy. Uh, one that on the the stairs are uh, a photo of Lindsay Fox and there's also a photo of Dan Andrews marrying the the PR guy and there's also a photo uh, of uh, Luke Cornelius the assistant uh, police uh, commissioner and also Jenny McCarcross as as well oh we've got Dan Andrews in the chat who says I fell down the stairs and I'm still your your dictator for life. <laughs> mm. Thanks for tuning in uh, to us uh, for, uh, to our stream, Dan Andrews. I love Rookshans. I mean, that was just epic. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. The sound effects made it. That was great. <laughs> yes, and yeah, like we're all in agreement here that uh, we thought it was hilarious that he fell down the stairs, broke his his his, his back. And uh, it was an extreme pain for so long. I actually, um, there's something up with left-wing politicians and stairs because Dan Andrews can't walk downstairs and Joe Biden can't walk upstairs. Yes, he fell up the stairs. And also there was, a, wow. there was another uh, dictator who took a tumble and uh, that was uh, Fidel Castro. Uh, when he fell, he, he, he fell from a podium during a, a rally and broke his arm. <laughs> and the the, uh, the Bush administration at the time said uh, we'd been looking forward uh, to Fidel Castro's fall for years. You know what? Any um, what any what was it, say, conservative politician that wants to run for office, their motto should be like, I can handle stairs. That should just be it. Because that's, the, you know, they've got a one-up on all these left-wing politicians. Uh, we have got a, a some results trickling in from Mulgrave. Uh, so I'll just go down to Ooh. them now. And no, wait, sorry, that's that's Melton, not Melgrave. I'll make sure that I've got it before I. And uh, so I'll bring it up on the screen now. And this is uh, with 3.7% of the vote counted. And so it has Dan Andrews ahead, two party preferred against the Liberal candidate, Michael Pastroni, 30.6%. And apparently Dan Andrews has only had a 3.1% swing against him. Ian Cook is only on seven, 17.7%. Uh, most of his vote has come from the Liberal Michael Pastroni on 11.9%. The Freedom Party candidate Aidan McLinton is on 2.2%. And uh, Howard Lee, uh, the Kim Jong-un impersonator who I interviewed mm -hmm. on Thursday, is on 0.2%. Kesho is saying, I hope uh, Dan wins. Uh, why do you wish that, Kesho? Please explain. <laughs> Stockholm syndrome, I'm guessing. That's probably the big one. When you fall in love with your abuser. 
I mean, it's still a, like a, like we're only getting Mulgrave results now. Like, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's just after 8 p.m. Melbourne time, two hours. Like it's taken forever for these results to come in. So the thing is, my thought is, right, so if Dan Andrews doesn't actually make it his premier and that kind of stuff, right, even if Labor switched who was running for that position, um, there's always going to be someone, you know, like him in that party and to have that kind of support. It's like he wasn't the only person that played support himself. I mean, there's always going to be some other, another Dan Andrews, essentially. So it's it's not, I don't think it's a Dan Andrews problem. It's a Labor problem because they have these kind of people in there. Uh, at the at the moment, the the two party preferred results uh, look like the final news polls. So Labor, fifty four point eight percent coalition, forty five point two percent, still only ten percent counted. And this is all on the day votes. I'm not sure if they've counted the the early votes yet. Well, I've already early. I just um, I, mean, I was just going to. I was just going to make a quick note. I've just seen um, just in the background that we're actually doing the Cedar Mulgrave on the ABC and um, a Anthony Green actually um, scrolled down the list of independents just to make a note of the Kim, Kim Jong-un impersonator, just to make a note of it. Well, what I, what I was going to do was a bit of a laugh, um, was I was going to, uh, as a joke, volunteer for to hand out things for Labor, right? And I was going to buy this costume online of Kim Jong-un and that kind of stuff. And then when they hand me the pamphlets, I was going to disappear around the corner quickly, chuck on my Kim Jong-un costume, come back out and start handing them out, going, um, you know, a vote for, vote for Labor is a vote for me, essentially, all that kind of stuff. I endorse Labor and all that. And then if they slash those off me, I was going to try and get a Labor Party flag or something that I can just wave around. So then they'd have an embarrassing time there. But I, I think the problem with that is it might be against them all. <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to find out. You, uh, Logan, during the, the, the lockdowns, uh, you, because you're a musician as well, you pinned your, your own song about Dan Andrews, Pin Dictator. Is that still online somewhere? That is, yes. It's on my channel still. On your, um, your channel YouTube is, channel? Yeah, so L-O-A-G-Z-I-E. I've got a few yeah. on there. Um, so I've got Pin Dictator, Why Is He Running Our State, um, Rumble and Tumble and Dan about how he was, you know, he couldn't get down the stairs. Oh, yes, here, here, here it is here. So, yeah, let's let's play it now because that was a, it was a good, you, you wrote it during, uh, during uh, so yeah. during the the second uh, extended lockdown, which uh, we discovered wouldn't be the 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 last, uh, so let's 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 have a listen.
Now, apparently, our audience couldn't hear it. Could you hear it? No, I, I couldn't hear a thing, man. I don't know what's going on there. I'm hearing it on my end. Yeah, yeah, it's YouTube. Know. Yeah, I could hear it on my end. I don't know what's going on there. Then. Yeah, maybe I'll 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 rip it and then play it later. Yeah, give it a go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so yeah. I, was looking, so, I think I started playing at that point in the video. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll I'll do that while uh while you and 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 Damien can can hold the fort. Uh, uh, Damien, you have any thoughts about uh, what we're seeing so far? Well, um, it's pretty sad. I mean, I actually seen um just in the background with some results coming in that there was actually a couple of seats that uh, had a swing to the ALP, and uh, there, there's not many. But there are a couple of seats that have come in that were that are liberal seats and they are having a little bit of a swing to the ALP, which is quite bizarre, I think. Well, when I was, um, which yeah, it is bizarre because well, when I went actually, I'll just tell you a bit of a story about when I went to vote just quickly. Um, so what happened was, so we got to the pre polling, and I, I'm working up around Shepparton at the moment, so. I cast my vote up there. And um, essentially what ended up happening was this uh, person that was handing out things for an independent came up to me and just going, oh, you know, would you like to, would you like to vote independent? And they don't have to vote Labour and all that kind of stuff. And I, I was like to her, okay, so what, you know, uh, what's your stance on, you know, all the restrictions and so forth that came out during COVID? And she's like, oh, you know, we, we oppose quite a few of them, all that kind of thing. And I was just like to, uh, the liberal then steps in, like the person handing out this liberal steps in and goes, no, you didn't. Like, you know, um, you, the independent didn't do that at all. Like you voted for things for Dan Andrews. And then anyway, so ended up, they almost started having an argument with each other over this. And then I just said, look, I'll ask you one thing and one thing only. How did you vote on the pandemic bill? And then she essentially just said, oh, okay, it's all good. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so she tried to present herself first up as an opposition to Dan Andrews. And then with just a few questions, um, I revealed the true colours. Well, that's the thing with the independents is that you don't know what they are, who they are, what they represent. I mean, it's very... Uh... It's very easy for them to disguise themselves and they can be everybody's friend. I mean, depending on who they see, they can basically see somebody of a certain character and say, okay, this is the way I'm going to act and what I'm going to say towards this person to try and get their vote. And it's quite easy to do that and get away with it because people, uh, with your, when you're with a party, you have a set of policies, principles, everybody knows what you represent with an independent. It's not like that. 
unless you're a well-known independent that everyone knows what you're about. But if you're not, um, you can basically be uh, everybody's person and um, get votes from all over the place, depending on what you say to who. Yeah, and um, thank you. I am. I'm guessing. No, um, so, well, that's the thing when it comes to independence. So it's very murky waters because you don't know what lies beneath the surface. So you ha all you have is a face and a name. Like, that's it. Like, you know, you're not writing on any of the boards what your policies are or anything like that. You know, so people don't know. And that's, I think, what kind of screwed us when it came to the federal election. Because, um, sadly, because the whole thing was put the majors last. But then above the majors, people were putting these teals. And then the teals ended up, um, you know, winning a few seats. And they ended up being, um, you know, labour aligned essentially, and falling in with the same values as Labor. So that kind of screwed us there. But now at least we know to watch out for independence because not all of them, you know, even though they're independent, not all of them want us to be independent, mm. if I put it that way. Yeah. 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 No, it's... um The, uh, the other observation... Oh, what's up? What's up? Oh, you keep going, Logan. You keep going. The other observation I had was the cult of Dan's has just completely, they are completely delusional at this point. Um, yeah, so I've gone through, um, you know, when all the protests were going on, and I go through the comments section, and you have people commenting the most disgusting things there about what should happen to the people who are marching. You know, someone um, said, oh, you know, you should have a sniper um, up on a tower taking them out. Um, you had other people going, uh, and this is when I posted a video on TikTok, which I got, well, which I got banned from, anyways. Um, I posted a video on there, and then you had people coming along, turning around, going, saying things like, you know, I can't wait to load all you on back, you know, all you unvaccinated onto cattle cars on the trains. I'm thinking, so these people are just going to say the most disgusting things and present themselves as murderers, really, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it was totally disgusting. Uh, what uh, particularly the "I stand with Dan" people said on Twitter about those protesting for freedom, or who just opposed Dan Andrews lockdowns. Uh, what is that? Uh, the PR guy seventeen called those who disagreed with uh, Dan Andrews's lockdown policies, pandemic response as traitors. So I'm pretty sure that you know anyone that opposed Joseph Stalin or anyone like that was also considered a traitor. Yeah. So that um, the, um, the other one, the cold Dan is it's actually like as stupid as they are, they're sadly a rather powerful force because um, this ABC presenter, um, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but um, the the Dan fans were essentially saying things like this ABC presenter should be fired from his job and they're really pushing for it because he asked Dan Andrews a couple of tough questions. So it and it forced him to apologize for asking Dan Andrews questions that need to be asked because they don't want anything asked around um you know the pandemic and the way he handled it and all that kind of stuff. Um they just want you know piss easy um quick questions to be asked that Andrews can just easily answer. But, you know, 
we're about to make, well, we have made at this point the most important decision in Victoria's history. So if you can't ask, um, you know, people that are going to be representing you questions, then there's a real problem with our democracy. All right, uh, Logan, I've got your uh, upload, up, uh, downloaded your video. So hopefully our audience will, will hear this now. And yeah, they'll let us know if they can't hear. Let me tell you a story about a man who had the smallest dick in the land. We all called him Premier. But his real name is Benedict Dan. Poor old sod, he's a bloody prick. Takes him more than an hour to find his stick. And that's because Mr. Andrews has a microscopic Benedict. Oh, Benedict Dan, Benedict Dan, the smallest todger in the land. He's the Pindictator. Bigger than a grain of sand Everyone feels sorry for Pindic Dan His wife is unsatisfied With the size of Dan's todger And whenever Dan's at work She's in bed with Roger He put us all in lockdown Compensate for size Whenever he finds his Pindic He just hangs his head and cries Oh Pindic Dan Pindic Dan The smallest Todger in the Land He's the Pindictator He's no bigger than a grain of sand Everyone feels Sorry for Pindic Dan Shown the police commissioner, shown the minister for health, but the little bugger can't be found, as the freak is good at stealth. Now I feel for the pin dictator who hasn't given up his quest to find that micro bugger. This is Dan's hardest test. Oh, pin dick Dan, pin dick Dan, the smallest torture in the land. He's the pin dictator, it's no bigger than a grain of sand. Everyone feels sorry for Pin Dick Dan. This bugger's our premier, and his real name is Pin Dick Dan. Yeah, that was better audio. Yeah. yeah. I finally got it. Yeah, yeah no, um one of this yeah, one of my Probably one of the best songs I've made so far. I've made a few others too, but yeah, that was the first one I ever made for of the members. And you wore a mask uh, uh, for part of that video because uh, back at that time, in the middle of 2020, Victoria Police were in the the bushes ready to to choke anyone whose mask uh, slipped out in public. Well, actually, the reason, one of the other reasons I decided to wear that was because I was still getting, I was still re relatively new to editing my videos. And it would kind of look a bit silly if the words I was singing weren't syncing up to the video of me 
<laughs> my mouth movement. But um, basically, yeah, that's that's pretty much the only reason I wore the mask. Like um, in the in the second song I done, why is it running? I said I didn't wear one, and the other two that I done after that, I didn't even do a video for because I just couldn't find the time. And I, yeah, I don't know, but um, yeah, there's yeah the, the third one was I will be the pin dictator, so it's all about him making a pledge to himself as a young kid that he'll um, become a dictator of Victoria. And yeah, the last one was about him tumbling down the stairs. Okay, breaking news is that uh, Sky News has uh, projected that Dan Andrews will win a third term, uh, which means I also think that they've projected that uh, Dan Andrews will retain Mulgrave. Uh, I'm not sure if Anthony Green has called it yet. I, this is an update. I'll just bring up the. Well, I've got too many tabs open. Open, open now. Uh, the 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 live results here. Uh, Anthony Green, who's covered uh, every election uh, si uh, since 1993 federal election on air. So ALP projected to win 39, Liberal 11, Nationals 8, the Greens 4. Let's go to the party total. So, yeah, a two-party preferred so far. It's exactly the same as the news poll, 54.5%. Labor, 45.5% for the coalition. And so far, there's a 7.7% swing against Labor, a 2% swing against the Liberals, 2.5% to swing to the Nationals, 1.8% swing to the Greens, and others 5.5%. Uh, let's play another one of your, your songs, which I, I downloaded uh, as well. Uh, why is he running our state? Well, he's going to be running this state now uh, for the next four years uh, if he if he wants to uh, so and back in in 2020 yeah uh, on, on a positive note um i'm you know at least it'll provide me more material to write about <laughs> yes yes and and danger dan andrews and and uh real rakshan i mean he's he's inspired people in in the the way that we've you know, learnt to hate him so much. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely has. But, um... I've never seen anyone so useless, never seen anyone so dumb, anyone as stupid as Andrews, the idiot probably sucks his thumb. He probably tried to kiss a piranha, stick his head into a beehive, Get drunk at the bar, get into his car, find a septic tank and take a dive. Oh, he couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery, wouldn't know how to run a bath. Couldn't organise a root in a brothel, probably stand at funerals and just laugh. Wouldn't know how to spell the word late, wouldn't know how to open a gate. And this leaves me wondering, why is he running our state? He's 
just a failed dictator Looks like a chronic masturbator Has the intellect of a potato His head is as empty as a crater The lights are on but no one is home He looks like a fat garden gnome His ears are too big, Luke Cornelius is a pig His skull is just an empty dome Organise a piss up in a brewery, wouldn't know how to ride a bath, couldn't organise a root in a broth, or probably stand at funerals and just laugh, wouldn't know how to spell a word late, wouldn't know how to open a gate, and this leaves me wondering why is he running our state? This is Daniel Andrews, an idiot with no clue. He's running now, stay into the ground. What's the next untrick he'll do? Oh, he couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery. Wouldn't know how to run a bath. Couldn't organise a root in a brothel Probably stand at funerals and just laugh Wouldn't know how to spell the word late Wouldn't know how to open a gate And this leaves me wondering Why is he running our state? And this leaves me wondering Why is he running our state? Tim's gone. Tim? Tim, and uh, Damien, your mic's muted if you can't talk. There you go. Back here, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Great great music, yeah, mate. Definitely. Love thank it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing my um, sort of best there. I've, <laughs> but um, all I can really hope for is, even if he does win, that we get the people we want into the upper house because they're the real decision makers. So anything that he wants to get past has to go through them. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, we can only hope. Yeah. But we'll see if he's done any silly things with the other house too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can only hope that, that we do end up getting some people uh, decent in the upper house. I mean, um, it'll be very, like, it might take a little bit of time to get a bit of an idea on how that's going to pan out. But, I mean, really, um, when, when you when you see results like this, and when you see like somebody as polarizing as um, as tyrannical as um, as this bloke here still get reelected, there's no doubt that when you hear a lot of people utter the phrase that there's no political solution, I mean, you, you sort of, I mean, you want to remain hopeful, but then when you see these kind of results, it sort of makes you think, well, these people might have a point. And I mean, we don't want to be negative here, but I mean, when someone this bad gets re-elected, it's just absolutely nuts. It just doesn't make sense at all. I mean, we really do need to, um, I mean, not only, I mean, when it comes to campaigning, but I mean, we really need to change the culture on the ground. And I mean, the, the what they've been able to do over the years uh, infiltrating institutions. I mean, really getting to the young, which they know on that they know that the youth definitely hold the key there. I mean, if they get to them young, they can definitely transform their minds. 
and um, also that's why they also go for um, mass migration as well because it's very simple to um, new people coming in, getting them in, make sure that they believe what we want to believe, get more voters on side. And it's just one of those things that we just got to work out how it is that we can connect to the people to try and get them ideologically thinking the way that um, that we do, which we believe obviously is the way that we should be running our states and country. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, when, when they bring in, because I, I call them you know, imported votes essentially, when you think of it, because that's sort of why Labor wants to keep the borders open to just let mm. people you know, because they know that they can get to them yeah. uh, easily. Because, you know, as soon as one of us turn up and say to them, hey, well, we don't believe in illegal immigration, mm. then that's uh, that's it. We've lost it at that point immediately. So um, I guess at this point, I, I, I guess it's more about changing the culture on the street, at street mm. level. What yeah. happens is level affects what happens at parliament level and um it's just but it, it is kind of at the same time a bit disheartening to think that what we went through for the last couple of years uh it's seen i feel like victoria has just developed the case of amnesia really when you think of it so many people have lost so much stuff and you have people that say they'd never vote for andrews again probably voting for andrews again because he starts you know, how much stuff is he promising um, in weeks coming up to the election? You know, or, you know, how about some free Tinder? How about, you know, free this, free that, free tampon? Yep. Um, you know, a whole bunch of free stuff. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. If if Andrew's made the promise that he's going to, you know, Australia over to, I don't know, some pathway, they'd probably still believe him and elect him for whatever reason, you know, because there's what he's kind of done over these last two years is sort of side effect of the lockdowns is he's created himself as the only solution, you know, the uh, only one that can save everyone from their problems, which is a very dictatorial thing to do. So, um, you know, you know, like old words, like, you know, you create the problem and present yourself as a solution. Well, that's sort of what he's done here, really, when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, when you were mentioning the the amount of freebies and um, that have been thrown around, and I mean that's from all of the parties. I mean that that's basically the, their mentality is for us to attract voters, we just have to throw money out there at everybody to win votes. And I mean, I've I've actually noticed um, a lot of the the policies that have been coming up from the parties because obviously being interstate, I haven't had a lot of. Um, um, when it comes to the the information coming through about the election campaign, there really isn't that much um, attention to it over here. But from what I have seen, and I mean, even um, I mean the amount of uh, money the Labor's throwing, and then the Liberals in response, rather than trying to be the grown-ups in the room, they're actually trying to somehow compete with Labor. And the Liberals are coming out saying, "Oh yeah, okay, well um, we're gonna we're gonna provide free lunches to all school students." I mean, that, that's just that just absolute nuts. I mean, really, I, I just, I mean, I'm all about, I, I am old school. I'm all about, you know, nationalizing assets and, you know, and I'm not your typical uh, libertarian kind of um, think tank person in that regards. But when it comes to issues like that, I mean, giving away school lunches, I mean, you know, free tampons, like you said, I mean, that that is just crazy. And it, it just, if the voter is that simpleton in thinking, okay, what is this person going to give me in handouts? then we've basically 
lost the battle here. I mean, there's just it's going to be very hard to come back from this. I mean, if that's just how narrow-minded the voter is, rather than thinking of the reality of, okay, what is in the best interest of the state in the country? What can we do to make this place best or better? And all they're thinking about is their selfish um, narrow-mindedness Oh, what, what's this person going to give me? What's this person going to give me in uh, in financial uh, handouts, in um, all sorts of freebies, like um, in regards to schooling or, or health or anything like that, like things that aren't even, I mean, we're not even talking here on like Medicare and like things of input. We're, we're talking about like just, you know, crazy things like 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 I just mentioned. And not not to mention, I mean, it is, I, I don't know how it is in Victoria, but have you noticed that ever since Albanese federally has come into parliament um, or into power, should I say, that Medicare has basically been eroded, like the bulk billing just doesn't seem to exist anymore and nobody is saying anything. I mean, under a Labor government, Medicare, nobody bulk bills anymore. You know, you have to pay, you know, $50, $60, $70 or something to go for an appointment with a GP. And this is happening under Labor. The Liberal Party massive uproar years ago when they were trying to bring in a $5, you know, um, standard charge of fee, you know, uproar of it, fair enough. But then Labor basically erodes Medicare behind the scenes. No one says nothing. Media attention, nothing. I mean, it's just, you know, what do, what do you say about that? I mean, like, I mean, this is basically a lot of oldies especially are like, I'm voting Labor because of Medicare. That is the number one issue why they consider themselves Labor people. And now that issue is out the door. Labor no longer represents Medicare. And they're still, I mean, a lot of people don't even notice these things. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time. I have heard a lot of, uh, a few people say to me, oh, yeah, you know, it's costing me money to go see the doctor now. What's going on? And all my response is, well, this happened under the Labor Party. What happened there? You know, and then they're like, oh, yeah, aren't they the party that support? And this is how you're supposed to really, I mean, show people that what they think the parties are representing um, traditionally aren't the case anymore in 2022. I mean, um, there's just been so many changes occur and it's just not the way that it used to be. And people have to get their head around it and they have to stop voting just because their fathers and grandfathers voted that way. Um, and how do we make sure that people are more open-minded and actually vote based on the issues um, and not necessarily what's going to cater to them, but what they think is best for the country and the state as a whole. Yeah. It, what it reminds me of, because, you know, Labor being the, oh, we're the Medicare party, you know, what kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and how they're changing everything around now and no one's saying anything. It reminds me of Animal Farm, uh, that uh, novel by George Orwell, where, um, the pigs are changing the seven um, command, not commandments, like the seven, uh, whatever it is, the, the way they live their life kind of stuff. They kept changing it, you know, to suit them. And even though people, like even though the animals knew about what what was actually meant to be what the uh, what the original pig that died um, was saying, right? And the very start at the end of their little revolution, right? Hmm. They these pigs kept changing the um changing the what was written on the bar and no one said anything. They just believed, oh yeah, it must have been like that always, anyways. You know, and they they still don't believe that the 
and what the revolution was fighting for was actually being carried through. Um, but they didn't realise, you know, either through ignorance or just, you know, gaslighting, that mm. it was the goalposts were essentially being moved the entire time. And what was acceptable yesterday is not acceptable today, except for if it's done by pigs. And then it finally gets to the point where it's like, you know, some all animals are created equal, but some are more equal than others. And um, sadly, these animals, you know, wake up and realise what was actually happening. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I think um, the problem is that people treat politics and political parties as they do sporting teams. Loyalty, rather than loyalty to an ideology and a set of principles, they are loyal to a brand. And that is the problem, and that's what's destroying the country right now. I mean, we we have people that are red or blue, that's it. You'll never change them. It doesn't matter. I mean, as soon as I've seen, for instance, um, the um, same-sex marriage debate happening, I automatically thought to myself, you know what, all of those old ethnics especially, they're going to turn on the Labor Party hard, man. They, they're definitely against that stuff. There's no way that they're going to vote for Labor again. And they voted for Labor again. And I thought to myself, what is going on here? I mean, this is something that they would be so, and I mean, it even showed. I mean, in their seats, you know, Labor seats were more against same-sex marriage than the Liberal seats. It definitely showed. And you're thinking, what, what's in the mind of this person? I mean, are these people just not switched on, engaged in the debate and seeing what's going on and choose to lock themselves out of it um, and just vote because they think that um, the Labor man is the, the working class party, the Labor Party. But um, at the same time, you know, the, the loyalty to the brand, I mean, as soon as I saw parties swapping over and changing, that's where my vote started changing. I mean... I see myself someone as, that, that as a teenager was inclined to be voting Labor, but that very much changed as I become an adult and I started to understand how it all worked. I saw shifts in the party going really progressive, left-wing, things that never really happened back then. I mean, in the Labor Party, even 20 years ago, there was no you know, um, talks on abortion, same-sex marriage. It was very much not even in the debate. I mean, it was very much, you know, just working based, so forth. I mean, and you think, oh, well, I'm going to vote for them because they represent my um, my my status as a, a working class person. And then I see changes occurring. And then I thought, well, that party doesn't represent me anymore. My shift or my vote is going to shift over to parties that do. And I made that change, but a lot of people don't make that change. And they just say, well, yeah, you know, they're all the same or something like that. Just a really nonsensical kind of um, opinion that means nothing. Um, and, you know, I mean, really, like, as bad as the Liberal Party is, I mean, they're even more, in a way, representative of what Labor voters used to be than Labor Party is. I mean, that's how much the Labor Party has shifted. But, I mean, when it comes to, say, the Liberal Party in Victoria... What are your thoughts on what they need to do in order to be in a position where they can one day um, win government again? I mean, um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a, that's a hard question because I don't know if it's so much what the Liberal Party can do, but what the people are willing to do. Mm. You know, the Party can literally sit there and go, all right, we're all for refugees, we're all for, you know, 
all this kind of stuff. And people will still, you know, if the roles were reversed, even, you know, where Labor became the Conservative Party and the Liberals became the Socialist Party, mm. um, they still have their same supporters for the most part because, like you said before, it's, it's sort of like a, it's like their favourite sporting team or something like that, you know, and um, they've become loyal, essentially, as you said, to the brand and not what they believe. And basically, I think it's, you know, just, you know, what I do this every four years, you know, I should change it. Yeah, like, set the, you know, I accept the blue flyer or the red flyer mm-hmm. and, you know, that's never going to change irrespective of what happens. Mm-hmm. And my vote always changes with the political climate. Yeah. If I find someone that aligns with my views, I'll vote for them. Because federal election, I voted for the United Australia Party. This election, I voted for the Freedom Party. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the couple of elections before that, I was voting Liberal, but that was when I was sort of just learning about how everything functions hmm. um, with respect to, uh, you know, government, that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's just got now to a point where people are that blindly... Um, supportive of just, you know, whoever they've been voting for, whoever their parents voted for the last, you know, 30, 40 years. And it's kind of sad because um, I think it was Socrates that uh, made a bit of an observation about democracy, and I kind of believe him in this. Like, I'm still a supporter of democracy, but at the same time, like, he made a great idea of this. It's like, you know, um, say you have a ship. I think it was Socrates, I can't remember who it was. So you say, so you, you know, you have a ship. Um, now, usually you would have a captain of the ship or a pilot or whatever, um, you know, guiding the ship through waters. And everyone does what he says because he's the one that's moving the ship um, where the ship needs to go. You know, you have the person with the map, you have the guy steering it. And now, if that ship was a democracy, because you'd kind of call that a dictatorship in a way, if you think that, a dictatorship. Um, but uh, if the ship was now run under the um, the laws of democracy, it'd be more of a situation that everyone is trying to steer the ship airway, and you have a whole bunch of people going, "No, I'll steer it. No, I'll steer it." And then they're all grouping at the wheel, and you know, yeah. eventually it's just going to lead to destruction. But um, essentially, uh, that's sort of um, what's I guess happening. At this time, um, but now instead of people actually wanting to steer the ship somewhere good, they'll just steer it where the, their party wants it to go. And um, it's, you know, it, I feel a bit annoyed that um, some people that you know a don't care about it and still vote anyways. Um, people that aren't knowledgeable in politics and vote, uh, you know, their vote. Uh, matters as much as someone who's been researching everything and trying to work out what the best direction is. Yeah. And I have a bit of a controversial idea. I feel like sometimes before people vote or register the vote, they should have to undertake a basic political, um, a, a bit of a test to test their political knowledge, essentially, yeah. because it's kind of dangerous to have, you know, everyone absolutely everyone um, picking who runs the country because 
you know, you can have one um, intellectual that will make the right decision and then a thousand people that have never read a book in their life. And of course, a thousand people are going to look at one intellectual. And now, um, you know, that's guiding us down a path of destruction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I think personally, um, when it comes to the Liberal Party in Victoria, and I'm not going to have many friends in the media saying it, but them copying Labor isn't helping them at all. I mean, it, it's been proven that whenever uh, the Liberal Party go left, that they suffer defeat. They, they never win unless they are hard-lined um, conservatives. I mean, and we've seen this even federally. I mean, uh, Malcolm Turnbull like performing really poorly at elections, um, just scraping in when, when he did run um, and a landslide with um, Abbott at 2013. I mean, it, it, the media can say what they like when it comes to leaders and obviously they don't like that. They don't like those uh, people becoming um, um, the leaders of the party and, and of the country. But at the end of the day, you have to call it as you see it. And they're the type of people that end up winning for the Liberal Party. Now, I mean, I'm not a, a Liberal supporter. I'm not a Labor supporter. It doesn't really matter, but I'm just calling as, a, as I see it for the particular parties. And what is best for them is that they do turn to the right because they haven't really got anything to lose right now. I mean, what they've been doing lately hasn't worked. I mean, this time around, um, he, he was very left-leaning, uh, Matthew Guy, I mean, he booted some people with, um, you know, conservative views out of his party, which did upset a lot of people. He um, continually said, look, you know, we're a centrist party, so forth. I mean, what they need to start doing is going further towards the right and actually getting the Labor Party, putting them on the, on the, in the situation where then they have to come closer to the centre to end up matching what the Liberal Party stands for. And I mean, this is um, something that was done quite um, quite perfectly um, years ago when, say, for instance, um, you had Howard as Prime Minister and you had Beasley as the opposition leader. Beasley, I mean, would be an absolute, you know, far-right crazy when you match it with a Labor Party person of today. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, you know, that he was definitely, you know, a, a right wing. I'm just saying that him he had to come to the centre to meet Howard, which was on the on the right, for for that um, balance. I mean, when it came to boat people and all that immigration, they had to come and say, look, you know, we have to match the Liberal Party and say not be too um, cosy up with the with the boat boat uh, boat um, the smuggling trade and so forth. We have to start to, and that's why when it comes to issues like that, the Labor Party feel threatened if they do take a left-leaning position because they do get attacked by it and the, the Liberals um, on the immigration issue just have that down pat and nailed. But on the other issues, they can't do it. I mean, it just seems that like immigration is the only sort of the, the point where they can really succeed on the Liberals, that they've really done a good job. And on all the other issues, they've just let the Labor Party take control. You know, I mean, and there's so many things that they could do to try and shift the debate, the, the the spectrum towards the right. But instead, they've gone and chased the left to try and chase those votes. People that, you like you said, are never going to vote for them. I mean, left-wing people loved Turnbull, but at the end of the day, they didn't vote for him. They said, yeah, we love that he's, the fa that he's a Liberal Party leader because we don't want conservatives representing the party. 
But at the same time, we're going to vote for the real left guy, you know, which is, you know, Labor, Greens, whatever. Even They're not going to vote for Turnbull because he's a left-leaning person because there's people that are even far left more than him that they're going to vote for. And that's why they don't win. That mentality loses elections and never wins elections. And um, they need someone, they need like a Trumpian figure. I mean, and I know that the media would would just say, yeah, you know, Victoria's a left-wing state, progressive, they're never going to accept it. But they really need someone that is populist, um, to the right, socially, uh, economically, um, like the, the sort of more left-leaning, um, populist, kind of nationalist, sort of um, someone that would appeal to the left and then to the right as well, and someone with charisma, someone that is like a figure that would just, you know, not back down, just, you know, go at the media, just wouldn't give an inch. And they need someone with a, a really, you know, even a blokish kind of um, old Bob Hawke kind of attitude, but as a liberal. That's what the Liberal Party would would benefit having as a leader in Victoria. What what I um what I see the seeing now is on the on the left you what we need to have on the left essentially because it, all it is in this situation the difference is the fucking the colour that's it are you voting red are you voting blue you're just going to get the same stuff anyways but but left what we seem to have is a whole bunch of um you know. We have two major parties, Labor and Liberal, and a bunch of minor parties. And then on the right, we all just have minor parties, and then everyone just goes their own way. And that's why we don't yeah. get a proper right-wing party in, because, you know, someone's going, okay, well, I'm voting for these guys. You know, I'm going to go I'm going to go to Fraser Rainey. I'm going to go to Pauline Hanson. I'm going to go to, you know, all these other parties that yeah. have... You know, and what we need is a united party. It doesn't yeah. matter if... Um, you know, Liberal decides, you know what, we're just going to stay over here on the left. At least we have something to oppose them with because right now, no one's, none of these minor parties are getting in because everyone's just backing their own sort of parties, you know, and no one's actually going, okay, what we've got to do is we've got to turn one of the minor parties into a major party to have a fighting chance against Liberal and Labor. Mm. Yeah, there, there just is too much of a splinter of the vote. And um, like you said, I mean, we really need a, a united sort of front. I mean, when you've got a half a dozen plus of um, of uh, right-wing minor parties all competing for the votes, getting a couple of percentage points in between, it really doesn't do anything at all. You know, I mean, it, it really fails. And um, unless, like I said, like I said earlier, the Greens, I mean nothing on the left really combats what they stand for. The, the the parties are just too micro. But, I mean, on the right, there's just too many egos, too many strong, you know, um, all getting roughly the same sort of vote, a few percentages here and there, and just splintering it all up. So, I mean, that that's what we need. But we need a strong a strong leader to really combat. And, and someone with charisma, with the right ideology, um, a and I think that's what, 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 and what can they lose? I mean, at the end of the day, they've got nothing to lose right now. I mean, doing what they've done for the past few elections, the Liberal Party just have no chance. I mean, it's, it's proven. So what they should do is just, just give it a go. Like, I mean, just go against what the media suggests they should be doing and actually do um, something different, which could actually benefit themselves.
Yeah, well, I, I agree with that 100%. And then the institutions, like like the uh, person commenting suggests, is definitely, like you said, on the ground. We need uh, a culture change, a culture shift on the ground. I mean, and that's really where it's all happened over the few decades. It's been a, a really slow game that they've played, and it's been very successful. I mean, this isn't something that just happened, you know, over the last 10 years, 20 years. I mean, this is something that's happened easily within the last, you know, 50 to 60 years, like slowly degenerating into what we have now. Um, it's a slow game that's worked perfectly. And I think for us to be able to combat this, that's where it really needs to to be um, battled. I mean, politically, we're really struggling, but we can get on the street and actually talk to people and try and get our positions out there to try and get a, a bit of a difference. Just an open mind so people can hear um, many different opinions that they don't normally hear when they put on mainstream media and everyone's saying the same thing, especially regarding the, the so-called so pandemic. I mean, that really, you know, I mean, it was just the ordinary person that wasn't uh, grouped in with our type of crowd just didn't know any better because they were only hearing one side of the story. And I mean, it was perfectly executed. There was nothing that really we could do. I mean, we could obviously unite amongst our crowd of people that already knew what was going on. But with people that didn't know any better, it was very hard to convince them, like just a sole person against, you know, every voice on the media, papers, TV. I mean, how can we sound like the right ones or the ones speaking truth when we're really combating that type of force? And, you yeah. know, unfortunately, people, yeah, it, it's very difficult to, to combat that. You know, I mean, um, but that's just slowly decades past that it's just eaten away into people's minds and it's just really dumbed down the, the, the people, you know. Yeah, it has. And it's got to a point where you, your average person goes, oh, I don't care who gets in, you know, it's all the same thing and all that kind of stuff. The thing is that, what they've all they've seen is liberal and labor and they haven't seen some of these other parties that might align perfectly with their views. And if you have enough vote people, there's a chance that that minor party might turn into the next you know, proper right party. Yeah. But uh, what what's uh I'm a big firm believer in the people make the government. So it all starts with um, the people, as we were saying, uh, it all starts with street level right mm. so you change the people you change the government yeah. and uh, sadly at the moment it's an uphill battle because you just you know the seats themselves you know the the left um the leftist ideology has made its way into the media it's made its way into um you know the, the institutions like the education and uh so it's made its way into the corporate environment um you know, it's just, it's basically spread itself into all aspects of life. And um, actual proper conservatives get drowned out um, because of all the noise that they're making and all the influence that they've had. And that's, it's, that's why I reckon, yeah, um, we really need to start something from the ground up. Because you don't build a building putting the roof on first, you lay the foundation and then build upon that. And I mean, with the curriculum and considering that the last few generations have gone through this kind of slow brainwashing, 
Um, I mean, the last generation that I guess you could say were brought in times that didn't have as much of this kind of infiltration are all like in their 80s and 90s now, on nearly on their way out. So this is the problem here. I mean, once they're gone, the people that are left alive aren't going to know any better and they are going to be um, having at some point in their life this kind of brainwashing um, tactics apply to them, whether it be from TV, media, schooling, um, all those kind of things. Um, we have seen some good positive changes in Europe, but I mean, um, where another party has been able to replace the original parties. I mean, this is happening slowly, but I mean, it seems to me that the only reason why it hasn't happened yet here or, you know, is mainly because people are just not in a, a bad enough position yet. I mean, people really need to be a breaking point to be able to wake up. I mean, as soon as there's no food on the table, then that's it. We win. I mean, basically, because that's when people are going to be like, holy crap. I mean, all of a sudden, climate change, no one's going to give a shit about that. No one's going to care about LGBT. Um, no one's going to be caring about, you know, all the um, Aboriginal stuff or whatever. People are going to be thinking about what's going to put crumbs on my table. What am I? I'm going to. They're going to be in survival mode. They're going to be wanting to eat, and I don't want that to happen. But unfortunately, things have to get really bad until people wake up. And I mean, it has to be breaking point. That that's how it unfortunately works, and that's when party shifts and political ideologies start to change. Um, you know, I mean, it really needs to get bad and people have to be at a point where, you know, survival, sort of instinct survival mode, I need, I need to start to, and that's when they start thinking, okay, well, you know, I can't be, you know, continuing to following all these sort of um, ideologies and, and, and globalist kind of things. They're not actually helping me in my house. I've got bills to pay. Um, you know, the cost of living really is the, the number one issue. And yeah. unfortunately, and I, I don't want to sound, you know, um, arrogant in saying this, but people still to, have too much money and they're still living um, too comfortably to be able to change their old bad habits. And that, that's the, un, you know, that's unfortunately the truth. Yeah. By, by the time, though, that we get to the point where there's no food on the table, that's usually the time it's too late. That's usually yeah. the time where we've entered into an actual, you know, on paper, a dictatorship. And it's uh, it's just gone, it has gone haywire um, with the way everything, with the way everything is now, because I found out also, you know, even if you do what they call a junkie vote, you know, draw dicks on the ballot paper or whatever, that just goes to a party that's winning anyways. So um, every vote does count. We need to use our votes responsibly. You know, not everyone gets the right to vote, so we should really be, you know, be taking advantage of our right to vote. Um, but you know, a lot of people don't realise how lucky they are. You don't know what you got until it's gone. You know, one day you'll never be. You know, if you lose the right to vote, then you lose the right also to speak up. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's just um, we've really lost our way as a country. And it will take something, sadly, drastic. Um, before people go, oh, okay, didn't see this one coming. But um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going down a really bad path. But hopefully, we can pull ourselves out of the mud 
Um, I'm going to have to get going quickly because I've got to go and get dinner. But, um, I'll, yep. I might stay up later. Yeah, you're welcome to come back. Logan, thank you for your contributions tonight. It is 9 p.m. Melbourne time here on the Unshackled Election Night live stream where the Labor Party has been returned for a third term. And so far, Dan Andrews is ahead in his seat of Mulgrave. So I will bring up the, the current ABC projection. So ALP 49, Liberals 12, Nationals 9, Greens 5, others one uh, so the seats that are changing hands uh, so alp has won bayswater in melbourne's east glenn waverley in melbourne's southeast hastings down on the mornington peninsula with their celebrity candidate paul mercurio the nationals have won back meldura the teal independent Kate Lardner has defeated uh, Chris Crutha, former federal Liberal MP for Dunkley. The Nationals have won back Morwell. They, uh, the Liberals have won Nepean back from the Labor Party. The Greens have won back Northcote from the Labor Party. So the Extinction Rebellion supporting Campbell Gome is going to be an MP. They've also won Richmond, uh, so Gabrielle DeVitter has uh, beaten the fake Aboriginal Lauren O'Dwyer. They've also, the National Party have won back Shepparton from an independent. The seats in doubt, which you get to be called, the Greens are ahead in Albert Park. They're ahead in Bass, which is in West Gippsland. They, the Liberals are ahead in Brighton against a Teal independent. Uh, David Southwick of uh, the Deputy Liberal Leader is just ahead of the Labor candidate, Law Harrell. Uh, Cranbourne well, it says it's too early to tell, but it looks like Labor's Pauline Richards will be retained. Uh, Croydon looks like it will be retained by the Liberals. Footscray is neck and neck between Labor and the Greens. Uh, Hawthorne looks like it will be won by the Teal, Melissa Lowe. Uh, against a, a John Braschuto is trying to win it back for the Liberals. And in Q, uh, Liberal Jess Wilson is just holding on against independent so uh, Sophie Tawney. Uh, Courier Melton, still too early to call, uh, though ALP is ahead. In Mulgrave, still only 7.5% counted, uh, but Dan Andrews is ahead of Ian Cook and Michael Pastrono. Uh, obviously, Narrican, uh, there's no votes being counted. Pakenham, it's neck and neck with the ALP ahead, 15% counted. The uh, In Pasco Vale and Preston in the inner north, it's neck and neck between Labor and the Greens. And Werribee, uh, held by the Treasurer Tim Palace, it's 7.7% uh, too early to call. So the, the seats held by Dan Andrews and his Treasurer, uh, Tim Palace, they're very slow to count. Um, given that it is going to be a Labor government, I'm already planning my Dan Andrews hangover. I've got my, <laughs> my drinks ready. So I'll crack open the, the first one. I know you don't drink, Damien, so. Yeah, yeah but I, I mean, 
I'm in another state anyway, so I'm safe here. <laughs> uh, remember, if you uh, have any direct questions or super chats, uh, you can send it over to Entropy. There is a, another super chat from uh, Piers Taylor for five Australian dollars. Thank you, Piers. Thanks for the stream, Tim. We're all blackfield in the chat. How can we work our way out of this electorally leftist mm. mess? We sort of felt, even though we're not Americans, felt the same way with the non-red wave mm. in uh, the US. And does it does like do these results? signify that uh, the, the that Western voters are fine with uh, uh, drag queen story time in the public library and pubie blockers for 12 year olds it's it seems that that that's the case isn't it I mean um, it's remarkable I mean we we're really at a point where I'm sort of thinking to myself what does somebody of the left need to do? for someone to change their mind and vote the other way? Like, how bad can they possibly be? And Dan Andrews, I mean, has been so bad that I, I thought that there's very little he could do, even, even more so, that someone would not be able to change their mind on him. And, I mean, it just seems to not work. I, I just don't understand it. It uh, seems like a cult-like sort of mentality. Maybe it's a, a fashionable trend because, I mean, obviously you have all the media promoting this kind of stuff um you have um you know everybody wanting and that, that's why everybody or well, the most of people were really in support of these kind of lockdowns and restrictions and stuff because more than anything i think they just wanted to be part of the sort of team and they didn't want to feel like outcasts whether it was you know standing up for what was true and right that wasn't what was important to the average person they just wanted to be with the the team you know, and they would rather have be the ones that point the finger to someone else and say, well, look, they're the ones that are, you know, are, are crazy. Um, and I mean, that's the easy way out. It's the convenient way out, but it's definitely something that is going to bite them eventually. I mean, it's it's not something that's going to uh, do them of any benefit or, or the country of any benefit. Uh, we should also, what is that, a... Well, let our viewers know not that uh, you should leave the stream but the the socceroos are playing against uh, tunisia in the the world cup now uh must win after being convincingly beaten by france uh 4-1 and I, I i'm not sure if you're a a, a soccer fan Damien, you have uh, italian heritage italian italy didn't even make the, the world cup Yet sure, again, yeah. uh, but it's the the clash of cultures in Qatar. It seems with the the Western men's national football team wanting to, well, in their view, uh, spread human rights in Qatar and the Middle East. Well, actually, I've been watching um, a lot of the games um, at night. I, I am into the World Cup, and I've actually um, it has been a a breath of fresh air to see underdog teams actually winning games. I mean, we were, um, unfortunately, Australia didn't perform well at all against France. And I mean, they're going to have to definitely raise their game up. And Tunisia isn't going to be a team that's going to be an easy step over. I mean, they really, um, 
they are a decent team and they have to perform well against them to get that win. But it is good to see not always the same teams winning and that you are getting a, a mixture of results, a bit of a surprise because uh, it just makes things interesting and entertaining and it's not a, a little of the same thing all the time. But um, yeah, we can only hope that at least we get something of good happening tonight. Um, okay. It's definitely probably going to be better watching that than Dan Andrews' victory speech. So <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we'll just have to um, win. Old Grey first before I can get up on the podium. Yeah. True, true. Uh, Kesho says Tim likes bread and circus. So we've got to distract ourselves somehow from the daily grind, though. What is that? Uh, yes, uh, sports, uh, sport uh, domestically, uh, the, the, the major sports have become very politicized. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, even on the Qatar issue, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, first of all, they pick this nation to host the World Cup and then all of a sudden they think they can dictate this nation as to how they should live and how they should, um, um, you know, run their country. I mean, if they, they would have known that Qatar had those positions in the first place. So Well, Qatar was, bought the World Cup. It was pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, in, in saying that, I mean, it's just ridiculous seeing all these people coming out because, of, of course, it's the, the trendy thing to do and saying, oh, how terrible these human human rights abuses and all that. And it's like, just how about you focus on where you are in your own country and let them run the, the way they want it? I mean, at the end of the day, us meddling into other countries' affairs doesn't end up well. And I mean, at worst, it's cringe, at best, it's cringe, actually, and at worst, it just creates problems. So, I mean... People just need to really start um, butting out of how other nations do their activities and how they run their country and just focus on ourselves. I mean, things are becoming so globalised these days that um, all of a sudden everybody has to be the same, uh, act the same way, um, believe in the same thing. And I mean, of course, this is part of a wider agenda, but um, I think they're going to have a bit more of a, a an issue inflicting those kind of um positions on countries like Qatar rather than Western countries like ours. Yeah, I think that uh, Qatar is a, it's a, what is it, a Islamic uh, cultural laws uh, that uh, the pro probably the, the public uh, position is probably hardened uh, with these mm. Western nations telling them to change. It's probably had the opposite effect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think that people would take it kindly. Um, I don't think anyone would take kindly normally people or foreigners coming into their country and telling them how to run their affairs. So, I mean, I, I, I think it just, it, it really is just a hypocritical kind of position for, for people to take and they just need to butt out of it and, and just focus on the game for what it is. I mean, focus on the sport, get rid of the politicised um, crap out of it because, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't, it's not a good thing and it really takes away from what what it's supposed to be bringing in. It's all about the sport. It's not supposed to be about politics. So. Uh, we've got a, a another super chat from Naughty Design, a regular viewer and fan of the Unshackled. Ten Australian dollars. Sorry, I've already uh, mm. done an alcoholic burp, burp there. Shows how, what is that? Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't drink drink as much as I did back in my uni days, that's for sure. Thanks for your work, Timbo. Hang in there, peeps. It is a long 
game sort of thing. We'll be fine. Find your tribe. Surround yourself with dangerous, I think, uh, naughty design means dangerous in a good way, competent people, and buckle up. Lol. Thank you for the $10 super chat, naughty design. Um, maybe we'll break for a moment uh, for for another song. Uh, so uh, there's this uh, this song by Senator Taken Sepes. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's a very uh, potty mouth song, uh, but uh, well, we're after nine pm now, so I think we can uh, loosen our language. Uh, now, even though Dan Andrews looks like he's going to remain uh, premier. The message of this song uh, still stands very true. Obviously, the, the 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 language is quite fruity, but there's no other way to describe Dan Andrews as a fucking cunt. I've never hated <laughs> a politician more in my life than Dan Andrews. Yeah, um, would that be enough for you to maybe consider going over the border? Well, obviously, a, a lot of Victorians have already done that, but I reckon that's contributed to tonight's results. Uh, so, what is it? Day. I'll go uh, do another do another update here of the of the the party total votes. Uh, we won't do the 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 the, the seat votes. Dawn Browning says, can someone send me the, the lyrics? I think uh, there hasn't been a good a song like that since uh, Cartman's uh, Carl's Mum's a Bitch, She's the Biggest Bitch in the Whole Wide World. Because it was just that, what is that? Just that lyric over and over again. Yeah, so yeah. still only 33% counted. So Labor, 54.3%. Uh, coalition, 45.7%. So Labor's projected 48, Liberals 13, Greens 5, Nationals 9. I, why don't we have a look at the, the upper house? Uh, so because yeah. some of the 
the results, uh, they've been able to, to calculate what, because um, they've counted over 1% in some of the eight regions now. So Labor so far has 11, Liberal Party 12, uh, Darren Hinch's Justice Party has got one, the Greens two, Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party two, obviously done well with their great voting ticket preferences. Animal Justice Party are back with one and the Nationals two. Hmm. And uh, others a four. So let's see who those those others are by going into the particular results. So let's look at north northeastern metropolitan region. Uh, so it is two liberal, two labor, and one green at the moment, with only three percent counted. Let's go to eastern Victoria region. Uh, Renee Heath, she has won, so it'll be up to the new Liberal leader to decide whether she sits in the party room. Labor won, the Nationals won, Shooters, Vision and Farmers Party won, and the Legalised Cannabis Party won. Uh, so looks like we could be getting cannabis legalised in Victoria, at least there is one silver lining to this result where you can just go off to another place uh, where Dan Andrews isn't Premier. <laughs> Not enough being uh, counted in the northern metropolitan region. Uh, that's where Fiona Patton is recontesting. So hope that uh, oh, One Nation has got oh. in the in the northern Victoria region. Animal Justice Party one, Liberals and Nationals one, Labor one. Let's go to the southeastern metropolitan region. I, so two uh, Labor, two Liberal, and another legalised cannabis party. That's two. Mm. Uh, so let's go to the Southern Metropolitan Region. Uh, so two Liberal, two Labor, and one Green. The Greens only got one uh, upper house seat last time, Samantha Ratnam. Uh, they had five in 2014-18. Let's go to Western Metropolitan Region. Uh, so uh, Moira Deeming is obviously, uh, that's great that she's in for the Liberal Party. She was number one on the ticket. So it's two, two Labor, two Liberal, and another legalised cannabis. So that's three. Wow. And uh, so let's see, Western Victoria region. I So it's two Liberal, one Labor, Shooters Fishers. That's two. And uh, Darren Hinch's Justice Party, one. Hmm. Uh, so it'll be another diverse upper house in the preference lottery. I'm actually surprised uh, how well the legalised cannabis party did. They got free in. That's pretty pretty successful on their behalf. Yeah. Uh, so given that uh, Victorians have seemed to endorse uh, Dan Andrews' lockdowns, uh, mm. let's is a video by the, the Milk Bar, uh, which basically shows all of uh, Dan Andrews' tyranny over the pandemic. Melbourne was once the most livable. Sweeping new restrictions, including a nightly curfew within five kilometres of their homes, have so far taken their lives this year. Daniel Andrews. Daniel Andrews. Dan Andrews, Victorian Premier Dan Andrews. Sunday, I think, is going to be quite a nice day. Yep, at home. At home. Otherwise, 
There'll be lots of Sundays spent in hospital. But has hit fresh grim milestone. 200 days in hard lockdowns. Back to compliance. And anyone who thinks that this is over, then Victoria Police are out there. No return to face-to-face -face learning. A whole bunch of people down the Ryback Beach last night who thought the best thing to do was to go and watch the sunset. I'm sure it was a beautiful sunset. That's not in the spirit of these rules. Are you fucking serious? Walking masterless seconds before saying... I think all of us know people in our lives who are not necessarily following these rules. The community compliance is outstanding. Why do you blame Victorians? Around one in four people cannot be found at home. Instead of say acknowledging your government's failures in hotel quarantine. Oh, so that's the real question. They are choices. The Premier admitted he doesn't know who made the crucial decision to use private security in Victoria's quarantine hotel. I'm accountable for any mistakes and all mistakes. I can't specifically recall. I will be accountable for those errors. He was able to place the blame on Health Minister Jenny McCarkos. Mr McCarkos announced 4,000 extra beds. No, 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 hang on a minute. She never... No, hang on. That's, that is not what she announced. Now are we going to fund another 4,000 intensive care People, how could you listen to a little, little fucking prick? Excuse me, I'll finish. Like Danny Andrews. I've like no doubt you will finish. I've no doubt at all. In fact, I know we have avoided something altogether worse. Weeks, Lockdown if not months, of being closed. The world's longest lockdown. Touring government, without you we could not have done this. Fucking burn himself. Fucking hell, Melbourne. Dan Andrews, that's on your fucking hands, you dog. Oh, and we've got another guest. We've got uh, Margot Huss, who's who's joining us. Hello, Margot. <laughs> Come back, Margot, when you've sorted that out. <laughs> but yes, I, I mean, we, like us Victorians here, we expected Dan Andrews to, to be, uh, well, the Labour government to, to be re-elected. Um, I guess it's, it's now got to, to sink in now obviously the dan stands they'll be so you know jubilant uh you know the, the those uh crazy cookers they live in a deluded alternate universe and the herald sun's propaganda yeah. campaign against uh dan uh was a flop but i reckon the dan stands they needed this validation probably more than we wanted to see the the back of Dan because we already came in with low expectations, but they they so needed that that validation. Well, I mean, it actually when you get results like this, it does make it look like we are a fringe. I mean, and I never thought we were. I, I did think we were larger, and and that we were a, a big group of the so-called silent minority, a silent majority. Sorry, but um, it does. I mean, it, when we see results like this, I mean, we, we, we must be smaller than we think we are. We are, I just can't believe it. <laughs> we'll see if there's any more of the, the vote county in, in Mulgrave because, yeah, they seem to be, 
counting that extraordinary slow like uh, let me let me bring it up now um they've still only counted 7.5 percent why is is mulgrave like the the maripopa county of uh, of australia that uh, arizona county that took forever to count it's very odd isn't it i mean it you, you would think that by now they would have counted a lot more than that yeah I mean, mm. a, they've counted in total 36.4%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can, um, um, just, just, I was just going to say on other news, Australia has scored. So, uh, uh, scored? so yeah, they've scored. So it's 1 0 at the moment. So just. Who, uh, who's, who's, got, who's got the goal? Um, who scored it? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I don't see who it was, but um, Australia has um, gone one up um, a header in the in the goals. So just thought I'd put a little bit of good news out there for for the Blackfield people out there. I mean, it's short term, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is good news. We just hope that uh, they can stay in front uh, for the the rest of the game. I'll bring up the. I'll br I'll bring up the. The, the 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 score keep up keep up website to oh. to, to keep a keep keep a track of it we'll see who got the goal I uh, just come up I think Mitchell Duke is the person's name I, I, that, that uh, scored that goal just noticed it come up now yeah oh yes M Duke at uh, 23 minutes. So that's excellent news. And uh, so later on, it'll be France against Denmark. I mean, if we can beat Tunisia and beat Denmark, then we're into the final final 16. Yeah. I mean, even with a draw with Denmark, it might be a possibility of going through France is to beat Denmark. I mean, it's a possibility, but obviously um, the more goals we score, the better. I mean, because they did go... Um, you know, four one down in the first game. So um, even if they do draw, they do end up have, having to get a, a fair few goals at least this game and um, and performing well in the next game. So um, it's going to be neck and neck, I think. Um, obviously, the upper house results so far are calculated by group the the group voting tickets uh yeah so mm. at the last state election 10 percent of victorians votes voted below the line which mm. uh could uh change the result i uh, we shall see if this election more victorians vote below the line but it looks like in the 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 the, the preference preference lottery uh none of the the freedom parties got a a good deal um well one nation is ahead in the the northern victoria region but that's about it so far there's no liberal democrats there's no freedom party there's no united australia party angry victorians party dlp and i mean it seems like that was what um i mean the preference whisperer was pretty open in that that's what he wanted he wanted to make sure that those parties didn't get up so um I mean, yeah, he, he ended up definitely strategizing in, in a way that ensured that they got the result that they were after. Um, one thing that I was t speaking to Logan uh, earlier on, and I might um, get your opinion on, is 
where did the Liberal Party go now after this kind of results? Like, what do they do when it comes to their branding, um, the leader that they pick? Um, what kind of direction do they go in? And obviously, our view is going to be different to what the media view is going to be on it. But um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think because uh, John Prosciutto looks like he's not going to win Hawthorne, he was considered like he's a he's a, a what is it modern liberal? That's the terminology these yeah. days. Uh, so if uh, Matthew Guy, well, he has lost the election, and if uh, yeah. John Prosciutto yeah. was to win Hawthorne, which it doesn't look like he will. Uh, then uh, the consensus was that he would be the new opposition leader. Uh, he's not going to get there, so I think that the uh, the new opposition leader will be Brad, Brad Batten, who he's the shadow police uh, spokesman, is former police officer himself. He was the member for Jembrook, but he's been elected now as the member for Berwick. He is a, well, I, I wouldn't say modern liberal, but he's sort of like quite, quite centrist. He's not a, sort of, he's not a, a culture, a, a culture warrior, that's for sure. Well, none of them are, are they? <laughs> yeah, I can't think of any that, that are. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's probably one of the best options that we, we have at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> Okay, we've got a super chat from Port Film Co-op for three Australian dollars. Good to see you back in the chat, Port Film Co-op. Uh, there is no democratic solution. Democracy is fake and gay. Time for us to wake mm. up and stop wasting time. People need to disengage with the system in every way. Thanks for the super chat, uh, Port Film Co-op. But as we've seen over COVID, the system still comes to get you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that a uh, that uh, well, they're 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 now married. The the the, the freedom uh, couple, a um, uh, Rafael Fernandez and uh, Stephanie. I forget. Well, she'll be Stephanie Fernandez uh, now. I, they've set up a self sufficient farm somewhere in in New South Wales, where a uh, producing raw milk and uh, natural products. I think we're going to get more of that happening um, with people just, I think it'll come to a stage where people will see it as very difficult or even close to impossible to be able to defeat this system. And then the next step forward will be then to just run away and isolate themselves from it and um, just try and be um, creating the best world um, that they can um, for their own families and within the means that they can on a, on a farm somewhere or something like that. I mean, I know that um, no matter where you are, you, you can't, you know, perfectly hide from them. But at the, at the end of the day, we can only do our best. And um, I mean, just like people did in, um, you know, other times like the wars or the Great Depression and so forth, that people just had to put their family first and just run off to somewhere for a better life. And if that means in um, a rural area in New South Wales or wherever it be, then that's where people are going to go and, and do it. Um, I mean, it might help actually congregating with like-minded people and building communities that way. I think that's a smart thing to do. Unfortunately, we're not really um, um, well engaged or equipped and we're not doing it yet at, at this stage. I haven't really seen much of it happening, but I think people should consider um, moving to areas with like-minded people. And um, I think 
having that support is going to be very important. Um, not not only um, you know just for your own sanity, even you know. I mean, um, yeah, so that's the best way forward. I think. They're probably Asia is probably monitoring all of these uh, off the grid uh, farming uh, families yeah. uh, because yeah. That, yeah, they yeah they they they're the new extremists. Of course, of course, yeah. So Sky News now is predicting a majority Labor government. Uh, so we are still, I'll see if any more has come in from Mulgrave. Oh, they've counted a bit more, counted a bit mm. more in Mulgrave now. Uh, so let's have, a, let's have a look. So they've now counted uh, 8.7. Uh, so at the moment, Dan Andrews still above 50% primary vote, 53.2. Ian Cook, 18.1%. Michael Pastrono, 16.5%. That's only, yeah, 8.7% uh, counted. It's so weird that. That's so really slow. Slow. Yeah. I know that he'll have an army of a, a scrutineers. That's where Nick Patterson is uh, tonight. Uh, so the the Greens have gained at least two seats in the lower house. They're ahead in Albert Park, and in they're ahead in Pasco Vale. Uh, they're just behind in Preston. They haven't got, uh, and they're just behind in Footscray. So are they basically um, running most of the CBD now, or not quite yet. And the inner north as well. Like are they uh, like they're further yeah they they're in with a chance further north of Brunswick and Northcote in Preston and uh, Pasco Vale and they uh, I'll, I'll just take one of the uh, one of the seats a at at random here Pasco Pasco Vale uh, so the they're getting the Victorian socialist preferences because the Victorian socialists are polling quite well in these seats and they're preferencing the Greens, so the Liberals. So, I mean, the the Greens are just ahead of the Liberals on primary 25 to 19. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Pierce Taylor says Odyssey is pretty stable now. It's good to see that that uh, our Odyssey stream is is holding up. Uh, that still seems most most people are watching on on YouTube. Kersho says isn't Brunswick in North America? That's that's New Brunswick, uh, the state of New Brunswick in Canada. Though uh, Brunswick is it's sort of like what is it Portland or Seattle or uh, San Francisco. Uh, well, the whole of Victoria is uh, California. <laughs> but like the the inner city is one thing, but out in the suburbs, I mean, it looks like that mm. Labor is retaining the the west and the the southeast, uh, even though the growing migrant communities there. Uh, Indians, uh, Asians, Middle Eastern are uh, very conservative. Okay. I mean, I have also noticed this, and I mean, this is something that I was talking to Logan about, that 
despite uh, migrant communities being socially conservative, they do still, in um, many ways, tend to vote Labor. And I mean, um, a lot of people put it down to just the Labor Party um, give more handouts out, I mean, more welfare, and whether that's the number one issue um, driving that, I mean, it, it definitely could be. But um, they do tend to still vote that way or just with the notion that they're supposed to be more, um, look more favourable to them or take care of them more than the Liberal Party would. But I mean, um, yeah, it's just really crazy that they come here with socially conservative mindset and then vote for a party like Labor. Uh, we have got some provisional results from the Northern Metro region and Fiona Patton is ahead. Uh, so mm. she is ahead, uh, so Samantha Ratnam of the Greens, to Labor, uh, Sheena Watt, I think she's uh, Indigenous, and Enver Erdogan, which I assume is a, a Turkish-Australian uh, mm. individual, given that they've got the same surname as the Turkish president. And uh, for the Liberals, Evan Mohalahan of the IPA as well. Uh, so he is very based, so it's good to see that he'll be in the upper house. Uh, but do you reckon that uh, the, the migrant communities, they got sucked into Dan's message that the Liberals are preferencing racist Nazis, bigots, anti-Semites, women haters? Um, I don't think so. I think it's mainly based on the Labor Party being the welfare party. Um, I just, and I, I might sound bad saying it, but I just, through experience, I, I think that's what it is. I think, um, you know, Labor Party will always give me a, more more money. They'll give me a pension. They'll give me this. I mean, they can't claim the oh. Labor Party's Medicare Party anymore because, I mean, Medicare, I mean, that that's basically eroded now under Labor. I mean, it technically... I mean, it doesn't really even exist. I mean, bulk billing, you go find a bulk billing place. Now, this is something I brought up with Logan. I mean, a lot of old people were saying the reason why I vote Labor is because of Medicare. And now um, Labor Party since coming in, I mean, Medicare is, where's it to be seen? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, the Liberals, they're not going to defund health. In fact, the Liberals promised to spend more on health uh, this mm. state election. They're not going to defund the arts or multicultural grants. They're not going to do all the things that uh, the Labor Party has accused them of. What is that? They're sending text message this morning saying Labor's going to, to cut the big build. They're going to privatise the water and the sewerage, like uh, sp uh, spreading all sorts of, of scares. Mm. And that was uh, Labor's uh, election uh, slogan, Matthew Guy, the Liberal Cuts Guy. And the, and the Liberals were even going to give kids free lunches. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they were. Um, yeah, this is the thing, though. I mean, whenever the Liberals try and copy Labor, the, the voters that tend to vote Labor might think, oh, yeah, it's good that the Liberals are doing it, but they'll still vote Labor. They're not going to shift their, their, their position or, or party preference. They're still going to vote for the right or the, 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 the true legit socialism rather than the fake one. Um, they really need to differentiate themselves and, and say, well, what we've been doing in the past isn't working. We need to try something new. And I mean, like I said, if they had a, a leader leading them with a kind of Trumpian sort of style um, and, and even policy platform, I think they'd do quite well. And I, I don't care what the media says. I don't care that the media will come out and say, oh, yeah, Victoria is a left-wing state and all that. I still believe that with the um, left-leaning economic kind of policies, but with the the, the right-wing uh, conservative policies, I think 
that nationalist, the old guard kind of Labour voter would shift to someone like a Trumpian style personality with charisma rather than just uh, uh, another kind of uh, intellectual um, sort of cuck that they tend to go for in the Liberal Party. I just don't think it works and they need something new. Um, they just need to not worry about what media says they should do and just focus on doing something different. I mean, they've got nothing to lose. I mean, at the end of the day, really. Well, we don't know yet whether they'll make any gains. I mean, certainly yeah. Labor have lost seats, um, mm. but Liberals haven't necessarily won them. Nationals have won a few seats. Uh, those mm. rural independents uh, got defeated, which which was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, I, I might play uh, Dan's uh, desperate uh, Nazi slur, uh, claiming what is it? He didn't just say the Liberals were preferencing Nazis, but they were in a political partnership. Uh, so he went on about a three-day streak of just this outright misinformation slander. In their preference decisions, the Liberal Party are preferencing people who are not just anti-Semites, but they are Nazis, uh, they are racists, uh, and there is no place for the alternative government in this great state, the beacon of multiculturalism in our nation. There is no place for the alternative government of this state to be in a political partnership with people who have absolutely abhorrent views. Racists, plain and simple. And uh, I intend to make sure that uh, the Victorian community knows about that, because they're the decisions that have been made. There, there are some people involved in conspiracies and conspiracy theories in this election. The Labor Party is not one of them. Nor are we preferencing anybody who's involved in conspiracy theories and blatant racism and anti-Semitism. And we ought to stop using this neo-Nazi tag, Nazis. That's who's getting preferences from the Liberal Party and racists and conspiracy theory conspiracy theorists is the most polite way you could describe some of the people that the liberals are preferencing uh, and i intend to make sure that everyone across victoria knows about it particularly our proud multicultural communities who are so often so often the victim of appalling behavior and if you invite in a political partnership between the alternative government and extremists if you invite that into the mainstream contest uh, that's not good for anyone it's not good for anyone. We are the capital of multiculturalism in our nation. We don't tolerate multiculturalism, we celebrate it. And some of these views are just beyond the pale. It's racism, plain and simple. And we're not in a political partnership with racists. We never have been, we never will be. Uh, others cannot say that because they are preferencing them. They are preferencing them. They are in a partnership with them. And that's really, really sad. The Liberal Party are preferencing racists, they are preferencing extremists, they are preferencing you know, black-shirted uh, women-haters, they are preferencing Nazis. All of that, all of it, needs to be explained uh, by the alternative government. Matthew Guy's Liberal Party are preferencing Nazis, are preferencing extremists. The Holocaust should never be used as a casual term that will keep the Holocaust out of the public debate. The only people who ought to be apologising are these extremists and the Liberal Party who are in a political partnership with them. No desperate Daniel Andrews will say desperate things.
And now they did find uh, one anti-Semitic candidate running. That's in Nary Warren South, uh, independent Tyler Baker Pierce, who they, they, they discovered on Twitter he'd been uh, posting about Jewish influence and on his gab that there was a photo of him smiling at Auschwitz, wearing what looks like a Fraser Anning's conservative national hat with a lit emoji. So he's got 0.6% of the vote, uh, 71 votes. And uh, so Labor is going to retain that seat. There was a 2.4% swing to the Liberals. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, there's definitely... I mean, they were, they were pointing at Matthew Guy and, and the Liberal team, but there was definitely no evidence of, of anything that they suggested uh, targeting the party. I mean, um, it's just really desperation. And, I mean, when, whenever they have to come up with things like that, you definitely know they have nothing. I mean, you should really attack the, the position, the, the party positions, the policies, rather than um, just focusing on um, on, on slandering people that... In, in, in the opposite party and saying, oh, look, you know, they're this and that. I mean, there's just no, nothing there of basis. They're, I mean, they're, they've got nothing on it. Um, and I mean, I'm sure there'd be a lot of people that um, tuning in that might even say, oh, I wish it was true, <laughs> what he was saying. But I mean, it's just, it's just stupidity, really. I mean, it's just, um, it, I mean, the Liberal Party in Victoria were, were not right wing at all. I mean, they were, I mean, a, you, you could call them centrist or even like to the left. They definitely went right wing. Um, well, they, but... they support net zero uh, by yeah. 2030. Yeah. Like uh, uh, you keep talking, I'll bring up uh, what was their, uh, their, what is it? It was on their, their, their Instagram. Uh, their, the, the liberals, they promoted their, if I can find it here. Oh, yes, here it is here. Uh, so they promoted, this was on the, the Liberals' Instagram, uh, the, their climate uh, change combo. Uh, so this is what it is. So it's, it was uh, solar, uh, solar snacker fries, cola net zero emissions, and uh, tree-based burger, the climate change combo. The policies are better under Liberal Victoria. Well, it didn't seem to work for them. So I think they need to start changing tactics. Yeah. And I'll also play this as another a, 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 equally uh, cringe. Let's see if I can find it. The, the Liberals' uh, TikTok girl who put out these uh, TikTok videos promoting liberal policies to uh, those uh, Victorians on, on TikTok. And she also did an anti-Dan rap uh, as well, which was 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 super cringe. And uh, when you you view this, you'll sort of yeah wonder why the Liberals flopped yet again in Victoria. One thing to know about Dan Andrews, he's been health minister or premier for 12 years. We're in the middle of a health crisis, but Dan doesn't care. He cut two billion from health. What a nightmare. But somehow he still found $35 billion to invest in one train. 
Is he insane? Vic has the most set in the country, but he wants to raise it further. We can't let this occur. It's time to end his career. That's super cringe. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh. So, yes, this was the thing. And uh, they also uh, supported Dan's uh, treaty, a uh, Victorian treaty with First Nations Victorians. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really seem like they had any um, any positions that were to the right of Labor, were they? They were really trying to meet them every step of the way. And, it, yeah, I mean, pe people already have a left-leaning party. They don't need another one. And then all it does is disenfranchises their base uh, vote. And then they end up going elsewhere and it splints all the, splinters up all the, 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 the voting block. And they don't get elected that way. I mean, history shows that the Liberal Party only get elected with um, hardline conservative leaders. I mean, we've seen that federally. That just doesn't work when they pick uh, left-wing leaders and... Unfortunately, you still hear the media saying the same thing, that the, the Liberal Party need to go to the centre, they need to go to the left, they're too right-wing. But, I mean, that's obviously because they don't want to see the Liberal Party winning. So they're going to say that, but um, it isn't, isn't the truth. I mean, history tells us differently. Uh, let us know in the, the comments what you think what's next for Victoria. It's another four years of Labor. We don't know whether Dan Andrews will stick around for that four years or he said he'll serve the, the full four years or whether he'll retire uh, mid-term being Labor's uh, longest serving Premier. He will have surpassed Steve Brax and John Kane Jr. Obviously a Liberal Henry Bolte. Uh, holds the, the record for the longest serving Victorian Premier 17 years. We don't want Dan to stick around to try and beat his record. Yeah, I mean, do you think um, there'll be anyone in the party that is going to try and tap him on the shoulder and say, look, you've been there for a while, give me a go? Well, when his uh, Deputy Premier, James Molino, announced his retirement, uh, mm. Dan pushed and got his his way uh, for his uh, socialist left ally, uh, Jacinta Allen, uh, who's the infrastructure transport minister to be the deputy premier. So there's a socialist left premier and socialist left deputy premier, which is uh, normally in the Labor Party, it's a, either the, the leadership and the deputy leadership go to different factions. But because yeah. Dan is so powerful, he was able to, to get a factional ally as his deputy. So she's considered the, the heir, heir apparent. She has been an, an MP uh, for Bendigo West since 1999. I think mm. that's her electorate. And it's really um, interesting to oh, note no, that. Sorry, she is, sorry, she's Bendigo, Bendigo East. Uh. It's really it's interesting to note that um, with the right and left uh, factions, that it's almost always the case that the leader is from the right and the deputy is from the left. And it's only changed recently that the left have really started to take over and take control. I mean, I, when you look at uh, past Labor leaders, they've always been from the right. And I mean, um, from, say, the, the 80s up to, you know, really maybe five, 10 years ago, they were always from the right. And then all of a sudden everything started to change on its head. And 
the Labor Party really, in the last 10 years especially, has really gone to the left, like really hard. 10, 15 years, slowly, you know, really with the Rudd-Gillard sort of um, um, uh, power play there and just stemming from that, they've, they've really started to take over. Um, but it never was the case before. They were laughed out. I mean, they were really considered extreme within the party and, and like they were looked at as nut jobs. And now they're, they're the ones that are running the show. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Albanese, he a a hard man of the, the left uh, for yeah. 26 years in the federal parliament, uh, elected uh, by the, well, uh, won the his Labor Party won the most seats in the the House of Representatives at the the May federal election, making him Prime Minister. Yeah. I, you have I'm not sure in Queensland what faction Palaszczuk is from. Though she she is you know you'd sort of say that she's pretty left. Uh, Chris Minns, a uh, New South Wales opposition leader, he's from the right. Mark McGowan's yeah. Yeah. from the right. Uh, Peter Malinowskis is from the right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in New South Wales, it tends to. It seems like they haven't really. I mean, the Labor Party on, on a state level haven't gone as far to the left as in other in other states. But um, not to say that that won't change eventually, anyway, because it seems to be heading that way. But um, I do recall, and I mean, this is going back years ago when I um, was a teenager and. Um, had a little bit to do with the Labor Party, um, attending um, young Labor Party meetings, and basically the right faction, which was called um, Centre Unity, they were um, hundreds, I mean, hundreds in a room, and the left faction were only like about 20 people. And they were actually like laughed at as a joke. Like, I mean, people didn't take them seriously, people thought that they were crazy. Um, and now all of a sudden, like that faction is basically running the show. Like, I mean, they've, they've just slowly gotten in numbers. I mean, most likely over time branch stacked and all that as they do. But I mean, they have become a force, the left, I mean, within the Labor Party. I mean, they were considered really extreme for, for many, many years. And um, it just isn't the case anymore. You know, it's just such a, a big change in the party. And I mean, that's happened with every party. I mean, the Liberal Party as well, turning to the left and and them controlling things on a state and, and you know, even federally, I mean, even though we've got Dutton as leader, I mean, how much can Dutton really do when he's got Susan Lay as a deputy? So, I mean, you know, the, the, even people from the right are only capable of so much. And because there's so many people from the left in power, they really play it really, um, really calm and don't really go too hard because they know that if they say too much or, or, or take any sort of, considered radical positions that they can be ousted pretty easily. You know, it doesn't take much to gather some troops and numbers, um, you know, go to media, you know, privately sort of um, text some journos and say, look, you know, this is happening, try to undermine a leadership and then that's it, you know. So um, it's, it's just really, it's a hard position to be in, you know. I mean, you're a right-wing leader, you're, you know, you're leading, say, um, the Liberal Party on a state or federal level, and you know that if you do anything that you really want to do, you can be ousted and replaced with a left-leaning person, which is going to make things worse. I mean, what do you do? Do you just say stuff it and go for it? Or do you just play it cool and try to prevent a left-wing person replacing you? You know, that, that's basically what we're seeing um, from a state level here in New South Wales. 
Um, and also Darden's probably going through the same thing also too, which is why we're not really seeing many um, conservative kind of elements from these right-wing leaders. And they're really not doing much at all because they know that doing too much can sometimes end them losing their jobs. The 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 modern liberals they always like to point to, to New South Wales that uh, moder uh, that uh, modern liberals uh, have been a premier uh, for the course of their twelve years in power. So first Barry O'Farrell, then Mike Baird, then Gladys Berejiklian, who even after she locked down Sydney and New South. Okay, we're having um, a few issues. Hopefully we can get Tim back here. But um, regarding the New South Wales Liberals, just as we were explaining before earlier, that um, it is something that I've been hearing from many people within the party, that they basically have their hands tied, a lot of the conservatives within the party, because they know that the left-leaning, um, the power brokers and the people that are really in control are in a position where they wield so much power and threaten the people that are currently in leadership positions that are from the right, that if they lean too much to the right or do anything that is considered to be too conservative, that um, they can be removed within an instance. And that's the thing. I mean, we're seeing a lot of leaders that are from the right and are doing nothing. And I mean, someone like Perite, for instance, supposed to be, you know, conservative. And I mean, really, what has he achieved? I mean, we've achieved very little in this state. And I mean, we still had lockdowns under all these premiers, as was previously spoken about. Um, we've had the Liberal Party decriminalising abortion. We've had um, all sorts of uh, anti-free speech legislation. I'm back now. Be back, Tim. Yeah, I was just talking to our uh, our audience about, but I'll, I'll bring you into it. But I was basically explaining that in reference to someone, say, like Perite, and I've had uh, info from people that are in the party that um, there are people trying to bring about a little bit of a, um, a conservative kind of uh, push. And when it comes to pre-selections and things like that, there is a little bit of a push now starting to happen. Whether it's too late or not, time will tell. But the problem is that even with someone like Perite that's supposed to be conservative, I mean, he's been given notice and said, look, you know, if you push anything that's too conservative, we can replace you with Matt Keane. 
in an instance. And I mean, Matt Keane, very, you know, far to the left. And he's wary of that. And that's why he's been playing it really calm, not really going down that road of pushing culture war sort of issues and things like that. But in saying that, because he's not doing that, I mean, we're having a useless premier that's achieving nothing. And that's really much the same as having a left-leaning leader anyway. I mean, because under the Liberals, we had the decriminalisation of abortion. We had um, anti-free speech legislation. Of course, all the lockdowns and mandates and all that sort of stuff so i mean they weren't really a conservative bunch to begin with and even with perite he's the face and it's really he's not the person that's really leading the party as people in the background he's just a puppet and i mean he's giving the illusion to voters that look this guy is conservative but he's not really conservative i mean he's just got the image because he's got the seven kids you know catholic all the rest of it great um great image to have but at the end of the day the results speak for themselves and he's not acting like a conservative leader and he's allowing the left to have too much of a say in that party and i mean i guess this is how the left are able to control if they're not in positions of power themselves and they're in a state like new south wales which is a little bit more conservative they'll just put a conservative leader in there but they'll be in the shadow, in the background, basically controlling them and limiting or restricting what it is that they can and can't do, which leads us into a position where really it's no point in having them in the first place. I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a sad situation, but it's just one of those things, unfortunately. But this is happening everywhere all over the country right now. So... Yeah, Parate, he's been, well, it's fully captured or cucked, whatever you want to say, uh, by the the Liberal moderates, uh, by Matt Keane, Matt Green, uh, stalking stalking him. I mean, he managed to, to get himself as as deputy leader, as well as, as treasurer, energy and environment minister. It is, like, it will be closer, the, the March... 2023 New South Wales election. I mean, it's not as left-wing state as Victoria. Labor is a bit more centrist under yeah. under yeah. Chris Minns. Yeah, true. And I mean, over there, the results, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, it's not a state where you can say, okay, this is just going to be, you know, a, a massive landslide. To, it's not going to be a massive landslide to the left at all. I mean, either what's going to happen is that the government's going to retain its position or the Labor Party is just going to sneak in with a whisker. And I mean, under Chris Minns, like you said, they are fairly sensible and centrist. I mean, they are definitely not Dan Andrews, McGowan, they're, they're Palaszczuk, they're, they're nothing near like that. I mean, um, it's very much more um, of a Labor, just how they used to be before they started to go crazy i mean even like how they were 20 years ago the labor party in new south wales haven't changed that much obviously they've adopted uh progressive reform in their um when it comes to their platform their party platform but they aren't the type of radicals that you get from other states if that makes sense i mean there was a strong backlash against labor due to the corruption that we had under the the former labor government um here in new south wales and that's why they've been out of power for so long now, come March 2023, 
will it be the case where people will say, look, you know, we haven't had a meth for a while. Are we just going to give them a go? And just, you know, there's nothing wrong with what's, you know, we're cool with the government, you know, of the day, but we just want to give the Labor Party a go because they haven't been there for a while, just for a change. That could happen and they just sneak in. It won't be a landslide to them by any means. Or it could be that the, the current government is returned because, I mean, I don't really see, apart from the people from the right that, you know, aren't really into the Liberals here because of what they've done with the mandates and so forth, I'm not really, apart from our kind of crowd, seeing an absolute hating for for Perrottet. Like, there's, he's not really somebody that's um, that's got a, um, um, a, a mark on his back, so to speak, you know, that people absolutely despise. I mean, they despise Hazard, but, I mean, for, for Perrottet... Yeah, and they he's yeah. retiring. Yeah, of course. And yeah, you know I mean, that Hazard is also, like, he's from the, the left faction of the, the party. I mean, he... Matt Keane and a Victor Dominello were Gladys's uh, biggest supporters. Like Brad Hazard never got sacked as health minister because he was keeping her in the in the job. And uh, like Brad Hazard as health minister, he's like full on with the what is that the the leftist agenda. He was at the in one of the committees. He was actually being questioned by one of the socially conservative Labor MPs about. Because New South Wales House has a dedicated trans uh, kids facility, the was at the Maple Leaf House, as it's called, and Hazard was defending them, saying they're doing great work and they have expert yeah. medicine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the le lefties in the Liberal Party are terrible, and I mean, this is another issue. I don't know if many people actually um, know about this. And I don't recall the date that it was going to occur, whether it was this month or possibly next month, but I saw something about a month ago. Um, and it made actually mainstream media, I think news.com.au actually, actually reported it, but there's actually going to be, believe it or not, a professor from the UK coming into Sydney to give a, a talk about bestiality. And the New South Wales government, right, have not come out and condemned it or basically said, look, you know, you're an extremist, you're not coming into the state. I mean, it was okay for them to um, ban particular, you know, freedom uh, activists from overseas trying to come into the country because they were dangerous individuals. But someone, you know, speaking about bestiality and how great it is, oh, yeah, no worries, come in, you know, come and come and do a, you know, a conference. Um and I mean, this was an easy uh, thing for the Liberal Party. This was like a culture war issue that would have been so easy to, to you know, basically, if they were to come out, and not only is it sensible, but it's strategically, you know, the perfect thing for them to do. I mean, they lose on most culture war issues, but you're not going to lose on bestiality yet. I mean, you might lose it in 10 years. I mean, the way we're going, but you're not going to lose it yet. I mean, most people are going to say, yeah, that's crazy. That's extreme. So if they came out and then put it to the left and said, look, you know, we're banning this person from coming in and then got the um, the media to go chat to the Labor and the Greens and say, oh, what do you think about this happening? What was going to happen is the Labor and the Greens would be forced to back the government and say, yeah, they did the right thing. Or they would have gotten caught out and sort of taken a soft approach and said, oh, you know, maybe they were too high. And in that case, they would have just been self-destroyed. They would have killed them. 
because I mean, for you to go soft on such a person, which would be considered extremist by 99.9% .9 of the population, I would assume, would be, um, yeah, just, I mean, strategically, not, not a wise thing to do. So, um, I mean, it was a win-win for the Liberal Party to come out and ban that person from coming, yet they didn't say anything. They didn't speak about it, you know, just so silent on culture war issues at all. And that was a culture war issue that the, not even the media would have come and condemned the Liberal Party for because you can't. I mean, it's just, we're not there yet, you know. I mean, I'm sure one day, unfortunately, we'll get there, but we're not quite there where bestiality is accepted as, you know, a great and, you know, perfectly normal thing. So um, this is how weak the Liberals are, you know, unfortunately, and how much um, power that the left have within the party. But one thing that I've been told from people within the party over here is that one thing that the Conservatives are hoping is that the Teals actually beat some of the left-leaning Liberals in the inner city seats because when that happens, and I mean the Liberal Party can afford to lose a couple of seats, but if that was to happen, that means that there's left, less of the left-leaning Liberals in the party and the Conservatives would have more power because obviously where the Tills hold a threat is in seats where the Liberals are left-leaning. And um, that's something that I think will benefit and where a lot of people are saying, you know, secretly, of course, they're not saying it in the open, but they're saying, look, I mean, I kind of hope that, you know, Matt Keane loses to a Teal because it's going to purify our party and give us a lot less problems where we can actually start to, you know, fight on issues that are, that are important without these people being on our back and threatening us and, you know, saying we're going to remove you from this leadership position and that. So um, I think it's going to be very interesting come that election to see how it all goes down um, and how things happen within the Liberals, but also as a whole, how people end up voting, because it's very uncertain as to how that's going to go. I mean, I really don't know if it's going to be a return of the government, which could quite possibly happen, or whether the Labor Party might just sneak in. It could even be a hung parliament, quite easily a hung parliament. Um, so it'll be very, yeah, very interesting just to see what happens there. I mean, more than the other states, the other states are just so, you know, to the left that there's no competition. But in the New South Wales, at least, there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a more equal sort of competitive kind of um, an, an, an interesting aspect there. So, yeah, it'll be definitely a, a contest. Uh, so it's the second half has kicked off in uh, Tunisia and Australia. Australia still 1-0 ahead. So let's hope the score stays that way. Or better yet, Australia gets a second there. But yeah. going back to what you were talking about, Damien, the, all the, uh, the, the modern Liberals losing their seats at the federal election, Trent Zimmerman, Dave Sharma, Tim Wilson, Katie Allen, they it, it hasn't really made a difference i mean it still seems like there's there's lots of them in the party room yeah i mean i i guess there wouldn't be as many as there were before obviously i mean it's um it, i mean that's just putting two and two together but it's um just them having less influence at all would definitely mean that the conservatives could wield a little bit more power on policy and i mean we aren't seeing that it seems and it is a bit disappointing i mean we did expect dutton to be a little bit more 
um, of a hardline character. And I think the reason why he hasn't at this stage, because he's only come into the position not too long ago, is that he's trying to foment a bit of a softer kind of image because a lot of people see him as a bit of a, a, a brute. But I, I think over time, hopefully anyway, I hope that it could be the case, come election time, I think that if he takes a bit of a hardline position on the Labor Party, that that's what's going to end up winning him an election. I don't think going soft on Albanese and taking a, a rather kind of a modern liberal approach is going to beat Albanese. You really need to um, um, go out there and um, be a friendly sort of character and, and also at the same time have a more hardline kind of um, position on the policies that matter to people. Really, when it comes to cost of living, that is the number one issue that the Liberals need to start to become the friends of the of the, the ordinary person, you know. And they've done that well in the past. You had the Howard Battlers and, you know, Tony's Tradies and whatever else. But, I mean, this is what Dutton can do. I mean, the you know, people like Morrison and, and Turnbull just had no chance of connecting to that voter base. They didn't, they couldn't connect to the ordinary person. Dutton can, and he just needs to make sure that he um, takes the same approach as people used to in the Liberal Party. And that's going to end up winning him an election. I mean, quite easily, because Albanese hasn't really performed that well, I wouldn't think. I mean, it's not that he's been very impressive, um, despite, you know, the media maybe, you know, um, loving him. It's it's not something that people can really look at and say, oh, Albanese is just such a great role model and leader and, and all the rest of it. I don't see it. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not saying that from a biased point of view. If I saw a left-wing leader that actually had... Um, had some sort of um, character and, you know, personality and actually, um, you know, was good, then I would admit it and say, look, this person is quite talented, but I don't see Albanese talented at all. I mean, he had a lot of gaps during the election campaign and he's not something, he's not someone that I'd say is going to um, last an election against someone like Dutton if Dutton plays his cards right. I mean, up against Morrison, Morrison really wasn't a good performer or, I mean, in his dying days, he, he became less and less of a, a performer and and people just started to become sick and tired of the same old and wanted a change. But the Labor Party, they get voted in every 10 years because people think, oh, well, we'll give them a go just for the sake of a change. But they don't last long. They'll last a term or two Not at the most the and then they go back. Yeah, they don't last long. So... At the end of the day, people remember that the, the change that they wanted to, you know, give Labor a go, they, they remember, oh, yeah, that's the change that we don't like. You know, we don't like Labor Party, and that's why they go back to the Liberals. So um, I think eventually they're not going to last there very long anyway, you know. Let's let's go back to the results. I want to have a look at the southeastern metro region upper house. Oh, I forgot that when I dropped out i wasn't able to share share my screen so i'll just have to to reshare it there so it's still uh two labor two liberal one legalized can cannabis uh but even though legalized cannabis has got uh good preferences they on i mean this is only 10 percent counter but they're on six percent and the legalized cannabis party if they do like give out how to vote cards, have the the weed symbol 
on it, they're basically their slogan is dude, we, so they're on, on 6%, uh, the greens are on around about 8.5% liberal Democrats. They didn't do too badly. 3.6%, uh, labor DLP, democratic labor party around 3% freedom party of Victoria led by a Morgan Jonas. That's where he's standing. I saw a freedom party core flutes all around. I, the, the Southeast, only 1.84%, just below Family First. Uh, Darren Hinch, he's running in the Southeast. He doesn't look like he's, he's going to get uh, into state, state parliament. We'll just go to the Western uh, metropolitan region because someone was asking about Catherine Cummings. Uh, so this is where the Legalized Cannabis Party, 4.71%, uh, uh, though the Greens got 11. 17%. Labor DLP, so Bernie Finn leading the ticket there, managed to get them 4.43%. Victorian Socialists, 3.48%. Uh, Family First, 2.68%. Liberal Democrats, 1.4%. Uh, where are the Angry Victorians Party? 0.64%. They came behind the, uh, the fake uh, Sackdan Andrews Restore Democracy Party. And it looks also Freedom Party only 1% there, same as the Hinch Party. United Australia Party 0.9% roughly. So United Australia Party didn't do too well. Yeah, very surprising. Some of the parties like UAP and also One Nation not really performing that well. I know you said One Nation was looking to maybe get a seat in one of the other um, the other centre positions, but... It just, um, I thought they would perform a lot better. And I'm actually really surprised about legalized cannabis. I mean, um, what they did well in the federal election. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I mean, um, especially, I mean, because it, it seems or comes across at least, obviously, there wouldn't be just a one issue party, but I mean, just how they are, how they're branded as a one issue party for them to perform as good as they did. It's amazing. Hey, do you what do you think of legalizing cannabis? Because I reckon we could get it in the next next uh, labor term here in Victoria. Mm. I mean, what have they got to lose, really? Like on their their their, their third term, and they lost more seats to the Greens. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't see them not doing it. I mean, they're definitely just looking at um at the numbers that you have here in, in Victoria, then, I mean, it, it's definitely an issue that they'll probably be pushed on. And I don't see Labor not wanting to do it anyway. So it's it's something that I guess is bound to, to happen in that period of, uh, I mean, they've done it in the ACT. So um, it is something that is an issue of importance to, to some people and they, they are slowly starting to get traction on it. Um, it may take a little bit of time in other areas for um, governments to adopt that position, but it just depends on where you are. And obviously in Victoria, I don't see why it wouldn't um, wouldn't uh, occur fairly, fairly soon. Um, uh, just letting the audience know that when uh, Margot Huss came on before, it wasn't actually Margot Huss. Uh, so it was clearly somebody had, what is it, you know, infiltrated the, the live stream. Wow. <laughs> uh, so we'll go to the, the, the party, party totals again. 
So Labor is so far has won 51 seats, Liberals 15, Greens 5. It looks like they're not going to win Albert Park. They will win Northcat and Richmond. Nationals on, on 9. Uh, the, the seats that are in doubt, if I just go here, so the uh, Liberals are back ahead in Caulfield. Uh, it's close in Hawthorne with the Teal Independent ahead. The Teal Independent looks likely to win in Mornington. Still, they haven't counted anything in Mulgrave, 8.7%. What is going on? Wow. <laughs> I mean, and, and then they wonder why people start to... Um you know, become conspiracy theorists, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird that that's the only seat where, oh, sorry, we can't count the votes. <laughs> so as far as I know, uh, there hasn't been uh, any, any, you know, a concession speech from Matthew Guy yet. Um, what is it? Might play another another video. Uh, I'm not sure what I've got here that I can, because yeah, you and I might take might take five. Yep. I'll see what see, see what I've got here that we can have an an ad break with, because uh, I can share a extended a video. Oh, you can keep talking. All right. Um, <laughs> just want to see what we can start with. Um, any particular um, area that you oh, want no. me to... Uh... Yeah, so it looks like that the Liberals might not have any net gains in Victoria. Yeah, I mean, and at that point, then they have to really start questioning what they what happened what they did wrong and um i mean what, what what's going to come from it i mean are they going to say oh look we we weren't left-wing enough i mean i'm guessing that's what the media is going to say um do they really need to to become a greens party next time around you know like um yeah so something didn't didn't work for them i mean obviously and it's just a matter of them trying to work it out and it's hard because i mean with the type of people in the party, I don't think they want to really work it out because they're they're just too smug to actually want to get a good result. And, you know, ideologically in the wrong spot or in the wrong position. And if they actually want to do what was best and actually ended up wanting to win, then they're going to have to start changing. I mean, and winning back their, their base. I mean, we've said it so many times, you know, and... Uh, I just don't think that they're ready for it. I mean, it's it's obviously shown. I mean, a, a new leader, a fresh face is really going to have to come in charging and, and, and just really provide a different energy, a different character. They're just going to have to reshape the party, rebrand the party, really. Because under Matthew Guy, they've achieved nothing. So, I mean, they're really, yeah. We might uh, uh, just uh, we'll take a roughly a three-minute break. Uh, we'll do a flashback to late uh, 2021 uh, when uh, Dan was uh, dismissing the uh, 
the uh, the uh, pro freedom anti uh, pandemic management bill protesters, and uh, yeah, then we'll come back after that. And frankly, I don't even, I don't, I, to, seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. Yeah. Well, a lot of them. Then, well, good on them, except it's illegal. Protests don't work against this virus, protests don't keep us safe. People are allowed within the COVID rules to form groups and have views and put them strongly, that's fine. You shouldn't be violent and you shouldn't pretend for a moment that protest somehow keeps you safe. Uh, and I think there was a wide range of views within those protests. Some of them were about climate change, were there for climate change. Some of them were there against uh, vaccines, which frankly are safe, are free and work, save lives, and that's why we're open. Uh, so I'm happy to, you know, uh, happy to be clear about my views on uh, the first and second dose uh, of any of the three COVID-19 vaccines we have here. Uh, and others are there for all sorts of reasons. Uh, protest doesn't work. Get on, get things done. That's what we do. And again, I make the point that the bill that's in the parliament has passed the Legislative Assembly, uh, builds on what happens in New Zealand, builds on what happens in New South Wales, and is absolutely consistent with the powers that various people within government have held. Uh, to Samaya's question about being transparent, uh, you know, people on the other side of politics were calling for exactly this outcome. We then went and did it, and suddenly it's the worst thing ever. That's the definition of a political game. Political games don't work against this virus either. Politics is often about what you stand for, and it's always about who you stand with. Imagine if the Premier of this state had to manage a pandemic like we've had to manage these last two years, if you were beholden to extremists, if you somehow owed extremists a debt of gratitude. That is ugly. That is scary. So at some point you have to say, right, we've listened to a broad uh, range of views. Uh, we have a set of arrangements that are a definite. Even the greatest critic of this bill, I think, would accept that it's a better set of arrangements than the current Public Health and Wellbeing Act. There are checks and balances that are far in excess of what exists at the moment. This is a public health and wellbeing amendment. It's about pandemic management. It's about safety. It's about saving lives. A couple of weeks ago, the very same people who were saying we don't need to do this were calling for us to do this. It's the very definition of a political game. People who have railed against because they thought it was in their political interests, bureaucrats making these decisions, calling, demanding that politicians make these decisions. And when a bill's put into the parliament to achieve exactly that, precisely that, the opposition are somehow concerned. It should go back to bureaucrats. It is quite concerning to me, just as a matter of logic and fact, to have people protesting against a lockdown. There is no lockdown. Why? Because instead of listening to some people standing out on the front steps who say don't get vaccinated, nine in 10 Victorians have gone and got vaccinated. Yes, that's a classic Dan Andrews gaslighting. And if you weren't vaccinated at the end of uh, 2021, uh, you could hardly do anything except well, basically get food, and that's about it. Yeah, there were terrible times, and I mean, we all copped it. I mean, some worse than others, obviously. I'm definitely not going to say I, I copped it as bad as you did, but um, it, it, I think people really start forgetting 
you know, I mean, the times that we went through, I think it, it feels like so long ago, but really it wasn't, you know, it was only really just um, a year ago that we were going through this and people forget that we couldn't travel 5Ks outside of our home and that, you know, some people, I mean, I didn't have this particular thing, but I think you did and some people in uh, some areas of Sydney had 9pm curfews. I mean, very yes. extreme measures. I mean, it was, that's madness. And I mean, even there was a stage where uh, for about six weeks, it only lasted about six weeks here. I'm not sure how long it, it did in your area, but um, that we weren't able to go to, you know, Kmart and, you know, Big W and all those sort of, you know, we weren't allowed to go and buy shoes. Um, we were allowed to go, you know, to, to Coles and Woolies because we had to eat. I mean, they, they, they allowed us, the masters allowed us to eat, thank God, eh? But um, we weren't allowed to go in any other shop for about six weeks. And in that period of time, that really scared a lot of people into getting vaccinated because they thought from then that that was going to be permanent, that, it, you know, time, because we kept getting told the new normal, you know, times have changed, this is how it's going to be. And I mean, I knew that it couldn't last forever, but a lot of people really thought that, oh, you know, this is it, you know, we're just going to do it by the bullet. And it only lasted six weeks. And a lot of people after when things started to recover and get back to normal are now thinking, wow, I didn't have to do that. You know, I mean, it didn't, you know, go on forever. And they did end up, I mean, obviously, I mean, I thought when it was happening, it wasn't going to be a forever thing. It was only going to be temporary. And they did tell us that it was going to be, um, well, the New South Wales government said that it was going to be four weeks that the vaccinated people could shop before the um, the unvaxxed and they ended up extending it to six weeks. But nevertheless, that the unvaxxed would, you know, allow the outside of their cages eventually to be able to go and um, be consumers again. But, um, you know, a lot of extreme measures and I think that people they're just creatures of habit that, I mean, it just seems to me that they go through these periods where now that we're not going through that anymore, all of a sudden everything becomes forgettable. It's like, okay, that was then it's not like that anymore. And people just don't seem to remember what they had to go through in the, the tyranny. And they just think, well, you know, back to normal, nothing to worry about and continue on with life. And that's why these people still get voted in, it seems. I mean, if you're not directly supporting it and, and you know, simping over it, the people that weren't keen on it, um, a lot of them just got over it and just thought, oh, well, you know, it's back to normal now, so don't worry about it. And, you know, the politicians quite strategically uh, haven't spoken about COVID for quite a while. So that issue has become in the background and not the central issue anymore. And because it's not the central issue anymore, people are voting based on other issues and then they go back to vote for the same tyrants that they used to hate only six months ago. Um, and that's basically um, what it is. And I'm just reading a comment about, I think someone had to go and get a friend of theirs to go and get some shoes for him or something somebody wrote i think that's what i read but oh that was actually something that i had heard that people that were unvaxxed were actually getting friends of theirs to go and buy clothes for him i mean this it's never happened like that before and i mean it was so extreme and crazy but i thought people 
I mean, it was really a test. And it seemed to me that we just failed. And I mean, we personally didn't fail it, but I mean, a lot of people just went with it, you know, and just supported and just didn't bother rebelling or fighting against it. And unfortunately, as the results show in our elections, it seems to me that um, people haven't had it hard yet. It's hard to, to think that, but it, they haven't had it no, hard enough. It's, it's like everything, like a, every, like they feel that everything's back to normal. It's yeah. just that prices are a bit higher and it's probably not the government's fault. It's those greedy, greedy food companies' fault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always someone else's fault, I guess. But um, th that's what that's I mean. That's what Andrew said is why your energy prices are high. It's not because of his climate policies. It's because of the greedy power companies. Oh, you, you forgot to mention the war in Ukraine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that seems that to be... Awesome. Oh, it's just funny. Whenever they say that, it's just, you know, honestly, um, yeah, I mean, the, the same comment that I made, you know, they made a really good point of, you know, people standing together, you know, basically it is sad. It's really sad um, seeing people that, and I mean, it's hard to hate them, but you do feel, you feel bad. You feel really sad when you see people, you know, blindly, following this kind of agenda and not really standing up for themselves. And you just think, unfortunately, and, it, and it's harsh for me to say this, but people that are like that are really liabilities to our nation. I mean, it, it really is because, I mean, people like that, unfortunately, give us the kind of situation that we got put through because if nobody ended up doing that and nobody and everyone resisted it, then the politicians wouldn't have been able to get away with it. But because so many people went with that agenda, it's because of those people that we ended up getting affected in our own lives. I mean, so it is really an effort that it takes a whole community to stand up together and fight. Because if you don't, then these people that did um, just cave in, um, you know, it really makes it hard for all of us that are trying to, to do the right thing. And like, there's been this, what is it? There was that Atlantic column about a pandemic amnesty and oh, that we should just uh, forgive and forget and move on about, uh, you know, what was said and done at the height of the, the pandemic. Though New South Wales and Victoria Police are still prosecuting people for breaching lockdown and not waiving the fines. I mean, where's where's the pandemic amnesty there? I mean, I thought it was supposed to go both ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a bit of a joke. It's like you know, really, you know, beat someone up and then apologize for it. I mean, really, it's just you expect people to, um, and I mean. I was going to say you expect people to um, to forget, but uh, I mean, they did forget. So I can't even really use that. I mean, we didn't forget, but a lot of people have. And it's so sad. You know, it really is sad. Um, the, the people like that really can't be helped. I, I don't think that there's a way of really um, getting through to them, you know. And I don't know if they're doing it just out of ignorance or whether they are doing it from a, an egotistical kind of, point of view where they just want to be uh part of the trend or the you know they, they just want to be part of the kind of the, 
the victors or the team. Um, but either way, they're, they're really holding us back and, and putting us down, restricting us from a lot of things. So um, it's just so sad, you know, like the, the things that we went through. Um, but forgettable, it seems. It's the 74th minute uh, between Australia and Tunisia. It's still 1-0. Uh, so mm. fingers crossed Australia can can hold on. Uh, after it, uh, coming up afterwards, uh, because he is, Mosul uh, give people something else to watch after this, uh, Poland versus Saudi Arabia. Uh, mm. So Saudi Arabia obviously ups, upset Argentina. That's at uh, midnight. Melbourne time, and then at uh, 3 a.m. Melbourne time, France versus Denmark, the other uh, group, and then Argentina versus Mexico at uh, 6 a.m. And uh, we were just talking about uh, pandemic amnesty uh, before. Uh, Somebody who hasn't been offered a pandemic amnesty by uh, Victoria Police is uh, Nick Patterson, are you there? Yeah, I am. How are you guys? We can't see you very well. Uh, oh, I'm we in know the, the car. I'll turn the, I'm parked. I'm just in the car at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so you've been, Go on. you've been scrutineering for Ian Cook, the independent candidate oh. for Mulgrave. I wasn't actually scrutineering. I ended up having to take care of my kids. I was, I was at the polling booths all day, though. They hardly any of the the vote has been counted in Mulgrave, so we don't actually know if Dan Andrews is going to be premier. I'll I'll bring the results up on on the screen. I'm not sure if you can see it, but uh, this is a, they've only counted eight of 22 polling centres, a zero percent preference count. Labor yep. or Dan Andrews, 53 percent. Ian Cook, 18 percent. Liberal Michael uh, Pastrana, uh, 16.5%. This is the slowest count in all of the electorates. Well, hopefully the scrutineers are doing their thing and and making sure they count them properly because, you know, I remember the last state election, there was a lot of electorates where they weren't um, counting, they were just counting bundles of 10, saying Labor, Liberal, and not counting them, you know, each each individual one just to get it done quicker because it's a lot of work if you've got a busy uh busy ballot yeah uh, one of our uh, people in the comments said sounds like he caught the COVID aids from dan supporters today <laughs> yeah. i mean you're yeah obviously not uh, vaccinated, but uh, you've you, you you've survived. Uh, Damien's uh, survived here. It's been we just played before Dan Andrews uh, talking about that uh, how important it was that Victorians got vaccinated to to open up. It's a it's a year later. I mean, the unvaxxed aren't dead. The overwhelming uh, majority. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of vaccinated people that are getting very sick. Um, you know, I had a friend yesterday that, that rang me up out of the blue. I haven't spoken to him for a while and, and the, um, his wife's got blood clots all through our legs and, and he's, um, he had an argument with the doctor because he, they want, they said they've been doing their research and they're like, this is a side effect of the vax. And, and the, um, the doctor said, oh, look, we can't say, we can't say whether or not it's the vaccine. Um, 
And uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot of people getting getting sick. Um, and I think the big issue we have is we don't really have a government. We have a, what's called a cartel. You look at the definition of a cartel. Well, the government appoints the judges, the government appoints the police commissioners, the the government funds IBAC, which is meant to be the third, the the the, um, the independent um, corrupt anti corruption watchdog. And if they're if they're investigating, you know, Daniel Andrews, they can just Daniel Andrews can just pull the funding, so that IBAC doesn't have any. You know, like this is this is the issue. You know, the governments control and appoint all those power all those people in those positions and that creates a cartel and it's very hard to uh to expose when all the people that should be you know um shining a light on on the corruption are potentially corrupted themselves Now, Nick, your uh, trial, uh, you're accused of uh, assaulting Victoria police officers when you were defending your friend who was being attacked by uh, Victoria police officers during a lockdown number four protest in late May 2021. It was supposed to have been taken place now, but it's been delayed until at least the new year. Yeah, so the um, we... We requested a whole bunch of information from them, from the police, and they sent us corrupted files. Then we requested the, the, the files again, and they were cor- and we received more corrupted files, and there were different timestamps on them. Uh, then we requested a hard copy. They said they sent us the hard copy, but we never got the hard copy. Um, so that's we haven't been able to get all of our disclosure materials to be able to you know run our case properly. I asked I asked my uh, my legal team if they've ever experienced this kind of um, you know conduct with in the disclosure process, and they've they've um, they've confirmed. Two of the lawyers have said no, never never experienced this before. So <clears throat> the other day, one of the co-accused. Now they just just for, for the you know the people that are watching this, I didn't commit any of these offences. And I've, I've shared the footage so people can see it for themselves. Um, but what the police do is they charge stack people if they, when they take it, you know, when they go too far and they, they commit crimes, they'll charge you with the crimes that, that they, they've committed themselves. And uh, they've already dropped the charges on two of the other co-accused. There was five of us. They've dropped the charges on two of them already. And, uh, they won't drop mine, obviously, because I I I've publicly said we're going after them, and we're gonna we're gonna prosecute them privately. Uh, we're gonna go all out because I've got a a, a lot of um, people supporting me, and there's you know we've been able to crowdfund a lot of this, so we're not gonna back down. So they're holding on to these charges, they've and they're adjourning, and they're doing things to so they can adjourn everything. So we have to adjourn it off, and they ha- they can adjourn it off. So this is how we've had so many court cases prior to this trial the trial was set and because they're not giving us the disclosure um you know um information and and all the all the materials we've had to adjourn it off so that we can get the materials before we go to trial um so it's just it's just classic just you know basic corruption it's it's just you know confuse the situation so that you can't get to the bottom of it they, they do it in the court all the time and IBAC actually said they were going to investigate because they saw the footage we sent the footage to IBAC of what had happened and they um confirmed that they were going to investigate and I thought yes IBAC's going to do something wow this is great and then about a you know a month later IBAC sends us another email saying 
we're understaffed um, and under-resourced and we're not going to be able to investigate. We're going to hand this over to the police commissioner to investigate. So the police that assaulted us and committed the crimes against us are now being investigated by the police, the same people that committed the offences. So it's a cartel. And throughout this year, uh, Victoria Police have all of a sudden, just before it's about to get to court, uh, dropped all charges. The most high-profile uh, examples, uh, Monica Schmidt and uh, Zoe Lee uh, Bueller. She was the the uh, mother, uh, pregnant at the time, who was handcuffed because she wanted to organise a socially distanced protest in Ballarat in September yeah. 2020 and uh, assistant commissioner luke cornelius at the time said she had engaged in serious uh criminal uh behavior well that was quite presumptuous because uh, she's uh, uh, if the police withdrawing it obviously they're not confident that she had unless they're worried about what could come out Tim, at, Tim, uh, these people they operate in a lie that's how that's why there's always a narrative change these people, their whole power base is based on their ability to convince people of a lie. Now, incitement, you know, they, they were charging everybody with, with incitement. Incitement, the only way you can charge somebody and convict somebody of incitement is if somebody commits a crime and then they say after they're convicted, I committed the crime because such and such incited me to do it. What they've been doing is using this charge just to silence people, for anyone that says anything. Uh, that's not what incitement is. That's not the definition of incitement. So they've not, they're not using that anymore because they've been found out and they've had they've had some losses in the court. Um, but this is this is what they this is what they do. They will and they will throw the charges out because they know that most people would just go, oh great, the charges are they've all been they've all been thrown out. But you don't have you can say to the to the um, to the magistrate or the judge, look, I don't consent to that. Because once the court sees the case, they can't just throw the charges out without you consenting to it. See, they know that if they, tr they try to throw the charges out on me, I'll be like, no, well, I want my day in court. I want my day in court. I want to cross-examine every one of you bastards for what you did to me and what you did to my friends and for what you've been doing to other people. And you're not going to get off. There's no way. And that's why they haven't dropped the charges on me. But they have. They actually dropped the charges on one of our guys um, the other day. His name's Sam Cowley. He was one of the co-accused and he didn't consent to it. And the magistrate said, the magistrate said, well, it doesn't matter. They've dropped the charges. So he's now going to the Supreme Court um, to have a review on it because they've made a, a critical error in that, you know, they the, the, they can't drop the charges in, unless, unless the other party or their counsel consents to it. Well, they probably also haven't uh, withdrawn the charges against you because they they feel that uh, they they probably also feel that they've got a more substantive charge against you. And if you touch a police officer, I mean the <laughs> the, the the police are a bit like a mafia in that regard. Uh, touch one, yes. touch all. And so you know you, they, that's why they're still. Because if they convict you, uh, you're spending a minimum uh, six months in prison for uh, oh. assaulting a, and and, a, and it will not happen. It, it it can't happen. It's it's such a clear cut case. Even the even the the police that interviewed me 
the detective said, "We don't think you've done uh, you've done anything wrong." You know, yeah, every Matthew barrister needs, by the way. Yeah, well. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, when I was in um, I was in the um, the uh, where was I? I was at in Wheelers Hill at the Brandon Park Primary School today, and there was not much love for Labor there at all. A lot of love for Ian Cook, heaps of support. You know, you got those those fifty percent that don't really care, and then you've got you know the you got the other people. You got a, some of them were pro Labor, but the majority. That that weren't um, that uh, that it were decided were were pro Ian Cook Freedom Party, um, so they've they've run a very good campaign in that area. But I th- I honestly think there's a lot of corruption in there because if you look at the the history of uh, of Daniel Andrews with the the whole Sluggate thing with um, Brett Sutton and and, and um, members of the Labor Party, yeah, it was. It was- horrific what happened to his his 30 year old business and there'd never been an issue before and the the dance stands they've been what is it uh sharing around photos of what is a dirty kitchen sink as supposedly that's case closed that's why ian cook deserved to be shut down i mean they just go along with whatever dan and brett uh and then you've got and then you've got that IVAC um, statement from the former, uh, so he's, he's still a current um, police fraud squad detective. Um, and he, um, he literally, he, he literally, uh, you know, says that they had all the evidence to convict these people and they, um, and the procedure wasn't followed. Um, and it was quashed by the, the higher ups in, in police command. And then all of those higher ups, Ended up getting massive promotions immediately after, including, including um, Shane Patton. So it's more corruption, you know. Of, of uh, you know, that was fraud, Labor Party fraud. Then you've got, you know, the the whole um, running over of a of a, you know, of a, a a minor, and then you know, just you've got that whole scandal as well. Um, you've also got the, you know, working with Glenn Drury, how he works, all this stuff's coming out, all the corruption. Then you've got Dan just bribing people, bribing the net, net you know, women's netball, um, bribing the, um, you know, the the um, the synagogue, saying, look, you know, I'll pay for a brand new kitchen for you guys if I get in. It's just bribery. Yeah, and giving free tampons to, to women as well, uh, some more yeah. money for your power bills, like what else free stuff is he offered? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you free stuff, but actually you're going to pay for it, and you're going to pay for it with massive interest, because anything that goes through the goes through the the Labor government, you know, it, it it's not it's not a one to one ratio. You know, you you pay it with interest. So yeah. Anyway, you, I think it's listed, I, yeah, yeah. You've just Sorry. listed all of Andrew's, I. Corrupt conduct over the years, yet he's been voted back in convincingly. While his Labor government has, we're still waiting for the votes from from Mulgrave. Well, How do you? Well, this is the point. This that? is the this is the point, though, Tim. If they're that, if he's that corrupt, and the Labor Party's been that corrupt, just in the things that we know, right? Major, major corruption. You would make sense that they would be corrupt in how they um how they manage the votes and how they, you know, it would make sense that they would, that that would be the case as well. You know, to think that they wouldn't cheat, you know, in, in, in how they 
how they um you know control that power and and the um you know the the counting of the the votes and how the how the system works to think that they wouldn't when they're corrupt in, in everything else in every other aspect of government and they and they and remember these are meant to be these are meant to be our public servants but they've somehow become our rulers Tim when did that happen I oh, didn't yeah. get the memo oh and the other question I was going to put to you is it is like is like the other explanation is this is the the will of the people the a a majority of victorians loved being told what to do and if dan andrews said we've got to do this for public health then they're like well be if you know that's that's it uh we'll just go along with it and they're obviously complete like completely fine with with dan's cultural marxist agenda and the the education system as well that's the only that's the only other that's the other explanation that the the state i mean the the, the state was already very decadent and degenerate and a lot of yes. the decent folk fled uh during the pandemic well uh, you know damien said it Damien said it well when he talked about, you know, he was talking about that, like how the people are just, but I don't think, the, I think there's a lot of cheating that goes on. I, I've seen some of it in the last state election. Um, so mm. I know that it can be done from, from, from within. I've heard a lot of stories. I don't know to what degree, but there's always cheating in, in everything, right? There always yeah. is. Even in, I, I did, I did, prof I was a professional fighter. There's cheating in professional fighting. Like it, it exists, right? So I think it doesn't exist, but, these people that are moral abdicators that are happy to let somebody else have or make all the decisions for them. These people are, are just, um, they're, they're our curse really, because Daniel Andrews only exists because the people enable it. There has to be enablers that enable it. They, I mean, we don't, we, we live in a country where we, we, a Kim Jong-un couldn't exist, right? Couldn't exist in this country, but if we keep going this way, we could have a Kim Jong-un because the people would enable it. And that's the problem with democracy. Um, you know, you only need a certain percentage, even if it's not even that percentage, if it looks like it is on paper right? and, and you can cheat to make it look like it's that percentage that have voted. Um, and, and they vote, you know, not any, not conscionably, not morally, but just based on what they can get. Like, oh, I want to get free stuff. Um, and because they're ignorant. I mean, how many people out there do you think really know that if they vote for the Animal Justice Party, that that vote's going straight to Labor or to the Greens Party or to the Fiona Patton's, you know, prostitute party or to um, the Socialist Party? Like, they don't know. People don't know this system. And and the system is incredibly complicated, deliberately. And then you've got the Glenn Drury types that are involved. Well, he, Glenn Drury, who's involved. Um, and how he basically sets everybody up so that they all keep each other in to keep that. So there's no way to clean it up, um, you know, with the system. I don't think there's any political solution that exists anymore. I don't, I don't think it does. I was talking to Damien Richardson the other day. He was um, running for um, uh, for the Freedom Party as well. And he actually, he, he said it to me as well. He goes, he goes Nick, we were at the parliament yesterday. We were speaking at an event out the front. And he said, he said, Nick, I don't think there is a political solution. I said, no, there isn't. The, the system is is broken. It, 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 I think there was once upon a time there was a system that operated well and it, maybe it was fair, but over time, like anything, it becomes it becomes more and more corrupted bit by bit. People work out how to manipulate it and that's where we're at now. I think we're at, I actually think we're at the, the end of this system 
having anything good in it. I think we're going to have to work out a way to operate outside of the system. As um, as awful as that sounds, um, I, you know, we've just seen, I would say probably the most hated premiere that we've, you know, ever had. Um, and I'd say that there are people that love him, but in Mulgrave, there wasn't all day. There was very, mm. oh, there was very mm. few. Um, lots of people that hated his guards. That's why he can't go to his own electorate to vote either, because he didn't vote in his own electorate. Mm. And um, and it's been empowered by by very very ignorant people, and then obviously the cheating aspect as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I actually. Um... Not only would I not be surprised that it's happening, but uh, especially the problem we have today is that so many people are voting early and there is genuine reasons in voting early. But the problem is that when you're getting 50% of people voting early, those yeah. votes are kept away for two weeks in a box somewhere. And people, yeah. whoever it is that's uh, at the pre-poll booth and the one that has to close up for the night, I mean, there's no way that they won't are going to be tempted to go through that box and take our votes and do changes. I mean, it has to. I mean, obviously, when it's election day, it's very hard to do it on the day because it's live. It's counted live. But on the pre-polls that are there sitting there for two weeks, and we heard many stories of this happening in the federal election, ballots getting taken home or things, you know, there was very sus things yeah. happening. And I mean, we've even had examples where uh, people put up a, a picture, a screenshot of two um, of two uh, pre-poll and also an election day on the same area booth, and a party like One Nation getting on pre-poll um, zero um, zero point something percent, and then on election day eight percent. Like, how is yeah. that? How can that even be possible? I mean, it's you know, not like. Possible. It's not possible. It just can't be. So, I mean, I think that's one thing that you can actually see that they used to really be um, strict when it came to early voting and they would ask, why are you voting and all this? But in recent times, it seems like they've gone lenient on it and they haven't really questioned people and they've kind of even encouraged it. And I think the reason is because they can use the early voting to do suspicious things with votes. I mean, I think that yeah. is why they're allowing it to happen. So many people to vote early. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. And then there's a, th um, I think, I think there's a, uh, my mate was telling me, and I don't know if this is, I can't confirm this or not, but he was saying to me, um, he's quite politically active and he has been for a long time in multi multiple parties. And he said that they, um, there's a distribution, like a distribution, like a warehouse in, in Morty, uh, not Morty Alec, in Noble Park where they, where they store all of this, all, all of the votes and um, uh, the, the pre-poll and there's a, a, you know, there's a private contractor that collects them and takes them there. So we don't know what's happening. You know, who would, who would know, you know? And I mean, when you're talking about real power, of course, like you go, well, you know, just cheat. Like they, they lie about everything else. They cheat about everything. I mean, they've even set up the, um, the was it the, the sack Dan party? to get votes for, yeah. for Dan. Like, that's yeah. so morally repugnant that they're doing it. And I would say that would be, that should, I'm sure that would be criminal. But It's not. It's, it's perfectly, perfectly legal. I'm sure that there would be, there's, there's, well, maybe it is. I, I don't know. But, but yes, anyway. It's, 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 yeah. Let's have a look at the, the upper house results uh, because... Yeah. 
Uh, this is so fifteen. Uh, so there's forty seats. So at the moment, the Labor Party has got fifteen. The Liberals twelve. Greens four. So that gives the the left wing bloc nineteen out of forty. And the Animal Justice Party look like getting one. It's not going to be Andy Medic though. It's going to be someone else. Uh, Fiona Patton at the moment is projected. Uh, predicted to be re-elected. So is uh, the Shooters, Fishers and Farmers, Nationals 2. The others four is, uh, so the Legalised Cannabis Party, they're at the moment tipped to win three seats and one nation won. So Dan will get his, uh, his uh, workable crossbench. He can either get uh, the Greens, uh, Animal Justice and Fiona Patton again, or you can get the uh, the weed MPs. Well, I actually think it's, you know what, I think in, in the positive, I think people need to be hurt more. You know, yeah. they, they, yeah. they need to be hurt more because there hasn't been enough activity. Like you said, Damien, the people have been piss weak. You know, yeah. like I, I was the first business in Victoria when the lockdowns first started. I just stayed open. I was publicly stayed open. And I got heaps of flack for it, but I did it because I wanted to inspire people to go, hey, that's it. Let's let's do it. Let's just civilly disobey because this is ridiculous. Um, it didn't happen though. The people just, they, they were too soft. Because when you when everything's done for you, you don't have to think. And this is this is a thinking battle. You, mm. If you don't have to think, you it's like not having to work. Your muscles won't build up. Your thinking won't build up. Your ability to think and critically think doesn't develop and you become piss weak. Your brain tends to mush. Um, whereas people that have had to struggle a bit and think their way out of things become strong because that's the resistance that they go through that builds that, that, that strength. And it just wasn't there. You know, yeah. it's amazing how regimented our lives are, uh, you know, in Australia and, and in the West in general, but they're very regimented here in Australia because there's there's safeguards for everything, insurance for this, insurance for that. So basically what you're doing is you're, you're letting someone else take care of all of the problems that may occur and you're not having to deal with anything. I'll just get insurance to pay for it. I'll just get this to pay for it. I'll just, you know, mm. and that's, that's a real problem because it doesn't, it diminishes the man from being what he could be. And, and that's why we're in this situation because everything's been so easy for us. Yeah. Convenience. Yeah. I mean, we get uh, blackouts next winter. Um, what do you reckon is going to happen well, within the next year? Uh, I asked one of our previous panelists before he left, uh, Alan Moran of Regulation Economics, does he think that COVID's going to to make a comeback. Uh, we are in the middle of a, a wave, but of course, Dan wasn't, doesn't want to mention any C word at the, at, at the moment. Uh, but um, there's going to like, obviously Dan let the, the pandemic declaration lapse in time for the election. What do you, do you think like COVID's done on dusted and they'll move on to something else or it could make a comeback? Um, I think I think they could try to bring it back. Um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the agenda is with that. I mean, they they really want people getting injected with this stuff. Um, I don't know what the what the end result is, um, but I don't think as many people. You know, I think it'd just be like squeezing the last little bit out of the out of the rag. You know, that last little bit of, of, of fluid out. Um, 
I, I think there'll be a new narrative because everything that he does is about it's about getting more and more power and taking it from the people. You know, that's all he's done. He literally took away virtually every human right that we have, um, and for for a time, and um, and he's 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 basically locked up a lot of them so that we don't really have them anymore. And, and I think that's that's where we're that's that's his that that's the agenda, and he's the guy that will do it. Um, and I mean, look, we might we might be blessed, and and he might fall down the stairs again, and um, you know that might happen. Um, you know, I Just mean, I don't want to wish ill on anybody, but I think I think I think yeah. this guy's a murderer. Like I think what he his policies have killed people, and he's well, that's you know, and definitely he, true. Yeah. Mm. It could be something else because uh, Ian Duke has said next winter we'll see a return of the the China virus. Who knows? It could be like because uh, what is that? Uh, it gets uh, reported around the world if like you know whenever there's an Ebola outbreak in Africa that oh like that could be the the next uh, pandemic. They're all they're already talking about what's it at the the B twenty the the G twenty. We need to get global how. Uh, health passports ready for the next pandemic. Yeah, so there's a good chance that they will try to push that. I, I really hope that the people just grow a backbone and and say no, I'm not going to do it. I mean, a lot of lot, most of the good police left. There was a huge amount of police that left the police force. They just were not doing it anymore. I know some of those guys. Mm. I know, I know many police that left because they're, I'm not going to do this anymore. It's and it's so corrupt. And imagine being a, a police officer that actually wants to do the right thing, knowing when you know full well that the people that you work for and the command are just corrupt to the core. Like that would be, you'd be double-minded. It'd be, you'd be very hard to be in that position, knowing I'm trying to do good, but the people I'm working for are actually the problem. And you've got that weighing on you all the time. Uh, Dan Andrews here is just about to give his uh, victory speech. Oh, they've all of a sudden, all the, uh, there, there, there has been a, a huge uh, dump of votes uh, for Mulgrave. So they've counted yeah. 32% now. Uh, so Dan Andrews is a 55% primary, 4% swing. Ian Cook, 21.8%. Uh, uh, Michael Pastrana, the Liberals, 16.3%. The other high-profile candidates, Hayden McGlinton of the Freedom Party, 0.7%. And uh, Howard Lee, uh, Kim Jong-un impersonator, 0.3%. So the ABC is projected uh, ALP retain. Uh, so 3.3% uh, swing from ALP. Uh, so Ian Cook finished second. But, yes, that was all dumped. Uh, just as Dan Andrews got on stage, that the substantial Mulgrave, Mulgrave uh, votes. Yep, let's get ready for it. Let's get ready for action. Let's be strong, morally strong, and follow the conscience. Uh, and uh, Kathy is, to... yeah, Kathy's introducing Dan first before he speaks. You don't want to hear. I don't think anyone here wants to to hear Dan's remarks. No, I don't. 
Now, guys, yeah. I'm going to shit off. I'm going to put my, my little ones to bed. It's there. They usually we had a late night tonight. I'm going to um, put it to bed. So I'm going to I'm going to love you and leave you. But um, uh, thanks for thanks. joining us, Nick. And where can people uh, donate to your defence? Yeah, it's just uh, thanks, mate. It's um, fightcorruptpolice.com. Um, and I've got the Telegram um, as well, which is um, t.me forward slash fightcorruptpolice. So if anyone wants to join, I'm keeping people up to date with what's happening with the court cases. Yep, I'll, I'll bring it up on the... It redirects to uh, fightcorruptpolice.com uh, to the australianpeacemakers.com slash donate. And yep. obviously you're one of the, the main faces of the peacemakers. Were you the founder of them? Yes. And, uh, yeah, they because they, they, they still, like, uh, assist in not just pro-freedom rallies, but other rallies as well. They were there at the, the pro-life March for the Babies in Melbourne as as well. And uh, they they do a good job of, of making sure, well, to uh, protect uh, activists both from the, uh, the left, uh, the police and the media. Yeah, yeah, they, they're doing a good job. We've got a really strong team in, in New South Wales as well and in um, Perth. I was just over at Perth for an event and we had, um, we've got some really good people supporting us, like Augusto Zimmerman, the constitutional yeah, professor. Yeah, so we've got some really good people over in, in Perth, really high-profile people that are supporting supporting the peacemakers. But, yeah, look, that's that's something that we, we need more of. We need a bit more uh, muscle and more people to keep us safe and stand up for what we... Um, you know, what we know is true and correct. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's being legislated against in the parliament, but we've got to just, you know, hold our ground and, and keep defending those rights. Otherwise you won't have them. Well, take care, Nick. I mean, you've sacrificed uh, a lot over these past two and a half years. I mean, the, the Dan Andrews, he, destroyed your 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 mma gym that's something that you and ian cook have uh in common uh but yeah you have never you you you've never uh never backed down never compromised your values and beliefs thanks mate i appreciate it all right guys god bless and uh, I'll, I'll see you next time see you guys take care see ya see ya all right, we might call it a night now. I mean, we've had a Matthew Guy concede, Dan Andrews claim victory. Any closing remarks uh, from uh, the audience or, or you, Damien? I'll put the Entropy link in one more time if you want to send through a super chat. Yeah, um, I might as well go. Yeah, but I, I'd be happy for anyone um, that wants to add to, uh, to the debate of the audience um if they want to quickly say something or ask something i'd be happy to answer but uh yeah it's a somber night obviously um especially for people living in in victoria um i guess it was to be expected but um it's like i said it's it's going to be very hard politically to work out where to go from here and i think a lot of the cake uh, the culture has to change you know it's not just a, a war politically and i mean like um nick said i mean the political solution looks very dim right now but we have to really start to change and win other minds on um ideologically get people on board 
start to open their heads up and start to, to, to get them to realize that they've been conned. And it's very difficult. I mean, there's this two type of people out there that, um, that have bought this agenda. There's the ones that uh, have bought the agenda and will continue to fight to the death to protect um, the establishment and will never um, admit that they were wrong. And then there's those that um, would be happy to, um, to come on board and, and would actually fight and, and be really upset that they got deceived. And unfortunately, the, the people that don't want to come on board, deep down they know that they got conned at one stage or another, they'll find that out, but they're too egotistical and they're just, they, they feel so stupid to want to admit that they got conned and they don't want to feel embarrassed by it, almost um, that they would rather just go to their graves, just, you know, protecting the people that have uh, done them harm rather than actually, you know, pull up a stand and actually, you know, try and achieve something. It's just really sad to see the mentality of people these days with the results that we have seen in a few elections now. And um, I mean, I just hope that we change. I mean, it's going to have to get worse till it gets better. And um, hopefully the government, um, unfortunately for the great people, I don't want to see you guys suffer, but I'm just hoping in a in a way that some sort of acceleration is and happens in such a way that he is even worse than he was before just so it, it goes to show that people will get to a stage where they reach boiling point and then they're just going to be like yep this is enough this is overstepping the line because they can get cocky the labor party now seeing as they think that everybody now supported their decisions of the past they could go harder next year and they could bring in more lockdowns it's very hard to argue against it now that people have supported them for what they did. So um, I think really the, it's the Labor Party now, um, they can either continue to slowly go the way that they have been, or they could even go worse and get cocky and, and, and start to crank down harder. And if they do that, um, it can get to a stage where people then start to all of a sudden wake up and it, it just takes time. And we haven't had it hard enough yet. People aren't starving. They've still got a lot of money. They're still, you know, buying big TVs, buying new lounges. You know, we're not going through hard times financially yet. I mean, and we are, like somebody mentioned, there could be a housing crisis happening, you know, a drop in that. There are some tough times with electricity prices, things going through the roof, but it just hasn't gotten to the stage where people then start to get in the survival mode and start to think, okay, you know, I can no longer support this type of um, government that are providing these kind of, um, you know, rules and ridiculous um, policy positions. So it just, yeah, all I can say is I, I just hope for, hope the best for, for the next four years. Um, yeah, go and buy a farm. That's a good idea. <laughs> try and try and get yourself out of this mess as much as you can. You know, just try and um, you can't change the world sometimes, but you can change your world. So just try and get out there and put your family first and try and do your best. That's all you can do at the end of the day. So there would be my final remarks on the situation. And, um, yeah.
Uh, the the audience has very much uh, enjoyed your commentary tonight, Damien, and and thank you for for joining us tonight. Uh, Dan Andrews, uh, one of the things he said in his speech is that hope uh, always defeats hate. I mean, the yeah. irony of this: Dan Andrews is one of the biggest haters I've ever seen. It reminds me of Hillary Clinton's uh, slogan: "Love mm. trumps hate." <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, yes, and of course, uh, I'll be uh, providing a full wash up of uh, the Victorian election and also moving on to, to other news, uh, especially uh, the the absolute uh, what is it, a, a fun that is happening on Twitter and also the uh, extraordinary dinner uh, with Donald Trump. Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, and Milo Yiannopoulos. Uh, I mean, it's 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 like 2015 over there in the the US US again. It's yeah. it's, quite, it's quite fun and interesting. So I'll be covering that as well. Uh, better than this uh, boring state here. And uh, yes, we'll see how the the rights of the politics rebuilds. We'll also see what the future is at the freedom movement in Victoria. It should be, I think, a freedom community. I mean, we're a minority. Uh, I, remember, you're always supposed to respect minorities, except like, obviously, uh, yeah, my, yeah, it, not minorities who like freedom and family and all those other things. So thank you everyone for watching and thank you for your super chats. Um, I'm a stupid moron uh, with a big butt. I did not get your uh, super chat. That didn't come through. So I, I'm not sure where it, where it went, uh, but I know you've super chatted in the, the past. Uh, so thank you for your support. Thank you to Piers Taylor, Naughty Design and uh, Port Film Co-op as well. Uh, because, uh, the, uh, you, the audience, uh, you is is who uh, producing these live streams. Uh, you make it worth it uh, for us. Uh, we enjoy uh, producing our shows uh, because you enjoy viewing them, and we're ever so thankful for your support. I'm glad we provide a valuable alternative service for you all, and we'll stick together as uh, as we always have and. Uh, I will see you all on Monday for Tim's News Explosion, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on Wilmsfront YouTube and Odyssey as well. Thank you to those who watched on Odyssey, Facebook and YouTube as well. And thank you to you, Damien. Thank you to Nick Patterson. Thank you to Logan Spalding. Thank you to Richard Wollstonecroft. Thank you to Alan Moran. And I will bid you all... Uh, good night. And well, I only drank two drinks. So I don't think I'm gonna wake up uh, with a with a Dan Andrews hangover. Uh, so this is going to be a lot of Victorians tomorrow. Oh no! <laughs> what did we do yesterday? Your vote has consequences. Uh, we're gonna pay for this one. Don't wake up with an Andrews hangover. Vote Liberal. Authorized by Seema Quest in Liberal Melbourne. Yep, it sure will be an Andrews hangover uh, tomorrow in more ways than one, but we all braced ourselves for this, and I guess that just has to sink in now. Uh, but yes, don't, don't, don't let your spirit be crushed, because that's what they mm. want.
Good night. Uh, stay, stay safe, stay sane, stay happy, uh, stay free, stay healthy, and stay hopeful. Good night, everybody. Thank you again for watching. This has been an Unshackled live stream. View all our previous live events at theunshackled.net forward slash live streams. While you're here, grab our free ebook at theunshackledbattlefield.net and keep checking out theunshackled.net for all the latest news and commentary.